The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. It's tough to keep up with that NFT shit. Yeah. I bet, ja- I bet Jamie's into it. We're up and rolling. Jamie's into it. Jamie oh, yeah. uh, is aware, but you're not investing. You've got like a few weird ones. Mm. You got more? I have one of the big ones. What do you got? I have a mutant ape. <laughs> not the biggest. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like okay, put it out there. It's the biggest, but one of the big ones. Okay, how's that a big one? Oh, by the way, this vodka. Or excuse me, this whiskey you have. This uh, tight. What is it? Tiger thick. Tiger thick. It's very good. Thank you, brother. I was surprised. Thank you. I was ready for some bullshit last night <laughs> when you busted it out. I was like, oh, because I got it offered. It there was a thing that was going on with me. Salute, Cheers, brother. brother. Very love good you, to man. See you. I love yeah, you too. Thank you. Great to see you. Mm. But uh, I, I've been, you know, people have like sent me stuff like, For try sure. this out. Would you like to get involved? I'm like, whoa, I don't know. It's, I don't think this is good enough. This is good. This is legit. It's like it tastes aged. It tastes like which like, it is. Yeah, yeah. Ten years Japanese aged whiskey. It's the first blend of Japanese whiskey, American bourbon. It took three years just to get the licenses from the the alcohol companies in the United States was such a beast. And mm. then you're talking about years of trial and error, trying what I like, what I don't. It, it was fun, though, man. You nailed it, though. Thanks, brother. It's very good. Smooth. It's it's, it's smooth, but it's different. Yes, sir. It's like uh, it's a it's a different taste. Yeah. You're. I mean, I'm not a. I'm not like a whiskey wizard. I don't really understand. Like Barnett is. Barnett knows a lot about whiskey. Dude, he, he took a sip of it, and I was like, Jesus Christ. He's like, there's caramel. There's, ah, you can taste those I'm like, guys. what? <laughs> what? Excuse me? Caramel? Uh, did I ever tell you the time I went on a fucking wine-tasting dinner with my uh, my friend Matt? No. My friend Matt's a, like a legit wine connoisseur. So much so that he w- he had a birthday, and on his on his birthday he had this wine tasting dinner, and you would get like a flight of wines with each plate. So it was like a fancy restaurant. So they bring like a little tiny little piece of something. I've done like Napa. Yeah, you're trying and then, yeah, it's not dude, my it's not thing. Me, man. I can't believe you went it's to that. Not my thing. Yeah, my friend. It was his birthday. I yeah. love him to death. So anyway, I wind up uh, meeting this guy there. And then years later, I'm watching this documentary about this guy that ripped off all these wine connoisseurs by taking cheap wine and blending it up and putting in fake old bottles. And that was the guy I met at the fucking wine party. Was it really? Yes. Yeah, and, and they, were, they couldn't tell the difference. They were saying the same shit with exactly. the cheap wine to the fancy wine. The way this guy fucked up is, it's, the, the movie's called Sour Grapes, and the way the guy fucked up is... He ripped off one of the Koch brothers, mm. which is like not a Bro. smart move. Yeah, those guys they got all some, the money in the world. They got some capital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they know how to move. And yeah. uh, he, this guy, had bought like I think it was like more than a million dollars worth of fake wine from him. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Brian, Brian Callen's same way. He loves wine, but does he know it? Does he understand? He really does. does you he? Know, yeah. Don't get me wrong. He says a lot of bullshit to make us laugh. But when it comes to wine, he knows it. And when I first started hanging with Brian, was this ten years ago around L.A. You know, it'd be him. He, you know, he hangs around smart people, and I, I, I would feel so stupid. When I'd hang out with them, but I'd watch them try wine, and I'd pick up on things they would say. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna use that next time. <laughs> and so, <laughs> dude, dude, we're, we're at Scopa Italian Roots in L.A., and there's like all these fancy people, and they hand me the wine, and I, you know, I'm swirling. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just copying. I'm swirling. I take a sip. I go, that's earthy. That is earthy, ah, and it worked. Like it is earthy. I was like, oh my god, you guys are fucking. 
Earth. Out of control. Earthy. I That's just, my go-to, earthy. I like wine that tastes good. I really can't put a li- I've been drinking wine for decades. I don't know what's going on. I just go, you know oh, what this you like. Is, I like this. This is good. But to say, this is funny with the whiskey. It's crazy. I have my own whiskey now. I didn't drink my entire life, dude. Being an athlete, doing never, nothing. Drugs, didn't touch it. College football, didn't fucking touch it. And then, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, I was getting ready to do a set at the comedy <laughs> store, and I was so nervous, and we're in, I was in the back bar, and you come here, what are you doing? I was like, you know, I, I think I had to follow up fucking Joey Diaz, I get like the worst, you know, uh, spot, and I was so nervous, and you're like, dude, take a shot, you put too much pressure, take a fight, I'm like, dude, I don't drink, you're like, just take a shot, it was like Jack, you know, nothing yeah. great. And then I took it, and I was like, yeah, that's good. I, I enjoyed that. And I go out there, had a, like my best set ever for me at the time. And then, you know, I believe in superstition, so then I was like, I'm just keep doing this. Next thing you know, you know, I got a bomb. <laughs> I got my own whiskey now. I drink every night. During the pandemic, I had a legit problem. Because I got so into Yellowstone. Did. Oh, yeah. I got so into, bro. I'm on season two. Oh. I just got in. Oh. Dude, and Rip, dude, I got so into it. If, dude, me and my girl, every night would binge watch that. I would put on a cowboy hat. <laughs> I would go through a bottle of whiskey at night. <laughs> I mean, dude. I'm surprised you didn't start looking at land in Montana. I did. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and we go on vacation there now because of that show. It's I wonder like, how many fucking people moved to Montana because of that show. It's not a small number. And I bet people in Montana are like, God damn. Damn it, oh, you've, ruined it. you've ruined it for us. Yeah, they're particularly um, proud of Montana. Like, Montana people are particularly proud and also, like, they claim Montana. This is our state. I remember I went hunting there once, and this guy wrote on someone's car <laughs> something, like, in the dirt of someone's car. Like, someone had, like, foreign plates, foreign meaning another state. <laughs> foreign, And yeah. uh, the guy wrote, you know, like, fuck off from someone Montana born and raised. All right, dude. Like, just because the guy had a plate. Bro, I've never gotten so much hate uh, when I was, uh, where was I? I was in Spokane, Spokane, but I stayed in Coeur d'Alene. Oh, you crossed the line. Yeah. You went over to Idaho. Went, went to Coeur d'Alene, which is like, you know, I don't know, an hour. And Coeur d'Alene, if you've ever been there, is gorgeous. Gorgeous. Like the Kardashians are vacation. They didn't there. like it. Dude, it's um, an amazing place. During the height of the pandemic, out there, they didn't give a fuck. There was nothing, no mask, nothing. No, it's Idaho and, people. Dude, they didn't give yeah. a fuck. But I go back on my show the following week, and I was talking about Coeur d'Alene, how great it is. We've never got so many hate emails from people that live in Coeur d'Alene. Hey, bitch. Don't be telling everybody, man. We don't want uh, all you guys here. Like, l- like, leave the place like this. Talk about wrong reaction, because now you're talking about it here. Now yeah. more people can hear. Yeah, now I'm getting even more hate from Coeur d'Alene. Just don't read it. But also be cool, Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Be, be cool. It's a big commitment to move somewhere, Coeur d'Alene. It's not like there's industry there. No, no one's going to move there. No, come on. Be cool, man. Yeah, people move. They, they like... Some people live there already, and then some people buy houses there like for vacations and shit, or if they want to escape the law. Uh, and I love it, man. I feel yeah. like, dude, Montana, you can Hawaii can keep it. Really? Mexico can suck it. Really? It's fucking Montana, dude. Really? Oh, and I don't. Oh, dude, you get on one of those. Uh, really, my I love I love Coeur d'Alene, but as far as like taking my family on vacation, yeah. we're like a dude ranch. We're riding horses. Wow. My son's doing archery and shit. Wow. I mean, bison every morning. Wow, it's great. We went on a whitewater uh, rafting trip in uh, Montana. It was fucking fun. It's the best. Yeah, like you're on this raft, and it's like wild shit, man. You you get into some wild waters, and you got to hang on. You're getting sprayed. 
and you're you're bouncing off these fucking rocks with these inner tubes. And your kids are with you, so you yeah. think about that. I did the same thing with my kids. Yeah, everybody's so like stressed. wearing vests and everything like that, but I'm worried about bears more than anything. I worry about bears. My thing was, you, there's a ton of bears. And Grizz, water. Grizzly bears, right? Yeah. Yeah, up there. But the thing was, for us, they would come around, because you have your own, it's not like a hotel. You're in your own little cabin. Right. It's, it's in the middle of nowhere, dude. Nowhere. It, dude, they knocked on the door like, you just want to let you know there's a, a giant male moose on the property okay so just stay inside but if you are gonna go out just want you aware i'm like the fuck male moose dude i you hunt and shit so maybe you've seen i've never seen one in person yeah they're jurassic so i called i said hey this might be a weird request my kids they're dying to see it can we will you will someone pick us up and try and find this thing like yeah sure they pick us up so it's me and my two boys and my girl and my father-in-law and we're going around and then the f- lights hit this fucking thing. Dude, it's it, 10 foot tall from the fucking hoof to the horn. Yeah. It was nuts, man. They're so I'm big. I'm like, that's a fucking moose? Yeah. Like, yeah, daddy. They're so big. They're so big and they're one of the rare deer species that will fuck you up. That's what the, the guy was like, yeah. oh, they're so aggressive. He's like, yeah. we wouldn't warn you if this was an issue. Like, it, depending like on mating season or whatever, or whatever mm-hmm. else is going on, on the property, like, obviously, we can't control if they fucking stumble on the property. But if it's, you know, made, depending on what's going on, they can be uber aggressive. Yeah. Like, it'd be a problem. It's very rare that elk are aggressive, but moose are very aggressive, like, all the time. I guess it's just like the harsh climate that they live in. I mean, they live almost ex- wherever moose are, I think. Grizzly bears are. Well, that's not true. Because there's moose in Utah. There's no grizzly bears in Utah. There's moose in New Hampshire. No no bears out there. But There's bears in Utah, though, right? Yeah. Black bears? There's black bears. Yeah, there's black, there's black bears in bears. Colorado, too. There's black, well, there's, there might be grizzly bears in Colorado. Yeah. They've, 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 they've um, spotted unsubstantiated. But my friend Adam Greentree spotted one. Got it on video. It was in the San Juan Mountains. And there's been more than one sighting in the San Juan Mountains. Of grizzly. Of grizzly. Yeah, Different which game. makes sense because they do travel. You know, they travel and they find new territory. And Someone just died. Some dude uh, was out on his own hiking and they couldn't find him. And then they <sighs> they discovered it was definitely because of a grizzly. Oof, that couldn't be a worse worse way to go. So You've seen the reverend and when he gets uh, eat, you know, ass first, uh, dude, go for my face, man. Don't eat me ass first. They just start eating you. They don't like kill you first. That's the thing about a, a big bear like that. They just hold you down, start chewing chunks Wet out of you. At least a cat kills you. Yeah, right away. Yeah, they just get your neck, and they want to be able to... They're efficient killers. Bears just start eating. Brutal, man. Oof. Fucking brutal. Oof. What are you going to do? Not much. <laughs> so you're only on season two, though, of Yellowstone? Yeah, only season oh, two. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. jealous, dude. I just Because then you get it. done with that. You got season three, four, which mm-hmm. is lit as fuck. Yeah. And then... There's 1883, the prequel, oh. the pre-prequel. Right. Same writer, Taylor Sheridan, who's the best. Yeah. He's the fucking man. Puts himself way too much into the episodes, whatever. You Which know, one guy, is, who is he's he? He's the main, like, horse guy. He's the one selling the horses. Oh, really? Yeah, he's always oh, on the horse. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And he's like, st- sometimes- so he wrote it, it too. My, yeah. My only issue with that is sometimes it's two balls deep in the horse, which- if you're like into that stuff, I bet people are like, oh, this is authentic. Mm. But if you're not, it's like, all right, dude, I'm, the horse stopping like in the fucking sand and shit, you know. Mm. And he's just so into it. But then that that horse ranch was it? Nuts. Super nuts. Was that six 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 ranch? Mm-hmm. That's a that's real. 
Like you'll oh, yeah? see as the season they start. Don't getting tell to, me. Anything. Well, I'm just saying that six you six six ranch. Up. No, I don't know what that ranch is. You don't need to. But I'm saying. But you already told me. But it's a real ranch. But now oh. I'm going to find out about it. No, no. I'm just saying it's going to make it even better for you because that's a legit <laughs> fucking ranch. People who tell you spoilers always tell you that. Oh, it's not going to ruin it. No, it's going to ruin it. Have you seen the new? Speaking of spoilers, you seen the new Batman? Yes, I saw that. It's great. Fuck. I liked it. That's, I liked it a lot. I, besides, I mean, The Dark Knight's the best of all time. But to me, that, that I was halfway through. I looked at my girl because you know I, we have kids can't go to the movies. I looked at my girl. I go. I pause. And I went, Hold up. Is this not the best fucking Batman you've seen? It's a great Batman. It's so good. I thought it was the best one, but it's up there. I'm, I say that, and then I need to go like watch the other ones again. You know, like with fresh eyes. Like sometimes when something's good, and you're watching. It, yeah. You're like, oh, this is pretty good. Might get on the hype train. The costumes are a little whack. You think? See, yeah. I thought it was more realistic. Like, yeah, at least it's it wasn't more like, realistic. Like cat, at least Catwoman, like she owned cats. Yeah, she wasn't gonna be able like, to like, die barely, nine times. And she shit. barely covered her face. Yeah, she was too hot. And we so thought, like, didn't want to like cover any of her face. Just like a little tiny thing across her appreciate. nose. Yeah. But I mean, then also the most Riddler, of her face. the Riddler was the Riddler was kind of silly with you, the glasses. Yeah. Really? See, I, I the Riddler to me was so creepy because you know it's he's like. You know, he, he like relate to all the incels and like mm-hmm. this mob and like, you know, bring him to the fucking stadium and shoot everybody. It's like, yeah, that could definitely happen. The problem with all those movies is you compare them all against the Joker. And the Joker movie was so fucking good and so creepy. Like, and, and you know. The Dark Knight you're saying with uh, yeah. Heath Ledger. Well, no, the the, the recent one with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, with Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah. That Joker Different. is so good, yeah. but it's so creepy and such a good movie. <clears throat> Todd Phillips just fucking nailed that movie. And so did, and Joaquin Phoenix is crazy as fuck. He's like, so good in that. He's so good. He must be insane. He, mu- he must be a, like an absolute insane person. There's no way he could be that good Insanely playing an insane awesome. person. He's, it's so yeah. good, dude. It's so good. But the point is like though that movie's so goddamn good and the the bad you know the character so believable and they build it up so well like it's hard to appreciate some of the like you don't know the riddler's background just all of a sudden he's a bad guy but if we knew as much about the joker like much about the riddlers we do the joker and then they had that in a batman movie like if they have a new batman movie with joaquin phoenix as the joker oh that's going to be insane. But did you see the new Joker? Like they, they, so they flashed him just at the very end. Spoiler alert! They splash. They, they, they literally just flashed him right at the end. Yeah. So, and it's, but it's kind of blurry. But on HBO Max, there's a deleted scene. Ooh. And it's him with like the Joker for like six minutes. And dude, fuck, it's good. Oh really? Ooh, it's good. A deleted scene with just him and the Joker. Yes. Oh. And it's very like uh, Silence of the Lambs. Remember where they use Hannibal to like. Hannibal Lecter to catch the other mm-hmm. fucking serial killers. Oh. Batman goes to him to give him the Riddler files. Like, I know you get off on this shit. Maybe you can help me out. And it's who is very, the jo- who plays the Joker? I don't know. But it's good, man. I like how most of the people were like people that you don't know their name. Yes. You know, other than Robert Pattinson, most of the people were people you don't know. Like, you don't know the Penguin's name, but he's Colin really good. Colin that was Colin Farrell? Um, yeah, how nuts is that? Jesus Christ, really? Isn't that nuts? Couldn't God, tell. You know what? I actually knew that. Yeah. I forgot it. That's how good he is. Right? Oh, my God. The makeup's incredible. Nuts. Dude, think about the Batmobile. Batmobile's pretty dope. That's a, that, you know what? That's, uh, so I, I saw the Batmobile. I'm like, well, that's Look at that. Nuts. That's incredible, man. And what he was kind of all makeup weird... did they do with him? Yeah. Dude, I mean, that, that car scene with him 
in that that yeah. b- Batmobile. If you look up the Batmobile, it's ac- actually the chassis of an old school Dodge Challenger. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, that thing's legit, dude. Yeah, old school Dodge Challenger, and then they did a bunch of like off road shit. Buy one, dude. Fucking get one. Seems like it's a wide thing to park. <laughs> D- difficult to find. A dude, good spot. in Austin, you'd be fine. L.A., I'd be fucked. Here, yeah. you're good, dude. Maybe. You're good. I don't need that in my life. No? Seems like a lot. It'd be fun. Yeah, I got enough cars. You wouldn't feel like an asshole on that, would you? I wouldn't. You think? No. It's so loud. Yeah, I I feel like an asshole on my Chevelle. Do you? In the Chevelle? It's so loud. (sighs) But it's, you know, the world's turning to fucking Teslas, man, and electric cars. Yeah, but not totally. Like, this is why it's fun right now to have, like, a muscle car. It's because it's like you know that these are like the it's like going out when you're 36 and you're still single. It's like this is the last days. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is it. <laughs> there it is. Wow, look at that. Thing. No, that's not it. <clears throat> that's not what it, is dude. That? Someone made one. Oh, someone made one. No, but th- this one's actually a chassis off a of fucking uh, like 68 Challenger, I think. Yeah, that one looks more like Christian Bale's Batman. Or like the Tumblr, like that, like the yeah, Tumblr one, thing yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that was dope. That was the Christian Bale one, the one with two wheels in the front. But the one that uh, Robert Pattinson has is much more like- uh, Realistic. A, that's right there. It's right above. Right above. Go above. Above. Right there that's in a the- toy. No. It's a toy, but Go says... next to it. Go next to it. Go next to it. No, the look, second watch, one. Watch in, my Jamie. finger. There right is. there. That. Click on that. That's that's what it a toy, like. but that's what it is. That's what it looks like. That's off old school chassis of a Dodge ch- yeah. Challenger. Or it might be a Dodge Charger. Either way, it's it looks like a Charger. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's so dumb. I think it's a Charger, but it's um, it was cool. Like the whole movie was dark and mysterious and shadowy, and Batman's it was fun. A emo. Yeah, a little emo. Little emo. Yeah, but it was it worked. It worked. I love a good superhero movie. I'm corny. You like like Avengers and shit? And like love Aqua it. you like Aquaman? I like it when they bring in the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, I like the Hulk. I get down the Hulk. I didn't watch Aquaman because I'm not I'm not watching any movie with Amber Heard in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I am watching is the, the trial. trial. I dude, it's the best reality show of all time. I, I think I need to spark a joint up if we're gonna talk about the trial. Do it, bro. Because I can't get enough of it. It's literally It's amazing. It's fantastic. It, it's the best thing on TV. At first, I was upset because, you know, I watched the news and they interrupted Ukraine getting bombed in the middle of a war with Russia. It's like breaking news. Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. I'm like, oh, God, what are we doing here? I was like, let's see what's happening. I was like, oh, hell yes. It's exciting. Sign me up, dude. It's, it's, it's a cautionary tale. For people that were thinking that it's worth it to date a crazy girl because she's great in bed. No, this is my thing, though. How great is she in bed that she can shit in your bed she can rip your fucking index finger off and yeah. you, you she must she must be a real tomcat in this act dude i think he's probably a really nice guy and he had great moments with her and he keeps going back to those great moments and thinking they can get past all this craziness because johnny i don't know johnny well i've talked to him before but i know of his career, and I know of his love of Hunter Thompson. And he's close with uh, uh, Stanhope. Stan Hope, yeah, right? very yeah. close. And that's how I know him. That's how I've, I've met him. Well, I've talked to him. I met him once personally in uh, the comedy store, but I talked to him on the phone for an extended period of time once when he was dealing with all this shit. And I think he's a really good guy. That's what I think. Yeah, I, I love think him. he's he likes chaos though. He likes doing cocaine. He he probably likes doing things he shouldn't do. Like <clears throat> he probably likes driving fast. He pro- he's probably an animal. In in some ways, like he just loves 
like chaos. And I think that's one of the, thing, the, the reasons why he loved Hunter Thompson. He loved a brilliant man who loved chaos. And that's what Hunter was. Hunter was this like brilliant writer who was a, a cultural, cultural commentator who also enjoyed getting like obliterated. How, like, how long really ago, Joe? Up. How long are we talking? <clears throat> well, Hunter killed himself in the early 2000s. Okay. Um, after, what was it like, 2010, 11 or something like that? I forget what year he killed himself. Okay. But he, Johnny was friends with him. Yeah. And Johnny played him in the movie. Um, uh, you know, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and uh, he also, he all, yeah, he also narrated the Hunter Thompson documentary, which is, um, uh, was it Gonzo Life and, yeah, died in two thousand five. What's that? Died in two thousand five. Mm. Colorado. Colorado died. Yeah, yeah, he shot himself. I mean, he was hurting at the end. He had hip replacements, and he was constant pain, <clears throat> and a life of doing drugs. Like hardcore drugs and uh, alcohol w obliterated his body. So it was Johnny's uh, Johnny Depp's <laughs> north star, basically. Yeah, that's his that's his hero <laughs> in a lot of ways. I mean, Johnny Depp is I, I I'm I I don't know the exact details, but he has a significant amount of Hunter Thompson memorabilia. Like he bought a he significant amount. Yeah. When the wife, when Hunter's wife was going to get rid of some stuff, Johnny stepped in and got it all. Hey, Johnny I'm a paid, fan. Johnny paid for Hunter's funeral. Oh wow! It was millions of dollars. Wow. He built a cannon to shoot Hunter's ashes Damn, that's into the sky. And like you know that that he has this um, this uh, logo. That's uh, I don't know if you've seen that Hunter Thompson for sheriff poster that I have out there. No. He has a logo that's a fist with two thumbs, like a mutant fist that uh -huh. has uh, a mescaline tab in the center of it. And that's his logo. Jesus. And so he made a giant cannon out of this logo. <clears throat> and here, play this because this is Hunter talking about it. Yeah, it's all no, no, do it from the beginning because he's explaining to the, the, the mortuary how he wants this done. It's, it's hilarious. So he's discussing his future his demise. Yeah. God, this is dark. Yeah. And so that is different. Yeah. So he just decided that he was going to do this, and Johnny Depp actually wound up doing it at, at his at his funeral. Well, I mean, clearly he was going to blow his hat off, though. I mean, yeah. So this is him. I mean, this was a this was a young hunter planning this out. God, that is dark. Yeah, and so when he got old and you know became friends with Johnny, I mean Johnny's got all the fucking cash in the world, so he decided to just do it. So he spent millions of dollars building this fucking cannon and shooting Hunter's ashes into the sky. <laughs> that Jack Sparrow money. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's what it. fucked him up too. Look at that. That's the that's the the rocket. Jesus Christ. This is crazy that he actually it's went and so did this. dark. I mean, the music's all fun. Johnny Depp is hilarious. That he fact, just the fact that he did that, that is he a carried legend. through. Oh, I agree. He's a legend. Nah, Spent millions on it. I'm a fan, man. But Look also, at this. think how long Johnny's been famous too. So he's, he's gonna be wired a little different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not good. It's like the way I've described it is like getting famous when you're really young and then trying to be a fully grown adult is like. Making cement, but you don't use all the material, and then it doesn't cure right. You don't. You don't grow up in a realistic world. No, it's like nothing's real. Yeah, it's beyond. And that's Ralph Steadman, the guy who's drawing it, who did all the Hunter S. Thompson artwork. He's a brilliant artist, and so he helped Hunter design it. I don't know if he was, but look at this. 
This is the fucking cannon. I'm on Team Depp for life. You hear me? Yeah, me too. Team Depp. Yeah, man. I mean, I wish you wouldn't wear uh, eyeliner, but yeah, Team Depp. And a little too many scarves, right? Right? He, dude, I don't give a fuck. Here's my thing. When I don't I, give but, a fuck anymore. I don't, yeah, I don't, he can do no wrong in my book. I'm well, a Johnny Depp fan. If I was younger, I probably would have criticized him for it. Now I'm like, yeah, wait, look at that. There it is. This is super dark. It's a yeah. wild move, man. The guy shoots his fucking ashes into the sky out of a goddamn cannon. It's a tough it's follow. It's a glowing fist. It's a tough follow. Yeah, how are you going to die? And I, all these people go to his fucking funeral. Bill Murray, who also played him in Where the Buffalo Roam, which is another fun Hunter Thompson movie. But I mean, the guy was a writer. Yeah. And two different big-time movie stars played him Jesus in movies. Christ. Johnny Depp and fucking... And, yeah. Bill Murray? Bill Murray. That's that's what a bad motherfucker Hunter Thompson Bill was. Bill Murray has some anger issues, huh? I don't know, allegedly. Maybe someone was a cunt on the set. I agree. Maybe they deserved it. I like to hear both sides of the story. Yeah, man. There's people watching it from a distance. Yeah, my funeral will not be like that. Yeah, yeah don't waste yeah. that money on me, man. I'm out. Yeah, I want to be buried without formaldehyde. I want to become a part of nature. I don't want to be fucking filled up with some toxic shit that doesn't let you rot. No, but you want to be buried? like uh, Just throw it in the ground. No box. No box. Yeah, yeah. keep it organic, man. Just dig a deep-ass hole and chuck me in there. No, just, just like, I guess, get like a... What do you have a Hennessy? Just get one of those big Hennessy trucks, and then have like uh, your fucking boys, your meaty boys, your security. Just mm. when I'm dead, just throw my body off fucking Laurel Canyon, and then just wherever it falls, just let me go, dude. Mm. And then when you drive by, just fucking salute that. That's part. The, you know you ever see the Tibetan Sky Funeral? No, that's the darkest. No, I don't watch funerals. Tibetan, on YouTube. well, Tibetan Sky Funerals is not really a funeral. What They're is feeding it? you to vultures. Hard pass. Don't they do take that. they take your clothes off and they chop you up with like machetes and hatchets no, 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 and no, shit. No, no. They chop you up into chunks and they leave you out there. So like you would have to chop up Callan in chunks. <laughs> Be so and easy. Leave him. No, I just pull him. <laughs> He's so old. I just pull him like beef jerky. Just like <laughs> you take <laughs> chunks and leave it out there. And there's there's all these there's video and photos of it and it's uh the idea is that you know you're dead and this is a way to incorporate you into the universe into nature it's natural to have you i mean i don't know if that's what their idea is maybe there's like some religious aspect to it those vultures are ready to go well, like the vultures know about it. the vultures know of about course because this is how they get rid of bodies vultures are bitches though dude give me something <laughs> better like touch me with the alligators or some shit something like gnarly man lions I fucking hate alligators I don't want an alligator to eat me. I'd rather have a bird. The uh, stupid vulture? At least they can fly. <sighs> they they operate in 3D space. But also, dude. They're like swimming in the ocean, but it's the sky, and they can <laughs> breathe in it. <laughs> but dude, also, like that can only happen with small Tibetan people. Like Nobody's carrying my big ass across the That's mountains true. to feed me to the well, vultures. Well, they just get more people to do it. But isn't it interesting that nothing smart can fly? Is that true? Crows well, are pretty. Not. Crows, crows are, are pretty smart, smart as fuck. They're very smart. Yeah, but like humans and dolphins are considered like the. Well, we don't know though. See, the thing about crows is we always like to pretend that we know exactly how smart something is based entirely on what it can do. Yeah, like and crows can do some really complicated tasks. They yes. can figure out how to solve puzzles. Like, but the thing is, they might be even smarter than that. Yeah, they, they might like be like bait, devious. They bait yeah. shit in to for to to feed. You know. 
They well, they definitely they're do smart that. with shit. They they talk cats into fighting each other. Yeah. You ever see those videos? Yeah, yeah. they're cool, man. <laughs> but I mean, I wonder like if they have a language. They probably have some kind of a language they can understand. Because they say dolphins and whales do too, right? They have like they their own language do. and shit. Complex. Yeah, we don't even understand how to decipher it. Here, uh, crows are self-aware and know what they know, just like humans. See, that's what I'm saying. Almost no other species has that kind of higher intelligence. Wow. And they're fucking big, too. Look what when it I says here. They, are, they get pretty big. In what now feels like an annual update, crows are even more surprisingly smart than we thought. But do, we have, but do they have true consciousness? New research shows that crows and other corvids know what they know and can ponder the content of their own minds, according to STAT. This is considered a cornerstone of self-awareness and is shared by just a handful of animals, animal species besides humans. Wow. They got a bad rap, too, because like in all the movies, they're like the- They're evil. The vilified, right? Because well, they're all black. Well, it's also, it's like- They look evil. They, they were, they, like the crow knows. It was yeah. always like, well, there's magic attached to it, witchcraft, crows. Dude, know? when I'm on my bike, you know, back there in the fucking Santa Monica Mountains, there's some big-ass crows, man. Yeah. Big fucking crows. Well, that's how you find dead things. Find them hovering. Crows yeah. and rattlesnakes, man. Yeah, find you find birds. But for sure, if there's enough vultures, you'd find vultures. But the vulture thing is a, a wild way to ensure that your the body's going to be consumed. But it, the, then the skeleton's still there, right? So just they smash it up. Oh, okay. I don't know what happens God, to the skeleton. dark, dude. See if you can uh, get some photos of it, of a Tibetan sky funeral. Because I remember this was one of those things that I, I first found out about in the early days of the internet. You know, like in the early days of the internet where you like, you would just get sent things and it would change the way you looked at stuff. Like, what? Like, the first now thing I got was the Daniel Pearl. Ooh, that was awful. Uh, I, I ruined my fucking week, man. That Horrible. was awful. That was an awful one. Yeah. They caught those guys. They call them the, the, be the what, the ISIS beetle or some shit? Those guys are- Is that the same guy? Yeah, they're that fucked. Was the, guy the, the one guy was called- an English yeah. accent? Yeah, he's fucked. I didn't know that that was the same guy. Yep. Um, so these uh, these guys, they it says don't take pictures. Why wouldn't you take pictures? That's oh, interesting. Why do you think they're there, dude? Some random Americans? But I mean, wouldn't you want this to be documented just to show- Because like, what is wrong with making a photograph of something that's kind of- Important in its how crazy it is in comparison to normal funerals. These like this is weird. They're, the people are all standing there, and they're they're what are they doing? They shooing away the vulture with those rags. What are they doing? Yeah, not yet, boys. Well, is that what they're saying? In this case, in this video, this is on National Geographic. There's uh, there's tourists that are coming to watch mm. this. Damn, someone so, flew out there for this. Maybe they don't want them to do that. I don't know. If you were in town, though, like if you were in town, you wouldn't go see that. Like if you just happened to be, <laughs> like you're doing a show in, in Tibet. Tibet. <laughs> hey, man, tomorrow at one, dude. Hey, you know, Louis was supposed to be doing a show in Ukraine. I talked to him about it. That's wild. Dude, this is how wild of a boy he is because he was at the Chauvin Friends at the Improv and he did a guest spot there and he, he was in the green room. First of all, I can't remember the last time when there's a comic on stage and all the comics in the green room walked out and watched somebody set. I've seen it at the yeah. at that store when you're on or Burr, you know, Joey Diaz. Since then, it's been years. Usually, you, you just bullshit with your buddies, you know, in the green room. And then when Louis was on, literally everyone was on the staircase at the improv. Mm. And he just fucking absolutely cr 
annihilated and not <clears throat> and then also i figured with you know what he went through kind of changed his game up no man not Still at all. Du- what? Not at all. Dude, and then maybe even better because now he's doing it like he's young. Maybe and feels free again. Maybe he's like, yeah. I got nothing else to lose. Fuck it. Yeah. Then he comes back to the green room. He gets on his notepad. and He's writing what worked, what didn't, and then did the late show and made adjustments. Mm. So cool to see. So fucking cool to see. But between the shows, we were talking. And uh, he's like, yeah, it's weird. You know, he was like, the, the media's reporting. I'm still doing shows. He's like, I was down to do it. Even though they told me what was going on, he was like, I was on a plane, dude, headed to Ukraine. And then I guess it got worse. And he was, and even then they told me, hey, the fans are outside, man. They're here. And he was like, even during this fucking, they're getting bombed. He's like, they're out here, man. He's like, Imagine if he did the show. Dude, then Louis goes, I'm still coming. <gasps> but then the plane, he said, was, was like halfway and then turned around. Wow. He's like, but, you know, they told me they were there. I was, he was like, I'm still going to do it. I was like, you're such a savage dude. Well, Sean Penn was over there filming a documentary. He was over there for quite a while. That's weird, though, yeah. Is it? Is it? You I know, mean, like, f- you want a good documentary or not? You got to have a little <laughs> ego. You got do you want a fucking good documentary or not? I mean, first of all, who knows how to make movies better than Sean Penn? Probably nobody. He's made some well, fucking amazing movies. Yeah. And the guy's got balls. He, he went, has balls. He went down to fucking Mexico. Well, he, yeah, he went down to Mexico, and he's also the reason El Chapo kind of got busted, right? Kind of fucked El Chapo. Uh, it's kind of the lady's fault. <laughs> But also, First the all. Rolling Stones and, you know, get involved with this. And also, El Chapo. What the fuck? Rolling Stone thinking? Magazine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, not the band. But the fact that he had the balls to go down and meet El Chapo, respect. Respect. Look, uh, the guy's off kilt, right? He's, I'm a fan. Don't get it twisted. He's tilted. Yeah. He's, he's definitely like, yeah. he's a wacky dude. Yeah. But he's the kind of guy that's willing to go to fucking Ukraine in the middle of a war. Sean Penn's meeting with El Chapo was nearly his demise. Oh, nearly Sean Penn's demise? He got a lot of shit for that. You know, oh, because you way? met with this, well, you met with the biggest fucking cartel leader in the world? Right, but he met up with them to do an article. Like, isn't that journalism? No, he met with them because El Chapo wanted uh, Sean Penn to do the movie on him. No. That's why they met. That's why they met? Yeah. Oh, well, that doesn't make any See sense. See if that's real, he Jamie. Might, they would have to do him the way they did the penguin. There's no way he's going to really <laughs> well, look no, like El Chapo. Gonna, They'd have to think, give him makeup. I think he's going to direct it. like him. Oh, direct sort of. it. Making a Penn movie with Penn was non-committal about making a movie with or about Guzman. He took the trip to Mexico solely to interview the king for Rolling Stone magazine. That's what I thought. See, see, he just hadn't shared the detail yet with Guzman, a man known for not enjoying surprises. Okay. So he went there to film, to do an interview, but he hadn't told Guzman that he was going to do an interview with him. Hold on, read this. This uh, this is where he fucked up. Is that what it says? Hey, this is where he fucked up, Joe. What? Look at this quote. (laughs) This is hilarious. Today I believe more in El Chapo than I do the governments that hide the truth from me. Where where does it say that? Right here. Oh no, he didn't. Oh, that wasn't. Don Castillo wrote that on Twitter. Oh, okay, okay. Thank God. Imagine if Sean Penn went that deep. Nuts. But listen, that guy's got my respect. He's got balls of steel. He went to Ukraine in the middle of the war. I don't care if he's a gigantic movie star. I don't care if he's you know he's a a wacky Hollywood elitist. The guy went to fucking take some balls. I agree. Balls, balls like steel and then on top of that meeting el chapo more balls the guy's got balls you got to give it to him yeah the el chapo thing though balls but also like yeah i guess it's Bro, scary as shit the that, guy murders 
It's all so balls. many people. The El Chapo thing's all balls. You're going to a Mexican drug kingpin's house. But not not just any drug yeah. kingpin. The drug kingpin. Yeah, the most famous Savage. one. Savage. Yeah. Being yeah. his, you know, El Chapo. Oh you don't, he, he's tiny. Del Castillo, I believe, is the woman in this uh, scenario. She's the soap actra, soap opera actress. Who had a relationship with El Chapo, a they fan, say. Yeah, yeah. El Chapo was a fan of her performance. Yeah, so when she said that, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Dude, I was at a, my girl, you know, she used to work for Telemundo or Television, one of the things. And uh, I was at an award show. She's, she's supposed to get this award. And that girl was there. And this was right around all that was going on. And I saw her, and I was like, oh, I'm going to pick with her and say, jealous, El Chapo? <gasps> and my girl goes, do not do that. I was like, oh, yeah. it would be funny. She's no, like, no, no, it's not no, funny. No, I'm not telling funny. you, it would not go over well. Yeah, all that would take is one dude who wants to yeah. prove a point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They play by different rules. And it's right there. You can drive there from San Diego. Yeah, it's not far. Not far at all. And it's uh, essentially run by drug lords. But also because you know you you cut the head off the snake there with El Chapo, now it's just mayhem, dude. I don't know um, enough about um, the politics of the cartels. To, oh, I do. To comment on that because they they fight a lot, right? Oh, I do. Do you? Yeah, because me, and my girl, and the kids were just in Mexico. You know, I stress out about it. I was yeah. like, let's go to San Diego, man. Right. Like, uh, if something happens, at least I can call some people. Like Mexico, we're fucked. My anxiety when we were there, dude, was I couldn't sleep. Yeah. I couldn't sleep. Couldn't sleep. Yeah. And then and then the last night we're there, we go to dinner, and I haven't seen this the whole time. We go to dinner, and we're walking back, and uh, one of the guys who works there greets us. He goes, oh, I'll walk you back to your room. I'm like, oh, that's nice. But then I see behind me there's a dude in all camouflage carrying an AK-47. And I keep I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I have my, I'm holding my son, yeah. my Boston, he's two. I'm, so I'm home like this. I'm like, I'm putting him down just in case something pops off. Because I'm like, why the fuck is this guy falling? So my girl's up, up above, uh, in front of me, so I don't say anything because I don't want her to be stressed out. So we get back to our little place, and we, we go in there. And then uh, I didn't say anything because I didn't want to alert the family. And then the next morning I go, hey, when the homeboy comes back in here, because he only sp spoke Spanish, um, I go, ask him why that guy with the AK-47 was following us last night. She goes, what? And I didn't want to tell you, but there was a guy following us back to the room. So she talks to him because he's following us. And as we get close to our uh, little villa, he just disappears into the bushes. Literally just walks on a, a, a different path. And she asks him, he goes, oh, there's a, a high profile celebrity on the property. And when he comes here, he hires his own security. Holy so, shit. And I was like, what? That, guy, that dude's that scared? Holy shit. What does he know that? I don't know, man. Yeah. Jesus and Christ. My girl got all mad because I was like, you know, they're kidnapping people. She's like, who the fuck's gonna kidnap your big ass? I was like, you never know, man. You never know. Isn't that funny? She's talking shit about kidnappings. Yeah, kidnappings dude. are real. Do, me? No, they're real. Like kidnappings oh, for sure? are real. They really do. Kidnap With Americans, people. they're really good though uh, about the tourist and resort towns for the most part. They're not right now though, Joe. No. Like in Cancun and uh, where's the main place people go? That fucking Acapulco. No. Acapulco, some shit. Went no, down. that shit where you know where people go and they do weird shit. Tulum. 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 <laughs> Two people just people died there. People go where they can do real shit. Yeah, they do drugs yeah, and shit Yeah, people got caught up in a crossfire, right? Did you hear why? No. Because, uh, again, it's, you know, they're, they're battling for that territory. And when Americans tourists comes, they want drugs. So it becomes a big drug hub. Well, the cartel provide the drugs. So I guess they went to the main Tulum, like, hotel restaurant and shook down the owner. I was like, yo, dude, cool. We're going to take this much of a percentage and we're going to run this area. And he's like, nah, get the fuck out of there. Like, all right, cool. Say less, dude. 
and then they come back and there's you know it's the nice place of tulum and cartel members like fucking margaritas and taquitos or the fuck so they're chilling with the regular tourist another gang sees them they just open fire and then two americans die jesus yeah. christ yeah so you know i think but for the most part and i i did talk about this and we got emails where people were like dude you're more likely to get shot in la detroit and chicago than you are in mexico like mexico is way more safer I get that, but I know how to navigate Chicago, Detroit, and L.A. Right. You I don't know how to navigate. Yeah. Sort if, of. You sort of speak. Sort of. I mean, <laughs> I'm not Jordan Peterson, but, you know, <laughs> I'm not great. I'm not a black belt. I always English. wonder when I watch you how often you have one of them little tobacco things in your mouth. Every time. Right now you got one in there. Oh, yeah. Because like, it always looks like you have, like, dental work. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. You just remind me to put another Give me one. one of them things. Yeah, you got it, brother. Is it a real problem, these things? Uh, I love them. Rogue, shout out to Rogue Nicotine, dude. Do you know anybody with mouth rot? No, you're not going to get cancer from these. That. Well, what are you a doctor? The fuck kind of statement is that? I mean, you know, well, they're a sticker right here. They are addicted. Is that good? Yeah, wow. yeah. This one's berry. This is a new flavor berry. Piece I love shit. them. Dude. Oh, dude. <laughs> you won't find a more intense flavor. And I, <laughs> listen, I don't. <laughs> you want one, Jamie? Sure. Yeah, come on, dog. Get you some. Dude, and I, I don't know if it's because I got COVID, I'm just getting older, but like I like intense shit, like coffee. Yeah, you, you had COVID. You can't smell anything anymore. I can't you, taste anything. You need to be poisoned. Dude, <laughs> spicy stuff, it can't get spicy enough for me. Oh, I love spicy. Yeah, I love this spicy This is not enough. bad. This is honestly, no bullshit, all jokes. Aside. No, these are- This is not bad. Me, yeah, Rogue's now the you best. get like a, a buzz, like a cigarette buzz for yeah. this? Yeah, because you know how like some comics will smoke cigarettes before they go on stage? Mm -hmm. This I, I do I, you know I'm not gonna smoke I I physically can't smoke a cigarette. And you think that is uh, better for you? Maybe. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Everybody thinks those vapes are better for you. N who's uh, everybody? David Lucas. Uh, well, first of all, <laughs> David Lucas is on tour with me. I call him the vape. Uh, I call him vape daddy. I, at all times, he has six vapes on him. It's. Yeah, he has. A lot I'll of take vapes. a hit of it, but he has literally like. Yeah, fucking, he's got extras. He just always has vapes. He pulled on one, a fresh one out for me to try yesterday, and I took it and I was like, "Is this actually better than smoking?" No, I it's think? worse. It's worse for you. Is Way it worse? worse? Yeah, it's it's more condensed, like concentrated nicotine. I'm and, not sure. No, I am, Joe. I'm telling you, yeah. dude, look that shit up, Jamie. I'm telling you, it's way worse for you than than smoking cigarettes. That's I, what they say. I do know of uh, a young man <clears throat> who got pneumonia who vaped every day and he wound up dying. Oh wow! I do know of that. It was a young guy, and he was a chronic vapor. I mean, all day, every day. And he had one of those box ones, you know, those thick ones, yeah. you know, lunch box. Almost like a small VHS tape. And they're blowing fucking... just giant clouds out yeah. of this thing all the time. They smell nice, too. But their problem is they market to kids. So there's like a Fruit Loop one. There's like mm. a Fruity Pebbles one. They're fucking yeah. tasty. Um, How good is David Lucas, though? A comedy? He's hilarious. Yeah, he's, he's, he's one of my He's one of the best guys ever at roasting, like, back <clears> and forth, like, with Tony Hinchcliffe. Dude, he they, lit they Tony up each... last night in the green room <laughs> with his coat. So you look like a gay puffer fish. He goes, he goes, I bet you blow up if I touch your ass. <laughs> he's, like, off-the-cuff comments on Kill Tony are some of the best I've ever Bro, heard. Bro, when, so when we're on the road and there's a heckler, he again, he's the guy, we'll come out of the green room like, yeah. yes. Oh, heckle him. Do it. Right. See what happens. Fucking heckle him. You know, because Chappelle's not on the road with me anymore, man. Chappelle. Chappelle Lacey. Chappelle Lacey, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Chappelle Lacey, who we both love. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, he also left The Fire and Kid. What's he doing? He, he just focused on his own show, which is on Thick Boy Network, the, the Chappelle, Chappelle's you know the World. Thip, Thick Boy, Thick Boy, Boy Network? Thick Boy Network, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have my own, like, alley version of what you have here, but it's all, wow. all my shit. Yeah, all my nice. staff, everything. But, Beautiful. Um, yeah, it's great, man. But Chappelle, he's so funny because 
when he first came on the road with me, I told him, I said, hey, the goal here is, you know, you get so popular, you're headlining your own shit. That's how this should work. Yeah. I don't want you just to be my feature. Right. And probably about, I don't know, six months ago, seven months ago, he's all nervous. You know, Chappelle, he's like the nicest fucking guy in the world. And he goes, hey, man, I can't do that, that date in uh, Tacoma with you. I'm like, what the fuck you got? What do you got? A fucking, you know, he plays in a band or some shit. I'm like, right. a band? He's like, no, no, no. I, you know, I'm starting to get headline gigs. I'm like, dude, this That's is great. Awesome. Like, beautiful. you're doing your own thing, dude. This is, this is how this should work. So Chappelle's doing his own thing, man, headlining, crushing it. He's going to focus on his own podcast. And now, you know, hopefully David Luke's the next guy. Mm. You know, and David has it, man. He's a beast. I can't. Too much for you, Daddy? Ugh. Too much? Did you give up, too? You took out, too? <laughs> bitches, bro. <laughs> Maybe it's the COVID. Maybe your sense of taste is fucked. No, dude. It's enhanced. Dude, and I've Oof. been carnivore. It's a lot. I've been carnivore. I know you gave up on carnivore. Your boy's been carnivore for, what, since fucking December now? I didn't give up on it. I just added fruit. And occasionally, I cheat. Like, occasionally, I have no, a I piece cheat, of pizza. Yeah. Occasionally, I'll have, like, uh, some bread. But not much. The vast majority of my diet is just meat and fruit. We're the same. I don't. I don't do fruit. It's literally just meat. And then I'll cheat. Like I took my kid to the movies. We saw Bad Guys, and you know whatever. There's popcorn or something. I'll, I'll share with him. Yeah. I don't be the weird dad. Right. And then I do that show, Food Truck Diaries. So you can't be on a diet on a, that fucking right. show. Right. So, tacos. And yeah. Shit and, fucking yeah. barbecue. So I'll, I'll cheat yeah. on that when the fighters are on. But other than that, I'm. I'd say 98 percent of the time carnivore, unless I cheat on the show. For me, the big change adding fruit was workouts my workouts are better i eat fruit in the morning before i work out and i was doing a lot of fasted workouts before and fasted workouts are fine but i really do think i get like a little extra juice i bet if, from the uh, sugar if i have some yeah if i have some fruit so that's all i ever eat in the morning is fruit Dude, you, the best I've seen you look, I would Thank say. You. And also Jamie too, man. I know I was talking shit it's before you came in here. Living a good life out here in Texas. You boys are crushing. This is, this is what freedom looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Dude, it's so, it's so weird with comics in L.A. and then the comics here. It's not a L.A. versus they Austin. Make, they're making it. I don't. Why? A lot of these L.A. people are mad we left. I mean, dude, it's the, the LA scene's back and popping, dude. It's like you know, I'm sure it's great. It's people great. get FOMO, man. Everybody gets FOMO. They get fear of missing out. It's normal when someone leaves and goes and looks like they're having too much fun. It's always fuck that guy. Yeah, I guess because of Instagram, like social media, because you know, yeah. I don't, you know, I, I don't see Instagram or social media, but I assume you post cool shit, so people are like, oh, fuck I don't that. even hardly post anything. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, I, not about that. I mean, occasionally I post stuff about our shows and once stuff your, we're having. Once your club opens up, though, talk yeah. about FOMO. But it's going to be a good thing. It's like, going to be a good thing for it's comedy. It's a two-hour flight from L.A.? What are you guys crying it's, about? It's a good thing for comedy because we're just trying to help comedians get out there. We're trying to give people a great place to perform where they're supported and they're taken care of and make them feel comfortable. Like, you could have fun there. And... It's an art form, man. It's an art form that doesn't get the respect of other art forms. It doesn't get the respect that music gets or that literature gets. You don't think so now? No, it doesn't. I think the some process, of you guys do. The process doesn't get any respect. The process of developing as a musician, like if you're classically trained, right? You can go to schools. You can go to Juilliard. Yeah. You can learn music. You learn yeah. how to read Beethoven. You learn how to compose you learn how to you know, play ancient songs. You don't get, learn shit as a comedian. You figure it out all in yourself. It's all on you. And you, if you don't have good comedian friends, 
it's hard to know what the fuck's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do without like these interviews with <clears throat> George Carlin when we looked into his writing process or you know without uh, I would love to imagine if there was a three-hour conversation with Richard Pryor yeah. about how he does stand up that'd how be good creates. but the, the game's changed now like but it, it hasn't changed it has a little bit Joe because you know you talk about a three-hour process of uh, Richard Pryor and how he got to where he's at and you look at the game now what about a three-hour fucking conversation with you or Bill Burr? Yeah, that would or, be great. Or, or Kevin Hart. But the thing is, you can have that. And we've if you do, took all the times I've ever talked about stand-up on this podcast, you would have more than three hours. The point is, like, Richard Pryor was doing it when no one knew how to do it. Uh-huh. And the, he's, like, one of the most revered artists of all time. But his actual process of how mm. he created that is kind of unknown. I mean, we know that he worked with Paul Mooney. Yes. We know that he like he had writers and other comics. He bounced stuff off, and he did a lot of workout sets. And he would have these ideas, and he'd flesh them out, and he'd work them out on stage. We know about all that, but to hear him talk about it would have been fucking amazing. But don't you think it's interesting too? Like you know, if you talk about a comics process, like some comics like to write it all out, mm -hmm. and then some comics yeah. are just chaos where nobody's going to relate to yep. it. But I think that's why. There's not that kind of blueprint for it. Everybody's for sure, different. and that's the same like same thing with you know I don't think UFC fighters get the you know the the accolades that these other athletes do because there's no path. You're not going to college to you know a scholarship at Duke and then go to the NBA. Like you made it. Everybody makes it different ways. Right, you made it as a wrestler. You yeah, made it as so a yeah, guy. Or, or you came up yeah. through Ultimate Fighter, Dana White's Contender Series. Yeah. So they don't get the same accolades. I think it's the similar with comedy. It's like everybody's different. But I think why, you know, I was so fortunate when I got in the game and I had, I was surrounded by like you and Bert and Tom and Dalia, like all and Theo and especially really you because you know, people go, Oh, Brendan, your work ethic. I'm like, dude, work ethic? you you know, uh, you're the you're the the North Star. You're the standard for work ethic. You and Bill Burr. You look at Bill, you look at you. So I think it's like that's working, man. And you th your blueprint I think is gonna um, be a, easier for people to digest, if that makes sense, because you're not crazy, you right? It, does that make sense? Or is no, that weird? I no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, because you you approach it more like a professional athlete. Yeah, yes, and you have to, you have to, you, you have to approach it like a professional. But sometimes a professional is just a nut. Like some professionals are like professionally like Kinnison. Like you're never gonna get, you would never get him to do it that way. You'd never get Joey Diaz to approach. Like everybody has their own way of doing it. But the point is that there's, there's a way to parse that out. It's not that you would teach a blueprint of how to do it, but there's a way to parse out all the ways. If you looked at the way Gilbert Godfrey created stand up, you look at the way David Tell created stand up. There's a way that we can at least get some lessons there and develop a study on it because mm -hmm. what stand up is is a kind of a form of mass hypnosis that most people love. Most people love to go to a comedy show and laugh hard. If you've gone to a comedy show and you saw one of your favorite comedians and they had a great set, you walked out of there like, oh my God, that was amazing. Like you just took a drug. Mm -hmm. Like you, you see people piling out of theaters and they're just laughing and they're having so much fun. You, you gave them a drug for as long as you were on stage. And that, that in its final form, like, you know, comedians sell out arenas and comedians have Netflix specials that are huge. But in terms of the the way people understand how that was created, there's almost no support. 
and it's hard for people in the beginning to even figure out how to get going. Isn't now, that part what of that's great? Good. I don't mean to interrupt part, you. No, you're Isn't right. that kind of cool? Part of it's good. Yeah. Part of it's good. But it would be better if once you got to a certain level of proficiency, you were helped along. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we can do here in Austin. I think what I want to do with the mothership is have this place where you can work out and you can learn and you can be around and we can all like help each other because you're going to be around these killers. You're going to be around guys like Segura. You're going to be around guys like Hinchcliffe. You're going to be around these fucking murderers that come in from out of town. Tim Dillon. And Tim Dillon's yes. murderer. murderer. And you you around that, you absorb all this shit. Derek's out here too. Derek Post Derek's Post's out one here. of my favorite people. He's he was on the road with me for two years, dude. Animal. Animal. Funny as fuck. So he's, the, he's the best. But Joe's out here. But you, you, and I, and I think what you're doing in Austin is be great and it's going to, you know, you build it, they will come, especially you. But you did that in LA, brother. You did that for me, man. You gave me a fucking career. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Well, that's why I learned how to do it. Yeah. I learned how to do it in LA because yeah. it was like the store was the place where people were doormen mm -hmm. or, 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 you know, parking lot attendants and waitresses and shit. And they wanted to be comics and that's how they got their job there. And they went all the way to being professionals and they were always with us. Like we've, we've had relationships with people there from the time, like Ari and I were friends when he was a doorman. Yeah. And now he's a pro. Duncan. Duncan was the guy who used to answer the phone when yep. you would call and give in your dates. David Lucas was a door guy. Yeah. But that, that's why I took yes. from you. Like, if there's anything, uh, and, you know, I'm super grateful and, you know, how, f you know, I almost feel like my career is make a wish when they find out, I'm, you know, I don't have mental issues. Like, <laughs> the fuck out of here, dude. But, um, like, the thing I learned from you, it's like now with my platform, not as big as yours, but it's not bad. I give back, yeah. right? You're boosting, Chappelle you're, Lacey. You're following David the Luke, blueprint. L little Browse, yeah. you know, yeah. this white rapper who creates all the music for all my promos, and he's so fucking talented, man. That's it's awesome. It's nutsos. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's that's good. You're helping. Yes. That's good. And that's my job. There's something to that that is like, it's very enriching for you, too. You know, it's it doesn't just help those comics that you're giving a boost to. It helps you. Like, it, that's the thing that, People think about um, philanthropy, they think about like charity work or doing something good for someone or being kind and generous. They think about it like, wow, you're giving so much, but you mm. get something out yes. of it too. You get a, you feel great. You're, it's, the universe wants to reward someone who tries to do better and tries to make people around them better and tries to get better because of those people around them that are better and tries to celebrate all the people that are better than them. It's also the right thing to do. It's the right Especially thing to do. Especially if the pe people have the chops. They just yes. haven't been, you know, introduced to the fan base. There's a, quite a few of those. Yes. You know, there's there's so many. Yeah. That's there's, the thing I'm learning. There's so many. And that's the And some of them would have quit before. Agree. And because of the internet, they don't have to quit. Yeah. The internet is opening up a path where these guys are going to get promoted, where maybe they wouldn't fit in on a late night talk show. Agree. Maybe they wouldn't get cast in a sitcom. Or maybe would... Netflix passed on Comedy Central, yeah. but for whatever reason, they can find their niche and people are going to, you know, vibe with it. You know, that, that's why I did, and I'd like your thoughts on it. It's like with my special, the plan was to have my team shoot it and then sell it. And that, you know, to all these major networks, I'm not calling anybody out, but I'd meet with everybody. You name it, I met with them, man. They made offers. And I'd go, okay, what can you guys do? They'd give me a list. Then I'd call my team and go, hey, how much is it to this? Can we do this? And they'd give me all that. I'm like, God, I feel like I can fucking do it, man. And for me, it's like where I'm at in my career, I need the most eyeballs possible. Yes. I don't, you also it's need not a paycheck. It's not, it's, you know, it's not about money in any facet. 
I just need this out as many people that they can see and see how hard I work at this. Yeah, it's, you're gonna see a giant improvement yes. in your set. If, yes, if people saw your first one to now, the first one I would have probably tried to talk you out of it, but I already talked you out of fighting. Yeah, and I was like, I can't talk him out of this too. In, in, yeah, no, you, Plus, but you could have. But and it, Showtime, <laughs> and Showtime, but Showtime was willing to do it, and like they were gonna give you money. I'm like, what am I? What the fuck am I gonna do? But it, but it, I wouldn't. I don't regret anything, but at the time, and you know, and I think it's funny too, if, you know, when I talk to fighters, because of it, it's my own perspective here, even in comedy, like, dude, there's no rush, man. Right. It's a fucking marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Like you're gonna get this stuff and say, I just had you this conversation. You don't want it too early. You don't want it too early, and it's also like, you know, even on the road, it's like, you know, they're pushing me into theaters now. I'm like, no, 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 hold on, I'll get there. I'm good, man. I need the reps in cl in clubs. I like clubs. Yeah, clubs that, are great, and and I think to me it shows that I'm I'm maturing as a a stand up, and it's just like the, give me time, man. We've, don't don't force this. We've been real fortunate to have Vulcan in town, so that we work out here all the time. So we're yeah. always working out in clubs. So even if I'm doing arenas, I'm working out in the material in clubs. I think that's the best diet. I think stand up has to be kind of like CrossFit. You got to do like a small crowd sometimes. You got to do like a, you know, a belly room type 90 seater crowd. Yeah. And sometimes you got to do, you know, you don't have to ever do the big places. The big places are wild, they're, but they're, it's just like, you know, it's a different animal. 14,000 right? people in a circle around you is fucking bananas. You know, that's, it's great. It's fun. Like, we had a great fucking time in Fort Worth last week. Also, God, financially, it, it makes fun. a lot of sense, too, if you can do that. It makes You Let's make a lot honest. of money, but yeah. but the show is a different kind of thing. The, like, the roars of the laughs are insane. Mm -hmm. When you crush in front of that many people, it's wild. And the timing's different, too. Yeah, you have That's to, like, completely pace different. yourself more because yes. they can't hear. There's so many people laughing, and there's so many people in the room. You're not doing crowd work. Like, there's none of that. Yeah, you can't pick on a person in the front row because right. the guy in the fucking Occasionally some shit goes down. Yeah, but <laughs> in general. When I was in Boston, some lady with blue hair was yelling <laughs> at some guy to stop being racist. <laughs> like, in the middle of my show, I was like, what is going on? And it, you acknowledged it? Yeah, I had to. Yeah, it was, I was like, loud. I was closing. I was like, get in. And I'm at the fucking Boston Garden. It's a sold out show. It's my hometown. Yeah. Coming home. Yeah, I, I saw out the fucking garden. Nuts. And the end of my set, shit, set's going great. This lady is yelling, fuck you, fuck you. And she's standing up and pointing at him. I go, what is going People on? People are great. And People are great. They were great. And, and she goes, tell that guy to stop being racist. And I said, I go, I, I forget exactly how I phrased it, but it was someone, something sent of, um, I normally would just accept the fact that this guy had probably done something wrong if it wasn't for the color of your hair. <laughs> I think you might be susceptible to outrage. <laughs> and I was like, you might be a little bit more, more complainy than most. Man, like, I don't know what hair. happened. Yeah, like, man, I'm like, we're wrapping this up. I'm yeah. bringing this thing home. Yeah. You hear fucking Burrs playing Fenway. That's amazing. They just announced it this morning. Oh my God. He'll sell that out. Yeah, yeah, he's a hero in Boston. Bro, they 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 put they put him on the broadcast during the the Red Sox game. Oh my God, really, dude? He just fucking goes in on Derek Jeter and Canadians. It's so fucking ah! funny. You could tell they didn't know what to do. They're like, uh. Well, see, he's a guy that can do that. Like, remember when Dennis Miller did Monday Night Football? Yes, and got so much shit for it. Because <laughs> he tried to do jokes. Yeah. He had, like, a bunch of jokes written, baby. Yeah, da, 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 da. Yeah, it wasn't organic. Like, oh. It wasn't yeah. organic. Yeah, that's the yeah. problem. Like, I, somebody talked to me about that, and they were saying, like, uh, is it hard to do comedy and commentate for the UFC? I'm like, is it hard to kiss your daughter on the cheek 
and then hang out with your buddies and high five. No, it's two different things. Completely different. Yeah, it's... and you're not trying to crack jokes. Right. I mean, you're a funny guy by nature, so you know if something pops like, off, people whatever. have all kinds of like layers to them. There's people that are sweet to their grandmother, and you know they're they're rough on uh, a guy at work that's a dick. You're you're different, no matter who, you know, no matter what you're doing. Yeah, there's some hell's angels out there, are great dads, but they're great dads, and yeah. then they got to collect money, dude, and break it? some legs. That was the thing in Goodfellas, right? That Joe Pesci, yeah, Joe Pesci, like that's right, with dad. his mom, yeah, 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 his kid, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but the point is, it's like I, I don't ever fucking try to be funny. It's like I'm just just trying to talk about what's ha and not sound stupid and yeah, trying to it, put bring life to it. Yeah, I'm just gonna do what I do, yeah. and if you guys think it's funny, cool. But that, I'm not, I'm not. Trying I never to be come on a podcast. Oh, I better be funny this uh, time. That's the thing, man. We used to do these radio shows, and uh, they would say before you go on stage or before you go on on air, rather. Uh, a producer came backstage. I don't want to name the show, but they're, they're good guys. They came. The producer comes backstage. Is it in L.A.? No. Okay. And the uh, producer's like, okay, so what topics are you going to cover so they can lead you into them? I go, what are you talking about? What? I go, we're just going to talk. And the producer goes, what? No, you have to do your bits. I go, listen, oh, no, man. No, 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 no. I go, listen, man. I'm not doing my bits. There's nothing worse. And, you know, he, like, like shakes his head and, like, looks at the sky and just walks out of the room like this fucking loser. I'm I'd like, be like bitch, bitch, I'm a professional, dude. I'm not fucking Ryan Seacrest. We can't Seacrest. just talk. We no, can't good, just dude. talk. Yeah. I'm in town. You don't think we could have something interesting about the fact that I'm in town for the UFC and a comedy show at the local comedy club. You don't You don't think that we can find something to talk about? I, I think I'll be all right, man. I talk for a living. Yeah, I'll just, navigate my way through it. Let's just talk. You don't need to know. Funny thing about the zoo, Bob. Well, yeah. Oh, did, yeah. Did you say Chili's? The thing about Chili's, yeah, it's like, come on. Well, that's dude. what all those late night shows essentially did. I don't know if they still do it that way because I haven't done one in forever. But, like, if you did stand up on one of those shows, like, you showed them your set. They went over it with a fine tooth comb. They changed a lot of it. They would cut Four out minutes bits. clean. Yeah, you have to do super clean. Yeah. And then if you went to sit down next to, like, Johnny Carson, like, John, I don't know how Johnny Carson did it, but I know that, like, some of those late night talk show guys, they would have very specific things they'd want to talk to you about. You know, like, so, uh, I heard you started riding a bike in your neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. How's that going? Yeah. Uh, funny you brought that up, yeah. Jay. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, man. <laughs> yeah. So you'd have to do this, like, corny bit. That was back then, though. Yeah. That, but then also with Johnny, right? If you crush it, he'd call you over to the couch. Oh, my God. And that was that, a big deal. That was the deal. And that now was there's, the deal. like, there's no late show that does that now like that's yeah. gonna blow like guys careers just got blown the fuck up from it there's yeah. nothing like that yeah you know you're the close thing johnny carson now yeah 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 you know that yeah. but that's okay i like that job yeah. i like helping there's guys like dan soder or normand or shane gillis or like you know i do this podcast on a, a regular basis with uh shane gillis Ari Shafir and Mark Norman. Yeah, my we favorite. call it Protect Our Parks. Yeah. This is the most ridiculous podcast. Last time we did it, Shane drank 14 beers. <laughs> 14 be No, 15. 15. It was 15 at the end. 15 Dude. beers. 15 fucking beers. I love all those guys. Who the fuck drinks 15 of anything? Uh, Shane Gillis does. How about drinking 15 Diet Cokes? That would be insane. You'd probably uh, die. I, me, and, Have you done that? me and Donald Trump do that every day. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean in a row. Uh, like he's got a, a, a stack of nah, empties. No. Uh, I'll drink 10 Diet Cokes a day. Norman yeah. is the lightweight. He like dabbles. He pretends he drinks and doesn't doesn't get too fucked up. Ari gets, he goes in. We get, Ari goes in. Ari and I get the high. Uh, the, Norman doesn't even get high, right? No, not really. I don't think so. No, he doesn't. So smoke. it's me and Ari. Me and Ari are baked and we're drunk. Sh Shane's old school. Like Shane was coming to LA and he hit me up and you know, he we're we're boys and we talk back and forth 
And then he goes, uh, he, you know, I don't think he knows that I have kids. He's like, dude, you want to go to a bar, like a sports bar, and grab some beers? I'm like, bitch, it is, it is Wednesday at 6 o'clock, dude. <laughs> My kids go to bed at 7. He's like, yeah, so? I'm like, no, I'm not going to a fucking sports bar, man. He goes To watch in. game six of the fucking Yankees or whatever it was. One he's thing, just old school, dude. But he has started working out again. You know, because he was a football player. He was jacked at one point in time. He was a big athlete. Yeah. And he just got sloppy for yeah, a long time. Yeah, I think he played football in high school, and then one, I think he walked on to Army or some shit like that, right? I don't know the yeah. full extent. But. And, then, and I think he got there and was like, fuck this. He's like, this yeah. is what it is. I'm out, man. Yeah, I don't know the full extent of his uh, athletic career. He's hilarious, but, but I do know that he's working out again, so he's looking great. Like, he's losing weight. He's, his muscle's coming back. Maybe grab his arm the other day. I was like, really? dude. It's getting bigger? Dude, it's jacked. Like, because it's muscle memory. Yeah. That's the thing about a, a guy who was big at one point in time. Was he it's, that big? Was, was he jacked? or? I mean, he was an athletic football player. Yeah. I don't have a photo of him that I beat off to. I'd like to see it, though, you know? <laughs> in his underwear? Yeah, I'd love to see that, Shane. Because <laughs> there's those, always guys that are like, wrestle or play football that aren't in good shape no yeah it's yeah. like where you like actually playing you know there's a yeah. fine line right there, right man. right where was i oh i was doing uh chrysler's podcast last week yeah and chrysler i don't know what people just goes oh dude you like this guy I, they, uh, they start, oh you like dude he wrestled he wrestled i'm like oh shit what, what were you talking oklahoma state were you on the national team we're talking about and he goes oh no in high school like the brand went that doesn't count bert he goes why do i go i played basketball in high school man I'm yeah. a, you, you can't call me a basketball player. Like there's 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 levels to this game. Well, it's dude. the thing when they bring you in and you have to talk to somebody that like has a casual understanding of the thing, you know. Like, and and it's like okay, we're talking about a different thing here. Yes, I was on a podcast once and they, they had a guy that was like their security guy, and their security guy was a fake karate guy, and uh, I kind of had heard. That maybe some of the stuff that he had done was full of shit. This is not a small show either. Yeah. And so uh, I'm on the show, and we. This was like during the days when I first started commentating for the UFC, and he starts talking about how the stuff they do is for the street. Eesh. Do you know how much that makes my fucking blood boil? Oh, it's triggering for me. It makes me so angry when someone says this the stuff we do is for the street. See, I won't let that slide though. I didn't let it slide. I'll, no, I no no no. I'll I'll be like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go back. You know? I'll we'll talk it through. Uh, like I was on your boy uh, Patrick David Bet. Mhm. Mm Patrick he, Bet David. Yeah. yeah. Patrick Bet David. He has a great car collection by the way. Oh, he's I awesome. That after I the fact. He's great. Love that guy to One death. One of my favorite people. I love that guy to death. I did his show when he's I was He's brilliant. He's yeah, I, was, I think I was at Miami and Super nice guy too. The nicest. I yeah. text you before I'm like, "Hey, is he yeah. cool and he's great." The best, but he does a, a show with two co-hosts, and they kept saying, "Yeah, but people do it to me all the time whenever I'm doing press. Oh, this guy's an athlete. This guy's, and they kept saying athlete, athlete. And I went, "Hold on, hold on, it's triggering for me. Hold on, I think we're a little too loose with the term athlete. Like, what, what, yeah. what's your definition of athlete? I think ours are different." And I'm yeah. not I'm not shaming anybody. You're talking about elite athletes, like high level college athletes. Where, where high, I was yeah, at. Where I was, so, yeah, so if you exactly. throw this term around, right. know who you're talking to. It's like right. if you're in a room with Jordan Peterson or Elon Musk, you keep me going, Oh, this guy's smart. This guy's smart. Right, right. They're gonna right. Go, Hold on. What, your drug dealer smart? Yeah, smart street smart? What are you talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, what does that mean? There's different levels to this, this game, this dude. Giant leaps. Yeah, it'll trigger me because like, this guy's an athlete. You know. But this guy had got them convinced that he was like a security expert, and I knew he was a fucking idiot. And when I heard that, that we do this stuff for the streets, I go, hey, man, listen to me. Yeah. I said, the best stuff 
that you should learn is the stuff that works on trained killers. This right. is one of the good things with the internet because Brian had this friend who'd hang around him all the time. And Brian go, dude. I remember that guy. And Brian go, uh, dude, he fought, he fought fucking Chuck Congo. Uh, he did, and he goes, he fought Chuck Congo. Also, he wrestled at ASU. I'm like, okay, cool. And I, you know, I didn't, I was being cool about it. And then we'd hang out. He'd he'd, he'd make references to it. Yeah, I fought Vanderlei Silva in Brazil on the ah. beach and all the shit. I'm like, okay, cool. And then I go, uh, where can I find them? It's easy to look up. The internet's there all day. If you did this, he's like, no, this is underground shit, man. Oh, okay. And I go, but you wrestled at ASU? He goes, yeah, I did. I go, what years? You told me, I go, oh, my my, ex, my head coach in uh, at Rain Training Center, who's uh, Chael's main guy and all those. I go, uh, he uh, he was the captain of ASU. So I text him, hey, you ever heard of this guy? He goes, no. And then I go, dude, he's, he's never, he was there the same years. He was the captain of the team. You wrestled for me? He goes, Hold on, dude. I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't go to ASU. They would let me in the practice. And I'd go with the team. I just went and compete. So I text him. Hey, was there a guy that came in that you? He goes, "Excuse me. You think we'd let an out? No, it's against NCAA rules." He goes, "This guy's full of shit." So I took Brian and go, "Brian, let me talk to you real quick. Let me talk to you. <laughs> Your friend, full of shit. It's very easy to prove." And how did Brian handle it? Oh, he was like, "Oh, really?" I'm like, "Yes, dude. I know, dude. Brian is so bad at seeing that." Yeah. There's been so many times when he and I have been friends, we've been like, hey man, what is going on with that guy? Yeah. What are you saying? I that know. guy, he's like on coke, he's out of his fucking mind, he's full of shit. Like, that's not your lawyer. <laughs> like, like Callan was always like, there was always like people around him that just had no business being around him. But God bless they him because he them. always, he, like, he looks, he sees the best in everybody. So he's like, he no, does. dude, this guy. No, he does. This guy fought Chuck Congo on the beach in France. I'm like, he, he didn't It's so, a disturbing dude. thing to be that bad at spotting liars, though. The worst. The worst. Yeah. But it comes from a good place, I think. Yeah. You know? He doesn't mean to. Yeah, that stuff's triggering for me. I'm that, I'm that Patrick. Uh, it does come from a good place. Yeah, it does. It's kind of endearing. Yeah. That he's God so bless ni- him. nice to yeah. idiots. Yeah, yeah. But it was He'll way up with it. It was way worse when he was younger. Oh, it's still bad now. He br- <laughs> it's, dude, he brought some kid in the. <laughs> 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 it's way worse now. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way worse? Oh, way worse. Oh, God no. God bless him. Because, again, I don't get mad at him anymore. It's just sometimes you got to accept people over there. He brought one guy in the, the thing. He was like, he played in the NBA. Dude. He played in the NBA. Uh, he, I'm going to bring him in. It, it's like five minutes before we go live. I'm like, oh. no, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Who's this? You know, I'm like you. I'm like you. I'm, a, I'm between you. If Brian's here and you're here, I'm in the middle. Okay. You know, I'm trying to get better. Okay. You know, and so uh, he goes, this guy, he's giving me his background. He goes, he played in the Amigos. Yeah, I go, it, Brian, it doesn't matter. How, how's he a fit on the show, dude? The company, you know, we fuck around, dude. Right. He's not, all right, he's just going to sit in. So he sits in, and then I talk to him, you, you play in the Amigos? No, I didn't play in the NBA. I was like, you never played in the Amigos? He's like, no, I played overseas, like minor league. And I'm like, God damn it. Oh, Brian. But Brian heard, like, something. Oh, he heard. Like, <laughs> so for him, he, he, he thinks the best. He didn't investigate by asking the man. No, he just heard he just brought him on the tall show. black guy. So he's like, oh, he's, he's like, good. I'll show you my value to the show. Yeah, he's good. My decision making. So I'm going to bring on a guy. And How was the guy? Was he good? He didn't come up. I wouldn't allow him on the show. I'm oh. like, I don't know this guy. You can't have a mic. <laughs> we, we got a fucking show to do. I don't know this fucking guy. You can't come on. Oh, Brian. He's Dude, so and then crazy. when I used to tour with him, he's not doing it now anymore. When I used to tour with him, you know, we'd be in the front of the plane and People would walk by in like a big swole back. He go, dude, dude, my God, your body. I'm like, oh, I, I go, oh no. Go, what, what are you? What are you? An NFL player or something like that? And I go, hey, let me talk to you real quick. That's so appalling. Because if they're not, <laughs> dude, you know how racist that is. Well, not only that, it's like, like a man just wants to get on a plane. 
A man doesn't want to be complimented on his physique over and over again by a guy who's like kind of acting. Like, what is going on? But also on here? trying to get to a seat. On, he's right. like, wait, what? Right. But the one time I'll give this to Brian. The one time is Saquon Barkley, who's like the biggest freak in the NFL, and he's kind of shorter, but his his fucking quads are like this. So I see him, right, and he was his rookie year in the NFL for the Giants, and he's rookie of the year and fucking almost won the Heisman. I, I, I track him. I see him come on the play. I'm like, oh, that's Saquon Barkley. That's a fucking jack dude. I'm like, fuck, Brian's going to say something. He's walking by. He goes, hey, bro, bro, my God, those fucking quads. And he got it right this time, so it worked. He goes, what are you, what are you some sort of running back, let me guess? And he's like, yeah, man. Ah! And Brian's like, oh, yeah. And they're like hugging, taking pictures and shit. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it fucking finally paid off, dude. Well, it's You like, ran to Saquon Barkley. If you throw 100 darts, but one of them hits the bullseye. Yeah. Isn't it worth it? Yep. It worked for him. So just, <laughs> I don't know if he's still doing it. He ever tell you about his fucking uh, Bob Saget story? No. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> Brian's going to play like some shit show. And I think Bob's going... Uh, Say I was Florida or somewhere, you know, Bob playing some fucking arena because killing it. And uh, Bob's, Bob's in first class. <laughs> I love this story. Bob's in first class and Brian's walking by. And Brian soon goes, Bob, what's up? Bob goes, what's up, man? Oh, good to see you. And he's talking. And he goes, uh, where are you going? Brian goes, oh, my, my seat's back there. And then Bob just looks at him and goes, well, I've won. He goes, I won. <laughs> Brian goes, what? He goes, I'm in first class. You're not. I've won. <laughs> Brian, he just, Brian said, I was talking, he goes, well, I've won. Okay, see ya. Give, give it back to you. Brian's like, oh, okay. Well, I've won. Yeah. Wasn't Brian a comedian? That's supposed to be funny. Yeah, yeah. I would have laughed. Uh, Brian, oh, Brian said he was laughing because he just kept shouting it. Well, I've won. <laughs> I've won. You're back there. So funny. Uh, he was a good dude, man. His passing was a sad one. That was a hard one to take. Curious. I mean, I'm not a conspiracy guy in any facet, which also, uh, you know, Met Alex Jones last night. Nice guy. Alex Jones is a very nice guy. He's a guy. really nice He's guy. He's a very nice guy. Yeah. He loved my bit on uh, vaccines. That's what he told me. So you're doing something right if Alex Jones likes your vaccine bit. But uh, he uh, he's a nice guy. But again, I'm not a big conspiracy guy. But when you look into Bob Saget's death, it is a little weird, right? Well, you, it, I mean, he fell, obviously. He blacked out. I mean, um did you see that? Not know, but here's the reality of not yeah, knowing please. about his health. Yeah, you could. We could both fall into speculation here about all kinds of things. You don't know why people black out. We don't know if people have a history of blacking oh, out. Shit. And I don't know if like this was the first time. You know, like sometimes people like legitimately have medical issues, and you can jump to conclusions and not be aware of those. Yeah, you might have been I, dealing I, with it in his have, family. People have done that about close friends of mine or people that I knew. Oh, it's um, horrible. And it drives me crazy. It's like, come on, man. You don't you don't know the whole story. Oh, I'm not even trying to open a can of worms. Here. So he, just... he fell, apparently, it looks like. He fell and blacked out. And, yeah. And you know as well as I knew, know that when, like, you, you've seen street fight videos where guys get KO'd and their heads bounce off the I watch concrete. World Star every morning. It's, it's so scary. O.J. Simpson first, then World Star. <sighs> It's so scary. But the, the only weird thing is, is the, the doctor that the autopsy was saying, again, I'm not trying to start any shit here. I'm just, the article that I read, this doctor goes, the, the weird thing is if you fall, you, you usually will see a fracture in the back of the, the, the skull. Because mm -hmm. the, the weird thing about this thing, and he didn't draw any conclusions. He just right. goes, the or orbitals were fractured. Right. The front was fractured. The frontal was fra fractured right. and the back. And he goes, and the only time you can do all that is if you were to fall out of a 30-foot story building. He goes, so, or if somebody took a bat to you. So he's like, so just fall in the bathtub, 
this doesn't make sense, but who knows? Yeah, but if you fell in the bathtub and you hit your face where your orbital is on the rim of a steel bathtub mm -hmm. or a ceramic bathtub, something ungiving, down. and then fell backwards. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, he might have fallen twice. But also, he... Because uh, if he fell and was like semi-conscious, he and stood then fell up again. and then fell and sure. then blacked out again. Yeah, I'm not trying to start anything. But Joe. my, th my thought is, like, I don't know family. what his health was like. Bob uh -oh. was in his 60s, mm -hmm. you know, and he liked to party. Yeah. In terms of, like, he liked to have a, a, a few alcoholic beverages. Uh, I don't know if he was still drinking at the time. And he, he never had, a, like, a drinking problem. But I'm, I'm saying he's not... It's not like he was running marathons. You know, he's... Uh, it also, was, shit happens. Like, sometimes yep. freak shit happens. Shit happens. So, it, for the family, it's terrible that people keep carrying on with this stuff. I'm just saying what that doctor said. I thought that was weird, but it's also like, okay, at the yeah. end of the day, okay. But also, if there was some, you know, malarkey or, you know, kind of shady shit going on, it, it was happened at the Four Seasons. Right. So, they have video. Yeah. So, it's, it's kind of- I don't of, think they think that. I don't. I don't think any. I don't. I haven't really read any like legitimate because I think there's a thing with the cards. Like when you get into the door, they know how many times you've done it, mm -hmm. and they know nobody entered the door yeah. after him. Yeah. So that, that yeah, case solved. Again, yeah. I'm, I would never disrespect. No, Bob, no, I know Bob you're like not. That. He I, was. It's just a conversation he was a that he had. Fucking sweet man. He was. Also a, a savage on fucking stage. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Just a really sweet guy. Always though. nice to me, man. Super nice to me. It's nice to everybody, man. Yeah. Was always like friendly and kind and genuinely wanted to like engage with you and connect with you and talk to you and everybody felt that way. Like you you're hard pressed to find people who uh don't like Bob. Yeah, I'd say a bad thing about him. But you know, for me, sweet, I know you say, you know, he's he's nice to everybody. You know, for me, especially coming to comedy, not everyone was nice to me, man. Yeah, you know? which I get. I completely understand. It's, un it's unfortunate, you know. Like it doesn't bother me. That's fine. But it's like the guys that w were and where I'm at now, mm -hmm. you know that 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 goes so far with me, man. Right. Like now, it's like, hey, man, whatever you want to do, you gotta hire, you gotta fucking hide a dead body, call your boy. Whatever yeah. you gotta do, man. You were nice to me when you had no reason to be. There, are, I'm in, dude. There's bad people. And then there's people that you just might be annoyed by. And you got to learn to accept the people that you might be annoyed by. The bad people are the people that are like doing something bad to people, taking something from stealing something, sure. you know, robbing people, fucking people over. Those are the people that you should be concerned about because they're not thinking about other people. They're only thinking about themselves. They're, only, they're, they're, they're trying to victimize other people in order for them to gain their own success. But the other people that annoy you, you got to look at like, what are they doing that's so bad? And why are you spending so much time concentrating on it? And I get criticism. And, and one of the things about being a person like you or being a person like me who's public is you got to accept the fact that people are going to talk shit about you. It's what we it's signed just, up for. It's what you signed up for. It's just a part of the program. But some people, in their, for their, it's not in their own good interest to be spending so much time. No, just getting upset that this other person's doing comedy and they're doing comedy like they look at you like oh You're a UFC fighter. Oh, he's doing comedy now. It's almost like comedy is like some I know it's sacred to them because for every comic It's like when you're on stage and when it goes right. It's like that's what you're working towards you put in Countless hours into that moment where you hit a punchline and everybody laughs and you know you're locked in and everybody's Enjoying that moment. It's all worth it if you Comedy is very black and white, though. Too, it's like you could be Brad Pitt, yeah. and you get on that stage, especially at the Comedy Store, or the Laugh Factory, the Improv. You know, those aren't my home. That's not a home game for me. And if you're getting, la it's very black and white. You know, it's not like, yeah. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it works it, or it doesn't work. Yes, you're yeah. either gonna you know sink or swim. Well, that's one of the reasons no why. I, one of the reasons why I had Carrot Top on the podcast. He was a no, always a guy who was a, like a whipping boy, yeah. and I was like, why? He's so nice. He's so nice. He's funny. He's just doing his own show. If you have fucking kids and you want to see like a family friendly, funny show, Carrot Top show is really good. Think how long he's been doing it forever. Dude. Something's working. And like when you engage with him, like when he was on the podcast, he's a sweetheart. I love him on here, man. He's I love great. Him. He was he's weird great. when he got all juicy, right? Eh. But I also enjoy that. He got that. big. He got I Jack. That. He wanted to get Jack for a while. Yeah, but he, got a, little, he got a little crazy. Yeah, but it's like the thing is, is that guy was a whipping boy for zero reason mm. for so long. They call him a hack and shit like uh, that. Right? Well, it was just that he was using props. That's mm -hmm. all. But he was using him so well that he changed the genre. Like no one else is a prop comedian now. That boy sells tickets. Dude. But it was a thing where, like, yeah. when I was coming up in the 80s, like in 88 when I started, th that was a category of comedians, a prop comic. Yeah. There was a guitar comic, a prop comic, sometimes people had puppets. Yeah. You know, they, all those are gone. Like, Just, he's... You, you, for, as far... I don't mean to interrupt you. No, yeah, it's as, just like... As, as far as, you know, like, puppets go, it's just, it, you don't really see it anymore. Like, no, no. Like, you'd have to have some real balls to go up at the comedy store improv or ice house and fucking get out a puppet. Like well, you, you better be fucking funny. The great you have one Jeff, was Jeff Dunham. The great one. It. Jeff Dunham is awesome. I mean, he's got a bunch of different characters and Jeff Dunham kills it on the road. Kills uh, what? it. What? Kills it on I the think road. He's Forbes top 10, dude. Yeah. Kills. Yeah. He yeah. kills it. Give me a fucking puppet. The great one is Otto and George. Yes. Otto Old and school. George. I worked with Otto and George in the 90s oh, really? in New York City. Oh, damn. Yeah. We did shows in New Jersey. We did shows. Oh, God. We did a gang of shows. We did fucking. I did what they call uh, prom shows with Otto and George. And Otto uh, and I would do these shows where you would have kids that were coming in on their prom. So they're 17 year old kids and they pump them in there and they can't drink, but they all bring in liquor. Sure. They're all hammered. Yeah. And uh, they want you to tell the same jokes so that the kids leave because the kids, they can't get the kids to leave. So they keep pumping more kids in Weird. and then to get the kids to quit. The show's over. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. But they still sit there like they could sit there if they want. So then they, they like do the same act so that they leave. I'm like, I'm not doing the same the fucking act. What a nightmare. I go, I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not bombing in front of the same kids. Yeah, over and over. Yeah, just like, bomb, I saw bomb, that bomb. joke. Yeah. Boo. There was a guy, um, I don't want to say his name, I don't want to embarrass him, but he was on stage and this kid. It was a big kid, like a big football player looking kid, <laughs> went on stage, took the mic from him, and blew cigar smoke in his face. Savage. And, Savage. Uh, and he didn't do a fucking thing about it. And I was watching, I was like, man, that's a problem. Like, you got to have security to stop that. Yeah. Like, you can't let Back that happen. Then? And this was during the prom shows, but that's how crazy prom shows were. Oh, we would do like five, six in a night, but it was really lucrative. Like if you oh, were really? like me and you were broke, yeah, yeah, you would get you would get good money and you would get like five sets a night. Yeah, stage time. And as long as kids kept showing up, they You're kept good. having shows. Yeah. So they wouldn't even tell you how many shows you had. They would just call them prom shows. And so I left when it was light out. Fuck. Light out. Night just yeah. I left Dangerfields in New York City and the light was coming up. Jesus Christ. And I was like, this is crazy. It was like fucking five in the morning. I was like, this is That's nuts. Cool. Yeah. God, old school, man. Yeah, that was with Otto. Otto, uh, he had some fucking great bits, man. And the the dummy would say the horrible shit. Like, <laughs> give me give me some so you can see it. Ninety-eight. Hello now. I need to lick some ass. All right. I need to lick some ass. I want to be an intern. All right. 
Suck my presidential cock. All right now. <laughs> He's doing Bill Clinton. Brush your teeth with my cock if you love your country. All right. <laughs> Drop my pants and lick some ass. All right. JFK got a lot of clues. All right. <laughs> All right. We're gonna do the uh, inaugur inauguration of John Kennedy. Am I inaugurate? Am I saying it right? Run, Boris, run, you motherfucker! Learn how to talk, jerk off. <laughs> He's not even hiding his mouth. Yeah, he's just talking. <laughs> I did a bunch of shows with Otto, and one of the shows I did was at also at Dangerfields. And some this this kid in the front row, he's like, "Man, I can see his lips moving." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not That's, hiding his lips. You're missing everything. <laughs> you pay attention to the dummy. It's just listen, disbelief. Yeah. But this kid was so dumb, and he was saying, "Go, man, I can see his <laughs> lips moving." <laughs> you're missing it, dumbass. Is this? Can I grab yeah, the ice? Yeah, it's water. Yeah, it's water. Yeah, it's water ice. yeah. Just grab it. Grab it and dump. I think it's like a one giant chunk. Unfortunately, Jesus just Christ. smash it on the table. There you go. Do you want some? Yeah, give me some of that. Thank you. Definitely COVID. Yeah, he was. I'm not scared. Yeah, me neither. He's not a. Uh, you know, he's not a guy that people talk about enough. Otto was brilliant. And he was, he was also the type, the type of comedy that he did was just so reckless. I mean, you don't see that at all. It's a dying form, man. But his was amazing. He had an amazing thing because the dummy would say the fucked up things. He would go, oh, that's crazy. How can you say that? Yeah, I wonder if there was a comic that could do it today and the dummy just says some outlandish yeah. shit. And then he'd be like, can they cancel you? But it's the fucking, I wrote it. It's the fucking, it's coming out of the dummy. Someone should have like blue hair and they should be like the progressive ultra liberal. And then they should have a dummy. That's their dad. Yeah. Who's like an Archie Bunker. Old school. Who says some really funny fucked up shit. Back that would be day. a brilliant act because you would be exonerated. Especially if you claim non-binary status before you started your career. Crush it. You would kill it. Crush it. Because you just get go up there. You, you're a member of that protected class. You got yeah. pink hair. Yeah. You go up there with like some fucking peace shirt on or something like that. And then you have a dummy. And the dummy just says horrible, horrible, horrible shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant, dude. Uh, someone's going to do that. God, I hope they do. Why not? Please do it. It's a dying art form, dude. Uh, the, the ventriloquist f art form is kind of a dying art you form. You know how much fucking money Jeff Dunham makes? I know I told you Forbes Top 10. When yeah. I was at Stand Up Live, it was probably four years ago, you know, ticket sales were good, and I'm walking to get uh, food, and it's the middle of the afternoon. I look over it because it's right across from the where the Suns play. It's packed. Yeah. Packed. I asked the manager, go, who the the, the Suns are? I know the Suns were playing. The middle of the day goes, oh, no, it's Jeff Dunham. He has a 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock and an 8 o'clock show. What? Excuse me? Is it 2 p.m.? It, like it was like 2, 5, and 8. Holy shit. I'm like, hold on, hold on. He sold out Suns Arena? Three times? Three times the same day. He goes, yeah, there's three more tomorrow. <gasps> he goes, all families and kids. Wow. That's like, crazy. My dad wouldn't come to my comedy. He'd go to Jeff Dunham. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, there's guys like that that it completely escape mainstream media, but they're just killing it, crushing it. That's yep. wild. Is that re are those real numbers? That's I'm, I'm insane. Telling you, dude. I, and I was like, who the fuck is over there? If that's true, he's probably the number one act in the country. He's up there. He has to be. He's, I if, mean, if he can sell out in Phoenix six shows in an arena, well, th those those comics that do that, right? Like, there's something like I've never like, heard of that. Like uh, Fluffy, right? Like right. Fluffy sold Dodger Stadium out twice now. Jesus Christ! Twice, I think he's for, he's for the Netflix thing. Twice. How many? How many people are in that? That's got to be like sixty thousand. I don't know. I know, I know they were telling him like not to do it. There's some weird story. I was talking to Enrique at the Laugh Factor about it. They were telling him like not to do it, 
because it was outside. And then he was like, well, let's see how it goes. And I guess it sold out in like fucking, you know, an hour. I'm like, right, you want to do another one? He's like, let's see how it goes. And that bitch sold out. <laughs> Fluffy's a beast, dude. Look at that. Gabriel Fluffy Iglesias adds second Dodger Stadium date after becoming first comedian to sell out historic venue. Holy fuck. Good for him. Do they have his uh, picture up at the Ice House? It'll be like 57 sold out shows in a row. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you holy fuck, dude. 56,000. Okay. Uh, a Glacier show is, will have a little over 45,000 people. So he sold 90,000 seats. Well, it says Dave Chappelle is doing four nights at the Hollywood Bowl, which has a capacity of 17.5. He sold out those dates. It put 70,000 butts in the seats. Wow. Look at this hater, but there are plenty of tickets left for <clears throat> Chappelle's show. Oh, stop. Fucking hater. Dude, how about- I Maybe got... they're just saying that because you could go out and get tickets. Nah, it sounds like some salty bitch. Well, but, they're uh, just comparing them against how good Gabriel's doing. Is the person who wrote that article Latino? Yep, it, he, might, it might just be proud. Might be that. Can't might be him. a big Gabriel fan. Can't Doesn't tell, tell you? But also, well, I mean, I, I can't tell by the name. What's the name? Tom Tapp. Ah, two P's. He's, it's a, two P's? No. No, nah, that's a white guy, for sure. <sighs> Probably a white guy. Yeah, big fluffy fan, though. Probably has a lot to say at the local barista spot. Yeah. With his fucking Americano. But also, but also, you're not throwing shade at Chappelle because Chappelle still sold more tickets. Well, it doesn't matter. It's them. like, it's still crazy, but it's both still- Both of them are fucking crushing it. I'm just happy for Gabriel. He's a great guy. Happy for both of them. Yeah. Dude, I, uh, you know, when I met with all these networks, they were talking about billboards. So mm -hmm. I called my team. I was like, hey, how much is a billboard? They told me. Here's the thing you don't know about billboards in LA. First of all, Netflix and like ABC owns all of them down Sunset and Hollywood Boulevard. All wow. of them. They own all of them, dude. So That's we're smart. So, yeah, I, I get it. So we're trying to get one, and we've been working on it for months, months. And then finally, something happened where one popped up off Hollywood <laughs> Boulevard. Popped up. How much is it? They tell me, like, I'll take it. And they're cool, but once you know it's off Hollywood Boulevard, and it's, it's during the Netflix um, big uh, festival, and it's right where Dave Chappelle's performing. But it, for some reason, it's open. Like, but, you, you know, we didn't know in the next hour. Like, hold on. It's Hollywood Boulevard and all those comedy fans come in, I'll fucking take it, dude. I'll take it right now. So we got fucking got this billboard. They just put it up, I think, last night. This fucking giant billboard off Hollywood Boulevard. I don't think it does anything as far as views because it's so fucking old school. It's more just a flex. Yeah, it's, it's a flex. When I went to meet with everybody, they told me billboards. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll do that. It's literally just a show, you know, and obviously I have some other resource because I have a team behind me. But I can, you know, shoot my own special, cut the sizzles, commercials, billboard, whatever these networks offer, I can do. Yeah, That's and you don't have to share it. No, and I That's can, the thing. It's I, like I how many I want. How many people are involved in a network production? Like if you're gonna do a Comedy Central special, how many people do you have to talk to? How many how many people at the network have to approve it? How much how much there's a lot going on there. I went down that and then also it's only on at, you know, Tuesday night at eight PM or whenever they decide to put it on. How many times after that do they have to air it? And is it gonna be on the streaming site? But and okay, what kind of traffic is your streaming site getting? Correct. It's one of those things like what the the beautiful thing about YouTube is that it has a built in massive, massive audience. And if something's good, people share it. And it's easy to share. Mm -hmm. it's the, they've got it down. They know how to do it. And you can you cut know? clips, and then people can share clips. And then also, when I met with them, I said, okay, th this is, you know, again, I did all myself. I didn't hire a publicist or anything like that. So I was like, just through my connections, these are the shows I'm going to go on. This how, is this how, this how many people will reach. Yeah. Like, so I'm just going to give that to you guys? I can do it. There's, there's no reason, you know? It's also, it, all it does is limit your reach for a specific amount of money. 
It's like they give you a specific amount of money to limit the reach of your show. That's really what they're doing. It used to be that like they were like if you got a Comedy Central special <clears throat> or if you got the ones that really uh, work now are Netflix, HBO, and maybe Showtime. Those those still really work because they do have apps that a lot of people use. But if you you wanted to look like what's the difference between what one of their apps what kind of traffic they get versus YouTube. Correct. It's not even close. It's crazy. YouTube's crazy. Also the and potential. And also, also, if you're going to do it for free and just release it, you could release it on Facebook. You could release it on YouTube. You could release it on Vimeo. Cut you, as many clips as you want. What is it? Rumble? Rumble? Put it on Rumble. You could put it on Roku, uh, Odyssey, Roku. There's a lot of things you could put it on. And that's... For you, ultimately, it's an advertisement. To Correct. To people to come see you to live. To say, come see me live. That's yeah. a, And that's the way, you know... I, you know, I came up different than you did where, you know, when you were coming up, especially, I even say Netflix now, it's a little different, but when you're coming up, you know, maybe eight guys got specials, you know, but now it's more of like an advertisement, just, you know, you're doubling down yourself. Come see me on the road. Yeah. If you like this, I'll be here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. And the the thing about stand-up specials as opposed to anything else is you don't need anybody else. Like, you need someone else if you want to film a show. Like if you have a, the idea for like some sort of a sitcom and you wrote it, you wrote in these characters, you're going to need people. You're going to need camera people, sound people, lighting people. You're going to need set people, set designers. You're going to need a lot of shit. Like then it makes sense to plug into an existing network. Correct. Because it's like, uh, okay, I'm we're in the creative side and you guys are in the facilitating side and the... You know, executive side. Let's uh, let's get together and have some fun. That makes sense. But with comedy, it's like, what exactly is are is your part? What are you doing? Yeah. You're deciding what I can and can't say. Yeah. That's all you're doing. Yeah. Like you're not. There's no real budget other than the set. And like, it, the set, you know, and the crew, which and the crew, my and the crew shot it, and but all that stuff. and the cameras were mine. But you it's know? Nothing, like we have all that. Nothing like a show. No, like not you, at all. The moving parts of a show. You're yeah, talking to what? And the set nuts. and insurance and, and all that shit. All the different cast members. They yeah. have to know their lines. That and makes they have sense. To rehearse. And there's yeah. writers and there's revisions. It's a different animal than stand up. So when they jump in in the stand up world, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's good for us because then you start dealing with other people's ideas of what you should and shouldn't say versus your idea. Like there's some stuff that I did in the past that I wouldn't do now on stage, the bits that I did that I wouldn't do anymore. But if you looked at the overall thing of it, what I could say is that I, it was all what I wanted to do. Yes. I tried it out and maybe I didn't like the reaction or maybe I didn't think about it the same way that I think about it now, Or, but it's all a process of learning and getting better at it. As soon as you interject other people into that process, like you're subject to their whims, and then people have egos. They're gonna be like, oh, I'm the one who told them to wear this, or yes. I'm the one who told them to not say that, and you know, let's do the special in black and white. And like, especially oh. right now, especially right now, especially when I was shopping, it, 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 it was a bit of a different time than it even is now. You know, I have some bits about vaccines and Newsom and Garcetti, and they're like, dude, we're cutting this. And I, in the meeting room, you know, again, I'm not I'm not where you're at, so I was like, well, I guess I could compromise on that. And then I would go back, and, you know, I just I just feel like, you know, I'm like, why am I doing this? What, you know, why the fuck would I cut that stuff? I love that stuff. Yeah. It works. People dig it. You're going to let this guy decide? And for what, man? And right. then I think, too, I saw, you know, like the way they vilified you and the media and stuff like that. And it's, it's just like, this is all fucking malarkey. Like, what? 
And you're gonna bow down to this dude for what? You want to be? Ex- there's wanna, different people. You want to be accepted by by who? Do who? The, what approval are you looking for? There's different people. There's regular people. The people that are around when they're having a drink at your house. When there's no cameras. When it's just you and another person. That's that's people when they're at their most normal. And then there's people when they're in corporate positions. And then there's people that are in these jobs where you have to abide by this rigid set of rules of how do you do things and, you know, behavior and what you dress like. And But also they don't want to be responsible for who, gr- who greenlit that? Who, yeah. who allowed them to do that? What are you guys doing? And they start getting backlash. <laughs> yeah. They're like, what the fuck are you doing, man? And then they take it down, right? And you sold it to them. But that, that world of not you know, not having control of your life. Like there's consequences to not having control of your life. There's consequences to being like an executive where you're working 16 hours a day, five, six days a week, and you never do anything else. You're obsessed. You're, yeah, I'm sure you have a nice car. I'm sure your house is amazing. You're I'm sure you're balling. I'm sure you're balling. Comes out of price though. But there's a, you're paying a fucking heavy price. And the difference between the price that an executive pays versus the price that a comic pays, it's quite different. You know, so when people say you work hard, like, sure, that's something you love to do. Yes. But uh, real working hard is doing something you fucking hate because you don't want your kids to be hungry. Correct. That's That's real working hard. I don't do any of that. No. Yeah, again, you're, you're the North Star, man, for a lot of comics. And I think even with me at, at the level and put on YouTube and getting the billboards and shooting the commercial and sizzle and all my team doing it, it shows you, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with it. Nothing I can do now, but it's like you don't need anybody, dude. You guys, if the material's good, yeah. it speaks for itself. Well, what people you do, will find we do it. need is friends, and that was that's one of the best things about this internet culture, as opposed to the culture that existed before. It was like, for comics at least, we would try to get on sitcoms. We would try to get a a spot on like a late night talk show was the key. If you get a late night, even if a small network yeah. offered you a late night talk show, it's big like, deal. Oh my god, it's yeah. a big deal. And there's only a certain amount of, amount yeah. of spots, so it was like dog eat dog, dude. That's exactly what yes. the problem was. And then when the internet opened up we all looked at it differently because we realized like, well, actually we benefit from being around each other, benefit from helping each other. And again, I think you established that culture in comedy, especially at a time where it wasn't really like highlighted. You know, you you look at like, with my special man, dude, Andrew Schultz and his team, I didn't ask him for anything, dude. I didn't say, hey, help me out, nothing. He hit me up, hey man, when you shooting your, I'm gonna come make sure it's ready to go. I know, what? That's he was, amazing. He was, I'm going to come out. Where are you taping at? And it was middle of pandemic. I got to run, you know, my hour. I'm running the hour, the half an hour, uh, half an hour, hour show. He goes, where are you taping at? I'm, he was shooting a movie with Eddie Murphy and for Netflix something. And I, he goes, I'm going to pull up to the late show. I mean, I'm going to sit there and watch it as a fan, dude, and let you know. I didn't ask him to do any of this, dude. Mm. He comes. Uh, after being on set all day, Schultz, he comes, watches it. We talk in the back. And then he goes, uh, uh, let me know, man, because you know I know the YouTube algorithm, the how it should look, stuff like that. And then has just been, here's here's my team, him and Akash. Here's my fucking team, dude. Any questions you have, use us. So my team connect with his team. Mm. And then he even you know, people know you always support me, but like even you and De Stefano and De Stefano's like send me send it to me, man. Like I'm gonna the edits here and just stuff that. You know, you guys have so much more experience. Like, what you guys say, I'm fucking sure as hell listening, you know? So, so it's like, you, and I, I really give you the credit. It's like, you create this culture where we help each other out. And in turn, I do the exact same with Chappelle and all these guys. And that, well, that's, that's, all a, you, that's a culture that comes from martial arts. I Agree. Mean, martial arts, you need trainers. 
You need training partners. You're only as good as your training partners. Yeah, you need coaches. You need training partners. Everybody works together. And you're always helping people with different things that you see because you also realize that it helps you. Like I, I always tell this uh, story about my friend Brent. When he went to um, – uh, when he first started pl- training at uh, 10th Planet, he was really good. You know, it was good. We, we always had fun battles. We always uh, rolled together hard. And then he started teaching. And the leap that he made within one year yeah. was crazy. Yeah. And I, I remember I, I had a conversation with him. I was like, how did you get so better so much so quick? Like, you're so much better. And he said, dude, it's all the teaching. Because I'm, I'm, I have these paths, like, solidified in my head. And instead of, like, guessing in the chaos, I know what's going on next. Slows it down. Yeah, slows it down. And I think that. That applies to comedy too. I think the helping of guys coming up helps everybody because the more you talk about stand up and the way you do it, the more it kind of affirms the value of it and like that there's a discipline to it and that you know there, there's other guys that are doing the same thing I'm doing, just doing it a different way. And you learn it inside out as you're helping, yeah, like helping coaching. You know, yeah. you, you can take stuff from that and apply it to your own shit. Yeah, like when you see a friend's bit and it's too wordy. Mm-hmm. too many words in it you're like ooh, too many words yeah like as you a person that is only seeing it once fresh eyes you have a way better perspective for the most part than the person that's actually saying it because the person that's saying it they've thought it through maybe I'll say it this way maybe I'll say it that way and then they say it and maybe when they're saying it they're a little confused like oh I gotta explain this better and they're so they're add a little extra words to it and it just makes it kind of clunky you could see that yes on the outside if yep. you're like a, a comic watching a comic you're like ah oh, this is all bullshit you got to get all that out what this is what you're trying to say you're trying to say this and go straight to that and that's that's something that even if i can't tell you how to do stand-up because uh, everybody's different, you know. You got your William Montgomerys, you got your David Lucas. Everybody's different, and then you got your Neil Brennan's, yes. and then you got you know you got your Sebastian. Everybody's yeah. got a different style, but there's one thing is like get to the fucking point. Yes, like the economy of words seems to be one of those core principles that you can kind of apply to almost everybody's act. When you got a lot of bunch of nonsensical shit that you could explain far quicker, you're taxing people's attention span. The only reason why they're listening is because they've entrusted in you that you're going to be funny yeah. or interesting. You know how to do this. Yeah, funny or interesting. And I, I think that's why it's cool to see Louis C.K. working it out because you could tell the bits that he's been doing that were monsters and, you know, it was a shit sandwich. Yeah. So it was great in the beginning, great at the end. In the middle, you could tell that was his new shit. It was cool to see him right. try and fit at his level. Won a Grammy. Yep. For best fucking comedy show 2021. while being canceled in the fucking middle of the storm. That's how good he is at stand-up. Yeah. Won a fucking Grammy, you know. Yeah. And not only that, I think he won a Grammy for the one that's not as good as the newer one. Agree. I think that one, Sincerely Louis C.K., is great. It's very funny. But then Sorry is even better. Even better. Even better. So it was cool to see. Even I hope he wins two years in a row. Me too. How about that? Probably well. After seeing his shit, it's cool to see at his level, this guy's been doing it forever, Yeah, to see him a little chunky, a little clunky in the middle, and then comes back and, you know, he says what's up, and he's cool, he's super polite, but then he's on his notepad, he's writing, writing mm-hmm. notes, writing notes, writing notes. Yeah. Then we see him at the Late Show, 
slowly tighten it up. I'm like, mm-hmm. there's no other way to do it, man. Yeah, that's everybody goes through the same. Whether you're a Joe Rogan, Lucy K, Kevin Hart, or an open micer, that's a, this is the process. Dude. I got a new bit. I'll tell you about it uh, after the show. But on Tuesday it killed, and on Wednesday it sucked. <laughs> Last night it's, did? It's just, I'll tell you about it later. I'll tell you about it later. I Dude, don't want to talk about it. I had to go out of the room. You know, I've seen you do stamp in a while, and the crowd was going fucking ape shit. You know, you, I like the bullshit because I haven't seen Tony and the guys in a while. So I was bullshit, and then I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I see Joe said. I go out there, and it's, that place was fucking. I text you last night. I'm like, Dude. Yeah, I'm going to. You're fucking I'm rocking. Get, I'm getting ready to film something. I'm trying to figure out when. But I feel like I gotta, I gotta let this baby out of my pussy. <laughs> I've been, been, <laughs> been holding on to this comedy baby for too long. You're at a different. For you too, it's like there's so many eyeballs on you, good or bad. There's so many. Eyeballs. So it's like, yeah, but I have freedom. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like it doesn't certain, matter. It's gonna it's go okay. great no matter what. I can show people how to live with eyeballs on you. Correct. There's no. You're, you're built for the job. Yeah, there's a reason you're built like that, dude. So it's you know it's you're gonna have so many eyeballs on it. And then, you know, the material is so fucking good, it just shoves it down their throat even more. Because if it was bad, all right, this yeah. is a nightmare. I'm, you know, I'm this leaning is a into it. It's fun. Yeah. It's like, and it's also like the enthusiasm of the people that are coming to see the shows is amazing. I just feel, I'm, I'm, I'm just super lucky. I'm very fortunate, you know, in a lot of ways, man. Very super, fortunate. Super happy. Yep. But you also work very hard, dude. Don't. You know, don't but take I work, that away from I don't it. work too hard. I work uh, hard enough. I got yeah. a balance and act that I'm doing. I'm trying to do the Miyamoto Musashi thing as applies to has applied to comedy and obsession. Like I give myself this one. I think if I was going to give uh, advice to anybody who's obsessed with comedy, I could use this advice. I have a problem. Have another thing that you're also obsessed with. Give give yourself one more thing that's a secondary thing. Like you got your A thing that's your career, but you should have a B thing. So if you bomb. And you're still good at the B thing. You could still, still like be you okay. know there's a process. Not gonna jump if off your the whole cliff. life, yeah, it's like one of the things that is a problem with fighters is that their whole life is fighting. So a loss is insanely devastating. Mm. And it's so I don't have to tell you this. Yeah. And in order to gain back your feeling of like like identity, you have to go fuck somebody else up. Because that's all you're known yeah. for. It's, you're only associated with that. And if your last time out was a loss, yeah. dude, when I say the valleys are low, mm. I've ate dick on a stage before, dude. It's just, you know, it happens to everybody. I've ate dick many of times at the comedy store or the improv or laugh factory. I've ate all the fucking cocks. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, it sucks. Yeah. But I can go across town and do another show and redeem myself or figure it out. Or go up the next night, but the the lows in fighting are so low, it's so devastating. I I I I don't know if there's anything. Maybe losing a Super Bowl, throwing an interception in the fourth quarter. I don't think won. so because there's other people involved yeah, I know. with you. They share in it. Dude, with you. it's the 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 peaks and the valleys are. It, it, there's no in between. It's like yeah. you win. It's dude. Oh my god. I remember I would like when I knocked out Chris Tushisher, he was 20 and one, Brock Lesnar's training partner. I knocked him out in whatever, a minute and seven seconds. I remember getting to the back and just getting on my hands and knees and crying, being so happy that I didn't get hurt and I got a win and mm. I was moving on to the next step, whatever that is, it was yeah. Gabriel Gonzaga. I was so relieved, man. And I was I was so relieved I didn't let my teammates down and my training partners and there's so so many moving pieces that go into it. It's just so much more than the fighter. And I was so relieved that, you know, I'm I'm gonna get my win bonus and be able to pay them more and they have families and kids. Like 
people don't think about all the stuff that's affected with that. Right. And then the valley is so low, man. I, I can't, you know, I get emotional talking about it. It's so fucking low, dude. So when those guys lose at that level, it's, uh, there's nothing like it, man. And I, you know, I, I do think that's helped me out so much in comedy and in stand up, you know, because it can get dark, you know, especially for a guy like me coming to comedy, looking the way I do, you know, being my size and being this weird oddball in this comedy world, which is filled with oddballs already. But I'm even but that's the thing is weirder. like that's what bothers me is like I am accustomed to being around savages. Right. I'm accustomed to being around guys like you and fighters and from all the years of working with the UFC and all my years of martial arts, it's normal to me. And thank God, man. Thank God, dude. I wouldn't have a career, bro. <laughs> thank God, dude. Thank God you were like, yeah, I know he looks fucking weird, dude. I know he doesn't look like us. But Give him a shot, man. He's funny. Give him a fucking shot. And you're a super nice guy, man. The thing is, like, there's some mean, shitty people out there. You're not one of them. No, you're a super nice guy. And so when people are mean to you, I'm like, man, there's people to be mean to. You yeah. want to make fun of them. Like, he makes fun of himself. Make fun of everybody. Trust me, he can't say anything yeah. that I don't make, think of make myself fun of everybody. That but, stuff doesn't bother me. But I bet, I bet the, here's the thing, Joe. If, if I'm, I was built for this. You, that doesn't yes, affect me, dude. I know. It's you, the same, come, you, coming from football the, and fighting, the darkness of losses and fighting, bro. Is, they don't understand. You, that. Oh, there's no lower. No, you, there's no lower. You, tweet, that's the thing. You, is like, you're gonna tweet at me? There's dude, so many I got fighters knocked that are out in Brazil, <laughs> <laughs> dude, bro. I think I was there for that one. Yeah, dude, hold was on. Was I there for that one? The yeah, I'm sure. Fight? Yeah, it was the first time the, the UFC yeah. in Brazil in fucking, I don't know how long. It was the co-main event against Nogueira. It's like fighting. What was the main event? Uh, Anderson Silva, Forrest Griffin. Dude, it's like fighting Michael Jordan. I don't know if I was there for that. It's like fighting Michael Jordan in Chicago. Everybody hated me. <sighs> My family flew out there. I got paid 16 and 16 to fight Nogueira, who I was supposed to starch, dude. And, you know, you're getting a lot of shit for that. So it's like. You were never supposed to starch Nogueira. I was a heavy favorite. Uh, yeah, but whoever's talking to you like that. Oh, no, I'm just, as far as the odd makers He go. wasn't that old then. I know. Yeah. That I know. Was, in Brazil, and I, dude, I at the time, I and I asked for I would have warned you heavily about that. I, I could have used like, that. Yeah, I wish I was there in your corner. But I would have said, patience. Yeah. I would have said, you yeah. can't rush in on this motherfucker. Yeah. And this I rocked him with an uppercut. He's got one wobbled. of the most durable guy that's ever existed. Could have, yeah, he could have told this me guy that. ran over by a truck when he was a kid. I know. That's why he has that big scar. Yeah. That guy that in the Bob Sapp yesterday. Pile, when Bob Sapp fucking pile drived him, dude. Broke his neck. Yeah, his neck was fucked. Yeah, he's, he's never been the same. Never been the same. Nice guy in the world. Well, the, here's a we we were talking about this on the BJ podcast. Was that before or after the Fedor fights? I don't think we ever resolved that. No, Garrett Bob Sapp. Yeah, that was before the Fedors. Was it before yes. the Fedor fights? Mm -hmm. That's too bad. That's too bad. <clears throat> because yeah. Bob Sapp was three seventy five with abs. I mean, he really was all natural. Yeah, a hundred percent from natural. Earth. It's completely stuff normal. from Earth, dude. He's <laughs> natural load is from Earth, dude. He fought the Hulk. Legit, draw fifty. It's from Earth. He was so big. He was the greatest uh, physical presence that the combat sports world has ever known. Didn't have it Bob Sapp in his prime. Didn't hey man, he Bubba. beat Ernesto, who's twice. Yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big deal, man. Even though, big deal. E even though you know, it was the Hulk versus Captain America. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It was. Yeah, but Captain Krokop America, I mean, flatlined him. Remember that? Krokop sure broke do. his broke his eyeball. Yeah. How about when I fought Krokop in the back? I was watching Krokop's old highlights. No. Yeah. 
Because I, I <laughs> watch those, dude. I'm savage. I needed that, to, and I wish I would have done that the same process for the Noguera fight. I was like, hey, he's old and watch. I'm a starch student in Brazil, but for Crow Cop. I was so amped up for that because I went into that fight watching all his old highlights because mm. I, I was expecting that version. So you'll see I'm super focused in that fight. Yeah. Ready to go, man. Yeah, ready and to go. And I had a fucking war on my hands. Yeah. Noguera, uh, you know, somewhere along the lines after knocking out Crow Cop, all the press and media and beyond covers of magazines, as a young kid, I, was, I got super cocky and I paid right. for it. But, but, but again, I wouldn't change anything. But when you're talking about the valleys of fighting and just life when you know you fought on a saturday and most people go home on a sunday i was so sure i was going to starch no in brazil i flew my family friends out and we stayed another seven days jesus so i'm there with a black guy concussed walking around fucking rio de janeiro with my family dude after oh getting knocked God. out Oh my god! On on pay per view, that I'm sure a lot of people the saw it too. In Brazil, well, yeah. all of Brazil saw all of Brazil. So you're walking through, dude. Oh, but they were they were so grateful. They they were so nice to me, man. And imagine if you were Chael Sonnen. <laughs> oh no, dude. But but again, or all, Connor. Oh my when god. Connor talks shit about Brazil. Oh my god. Oh my dude. god. But again, all that stuff. Or all Colby. that stuff. Oh my god. Who's talked more shit than Colby? We'll get there, dude. Roman Fabrizio over Doom hit it with a, a, a boomerang. <laughs> But dude, going through that shit, it's like I have this armor on me, man. Right. They got me ready for comedy. So, you know, I'm I'm like a fucking racehorse. I'm like this, Joe. Yeah. All this stuff. I don't see any of it. I post and ghost and I I, I, I tell my team like only let me know the positive stuff. Life is too good, man. Yeah. Things are great, man. I live in the real world too. It's like when you were going through all your shit, you know, you're on every fucking headline and all that stuff. I realized how much bullshit it is online. I, that, it, it really opened my eyes. And that's why I was like, oh, it, it helped me out, to be honest. Because I realized how much bullshit all that, that media is. And it's not real, dude. Because they need clicks. And they're getting clicks. Now that Trump's out, they need clicks off you. And I realized it's so much bullshit. And I would get calls from friends and family because they know we're close. We're like, dude, the, your buddy Joe, you believe this? I, Hold on. Did you read the article? Do you know the guy? Like close family, dude. I'm like, there's there's nobody in my life that has done more for me than Joe Rogan. And you're reading this fucking article? I'm telling you. And I go, do you trust me? They go, yeah. I'm fucking telling you, man. They couldn't be more off. But then when I would go, you know, every morning I'd go to the same coffee shop or I'd, you know, go get my foods and I would have interactions with people, that wasn't the same narrative. Nobody, the, the, people weren't like, dude, how about Joe? You know, he's this, this, this. No. They're like, dude, you believe this bullshit, man? Can you believe that well, the, was the, the majority of people, dude? The, 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 the benefit, real people. The benefit of having a podcast is the people that know you. They Correct. know you. Correct. They they don't know you like, like you can't hide. Uh, you know, you you're that's who you are with everything you say, everything you do. That's who you For are. For good, good or bad. The the thing that's different between podcasts. And anything where you're on a network is that someone else, even if you, you fuck up and say stupid shit like Whoopi Goldberg and they suspend you, but you're, you only get there if you get chosen, there's a way that you can do it where you have to like, there's commercials, you have to get everything in in seven minutes and then there's the next commercial and you're dealing with a lot of fucking filters. A lot of variables. Yeah. So if you get in trouble, they don't really know what you're like. 
Like, what is what is she like when the camera's off? Like, is that a professional way of talking? Correct. What is, what is that professional way of talking? Yeah. When someone's like, okay, so what we learned today in a poll is that 54% of Americans don't believe that Joe Biden is like, re really? Who are who talks like that? Yeah, what is this? What is that, right? Yeah. So that thing doesn't resonate with people. No. Because if you were in a room with her and it was just you and her and she was talking like that, that would be crazy. Like, why are you Insane. talking like this? This is... This is nuts, but it's accepted that you talk like that on television, on these shows. And then the thing becomes the only way to get any attention is to argue. So everybody's arguing. Especially and on that show. And they're talking over each other. Yeah, it's a nightmare. This, Nobody has good views. Yeah. That doesn't work with people. It doesn't feel right. Not the masses. Like, it might work with, you know, some of those dummies out there. But in general, like, you got to remember, like... I learned early on that social media is not real. You got to remember, I go on the road. I talk to real people. I see them. The meet and greets. I see these Social people. media represents a population of people that are expressing themselves in a limited format. Correct. It's a format that's only text, and you don't experience social cues. You say things that you might, you know, maybe you're a little drunk, or maybe you're angry, or maybe you feel sad, whatever. And you say things that are mean. And that's a feeling that you have in that moment. The problem is that then it's documented. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you don't even feel that way 20 minutes later. But you sure but as fuck might say that to Whoopi Goldberg's face. If you saw her on the street, you would be like, hey, Whoopi. Yeah, you'd be. Never. It, Humans it don't be act horrible. like that. It would be horrible if you did that. But people feel so comfortable with doing that online. So people feel comfortable with communicating online in a way they would never in person. I, don't, I just don't think that's good. The, the only time it's good is when... Maybe, maybe you have information, and like, like if you, especially if you living under some uh, horrible government, sure. and you have information that sure. needs to be distributed, and you need to be anonymous. All for it. But other than that, it's like I feel like we're we're all moving in a general direction of just trying to have uh, a better society and a better life. And, and it applies to everything we do. But the the movement would show, you know, you look at a lot of celebrities where, whether they're actors, comedians, a lot of them aren't engaged in social media anymore. They're going, eh, that's yeah, it's not, too risky. not good for me, man. But that's the difference between podcasts and people that, like, act, right? Like, of course you're going to engage in social media. Like, this is way more intimate than any social media will ever put out. Like having a conversation, just you and me hanging out. Like this is way more intimate than any social media that anybody For, can ever put it's out. It's also you and I are so basically the only way we catch up, dude. Yeah, sometimes. So sometimes you know we talk yeah. on the we phone. Hung, every we hung week. out last night. Yeah, I'm just saying, and we talk on the yeah. phone all the time. But I'm just saying, yeah. as far as three hours, right? Like when Theo did your show, I call him. You know, he's all nervous. And he goes, "Man, I I don't talk to my therapist for three hours, man." <laughs> he goes, "Shit, I've talked to my mom for three hours." <laughs> he's the funniest guy in the world. He's the best. The, the best. He's so he, funny. He's such, a, he's such an interesting dude because him and I are, and that's why the king this thing in the wing works, we're so opposite where I'm like, a, I'm like you. I'm like a shark. If I'm not moving, I go crazy, dude. I have to be right. working. Theo's the exact opposite. He's like a sloth where if you give him too much work, you're going to break him. So if, uh. so if I, hey, dude, we have three king of the stings this week. What the fuck? He, you know, he likes doing his work and then taking yeah. breaks, man. The well, guy goes on more vacations than anybody I know. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm in Hawaii, bro. But he's got a casual style of comedy. I think it's probably good for him. Like again, for him, yeah. again, back to your if you're gonna, you know, yeah. write about comics, if you wrote Theo's process, mm -hmm. it's, I don't know how many people are gonna be able to relate to it. But well, for Theo, yeah. for Theo, there's no, he, dude, 
hit, when him and Chris are going, dude, there's, I sit back, <laughs> go to work, boys. They're so fucking funny, man. Theo's, I have the best job in the world. Theo has one of the most unique senses of humor I've ever encountered. But if you could get his process down, and if someone could talk about him from the beginning, the open mic days, to really developing new material, to who he is now, if someone could break that down like that, that'd be very valuable just to see his process. But his actual, his execution, yeah, it's like good luck with that execution. Yeah, good luck. That's Theo Vaughn. Yes, like, the, there's one Theo Vaughn. There's one Theo Vaughn. The, and yeah. his way of thinking, he'll say stuff when we're on the phone, talking about like business decisions. <laughs> he'll say stuff where you're like, what? <laughs> man, he can't help I, himself. I just friend Toby, man. You're like, no, 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 no. I don't give a fuck about Toby. Let me tell you some story. He got bit by a frog. Man, he got bit by a frog. Man, he turned gay, man. He turned gay. So my thing is. Stay away from the frogs. Uh, Alex like, Jones says them frogs is gay. So <laughs> I'm talking about taxes right yeah, now. Theo. He's just—he's so fucking unique, man. He's the best. I remember the first time I saw him really kill at the comedy store. Like I'd seen him around, and maybe I hadn't seen like a full set, but I'd seen like a few jokes. But I've been friendly with him, you know. And then one day I was in the back of the room, and he was just murdering. He was so comfortable on stage. He was so relaxed. He, he was, was himself. Just killing. Yeah. He was himself. Because remember, people forget Theo came off uh, Road Rules. Mm. That's that's where people knew Theo from Road Rules doing MTV yeah. and all that shit. So he had that stigma on him, you know. Yes. So Theo came out of that shell, and I, maybe it was David Spade. I forget him and David are really close. And David was like, Theo took off once he started being himself on stage. Once. Because in person, he's the funniest fucking person, most unique person. He's a fucking alien with a mullet, dude, and a big ass. Like, he's so fucking funny. Yeah. But that wasn't correlating on stage. Well, it wasn't, then, it wasn't developed yet. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, you start off as a white belt. It's just what it is. You know, he just hadn't figured it out yet. <laughs> dude, Theo's, <laughs> he Theo's doing jujitsu. He fucking, is? Yeah, yeah. He'll do jujitsu. I think at Chandler's gym in Nashville. Shout out nice. to Chandler. And he'll call me and be like, man. This he just can't help. It. He's just so funny. He's like, man, this fucking big bitch, fucking <laughs> Sherry, man, fucking tweaked my arm, dude. I don't know if I'm going back. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going I'll back. Go, he go, I don't know if I'm going back, man. I'm gonna rest on a few days, think about it. And you're just like, but he's dead serious. <laughs> Some woman arm barred him. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, women who are really good, they love fucking dudes up. Oh, they, oh it's my their god, favorite, man. Oh my god, they love fucking dudes up, dude. But yeah, fucking, he can't help it, man. And they'll be like, I'm a fucking two-stripe white belt, man. Give him this hard scarf. And he'll go, fucking hard scarf. <laughs> He's so fucking funny. He's a perfect example of like how you. there's no blueprint to follow for comedy. It's not possible. No. Everybody's different, man. Especially that guy. You can't. There's no way. But, you know, I get a lot of advice from Theo, too, because remember, he had that stigma on him. They came from the real world, and he wasn't a comic, and, mm -hmm. you know, he's this hack. And so same thing, come from the UFC. It, it, it takes a while, man. It's it a takes a while, process. but it's like, the thing is, it's like, if you're coming straight from the UFC or straight from a reality show, you're an open micer with too much attention. Correct. And you really are an open micer. You're 100%. starting. If you're the, the boldest motherfucker that ever lived is Charlie Murphy. Because Charlie Murphy was doing headline sets like right after he got into comedy. Also with you. Well, he did those. Like a few like, years later, though, two, but that still. That was a couple years in. Still. But still. Beastie. Bold. Very bold. Do you think about having a fucking Showtime special when you're two years in, dude? Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah, very it's, bold. It's big balls, dude. At least Charlie didn't film his shit. Yeah. True. <laughs> But he, uh, some say I have bigger balls. Yeah. He had this, you know, opportunity, and there's only one way to do it. You got to learn on the job. 
See, there's, there's no other way to do it. There's no other way. You, you, got, you got to learn on stage, man. You need a lot of dick. But the problem is you can't do that in a large crowd. You don't learn in a large crowd. No. Large crowds are not intimate. They're not forgiving. Like, uh, did you see that T.I. thing in Brooklyn? Uh, which which part? T.I. I mean, did stand up and he was bombing. You know, he's he's bombed a bunch. I've only seen him bomb once. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's like, th- I was you, looking at the crowd. It was too many people. I'm like, bro. For and, and you know, and he'll say, and I, you know, who am I to tell anybody not to do stand up? I don't give a fuck, dude. I'm not right. going to judge Good that for you. guy. Look at me. Yeah, you know, I don't judge anybody. I hate right. nobody. I don't give a fuck. Right. Do whatever you want to do, dude. But with him, I you know, David Lucas knows him, and uh, David did a roast with him, lit him the fuck up. So him and David attacks. <laughs> I said, I said, you know, I'd go a long way for him. And I said, and this comes from a guy like me, and I'm not Ti. And Ti goes, I'm not, I'm not a comedian. I'm a superstar. Ditch that. What you should do, and I, I even told Emily this at the store. You got to humble yourself. I told Emily, I said, I know I'm headlining, selling out shows. I go, I'll, I'll, I'll work the fucking potluck, Emily. I'll, I'll come there. I'll work the door. I don't give a fuck what it takes for you to give me stage time at OR. I don't give a fuck, man. I'll I'll do I'll do the trash whatever you want man whatever it takes you let me know let me know I'll do it I'll I'll fucking scrub the floors for f- five minutes in the fucking OR p- at potluck I don't care you got to humble yourself if 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 you're coming into it with already a built-in kind of fan base and for him it's like obviously he's a massive star has some hits right back in the day had some hits but then he's coming in and. Not only is he coming in like the Laugh Factor and Comedy Store, which is a whole other issue, but he's coming in there and he's bumping guys and running the light. So I think for him, he doesn't have anybody in his crew that knows comedy. If someone would come and go, hey, dude, and it, it, it's fine you're playing here. Don't run the light, dude. So he just shows up and goes on stage? Mm-hmm. And they let him on stage. And then he'll do like 30 <laughs> minutes. But again, do uh-huh. you, man. It takes a lot of balls to do it. All the respect to you. But don't run the light because here's the thing. When you run the light... That other comic, you're taking away from his time, or the crowd gets tired, well, or you ate shit. If he's bumping the show, he's probably just doing whatever he wants anyway. You know, that's what I'm saying. So it's like someone, you know, his obviously his security guards and all of them don't know how comedy works. So someone, yeah. I, I told David, just let him know, like these are the inside baseball rules right. where we're not going to hate him as much. Just let him know the rules. So, and then if he knows the rules and still does it, then he's just an asshole. But right. if you know, but if I don't think he knows the rules. And that's an issue. Well, he probably don't doesn't think the rules apply because he's a famous oh, person. Oh, they do, Bubba. Yeah. Trust me, they do. Well, if you want to do it right, they should. If you want to learn, you know, jujitsu, you got to start as a white belt. Don't think because you're famous, all of a sudden you're going to be a purple belt. No, you, you know? do you're white gonna, belt in the gi. You're going to be able to like step into like sparring class yeah. and do well. No, you're not going to do well. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. it's not that much different than going on stage and trying to do jokes when you, you're kind of just starting out. Agree. Like you have to treat it like, despite your success and another discipline, you have to treat it like you're a beginner because you are. And the only way the other people that are doing it are going to respect you is if you do treat it like you're a beginner and put the work in. That's how you get the respect from your peers. Yeah, you know you got to put the work in, man. Because when Mm -hmm. they see you just going up, you know, in these big shows, they're like, "Get the fuck out of here, man." Yeah. Well, doesn't Blake Griffin do stand up? And isn't he good? Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say he does, st- you know, barely talks about it. Yeah. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. He'll, he'll do the roast stuff like that, but he's not like, doing he's sets around funny. Tan- he's funny, dude. We, we were, me and you were with him at the improv when he's getting ready to do the roast. He'll do the roast. He's a funny guy. 
He also has whatever six hundred million dollars in the bank and all these properties. So you know, I don't think he's running right. sets at the ha ha. You right. know what I'm saying? Like he's right. just doing his thing. But the point is, he's low key about it. Yeah, you know? he's not bumping people. Right. He'll take what he can get. He's a humble yeah. guy. If you, I mean, you don't have to. But there's so many clubs. All you have to do is like make a phone call and like set up your own show. You want to run an hour or whatever you want to do. Like set up your own show. It's not hard. There's a lot of clubs. Ton of clubs. There's so and many they, clubs. And they and they want the, the they, they want butts and seats, man. And that's really the best way to do it. Anyway, <clears throat> the best way to do it anyway is like have all the time in the world. You know, you, you have some subjects you want to cover. You, you you if these people are willing to go along with you in this process of you learning how to do stand up, you could do that. They'll all come to see you. Correct. Do it that way. And they'll watch you grow and mature. Yeah, do yep. it that way. Yep. But those giant shows. Giant shows that they're not there for you. Like, I think he was doing like a fucking rap concert and got up there. It's no. like, bro. Is that what it was? It was some bullshit. I don't know what it was. I thought it was a big comedy show. I don't know. I know he did one that was very suspect. I'm like, dude, th again, <laughs> the team around him is like, hey, man, these aren't good parameters for stand-up comedy. Yeah, but could you imagine telling fucking a, like an artist? Fucking baby was on before you, man. Oh, you that what it was, really? I don't know. It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine telling those artists what they can and can't do. I mean, they're successful in a crazy business, you know. In comedy, I can. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Comedy. Like, hold yeah. on, hold on. You know, let put it, whatever comedy. You know, Bill Burr's on at ten, motherfucker. Right. And it's nine forty. Right. You better be off by fucking ten. Right. Because he gets you bump him, dude. What yeah. are you doing? Well, that's the thing that guys used to do back in the day. I know. It was who could bump who. You know, guys, Such a flex. guys would enjoy bumping people, you know, and they would they would show up and uh, try to go on right before some like someone had a girl with them. Like, you're going to see me, baby. I got my name's on the marquee. And they would like bump right in front of them, go in front of them and do like, long sets. I probably got bumped at the comedy store in the belly room. Uh, they wouldn't tell me who. And then me and <laughs> me. I mean, this is years ago. Me and Jim Gaffigan were uh, DMing each other back and forth. I love Jim. He's the nice guy ever. And then I'm like, they're like, hey, do you mind? Uh, we know you're supposed to go on at 10. Can you do 10.30 now? I'm like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Whatever you want. Literally, we'll do whatever they want at the comedy store. I have no business being there. And then I'm standing there just watching. I, this, I feel a large presence over my shoulder here. Hello, Instagram friend. And I turn around. It's fucking Jim Gaffigan. I go, oh, I got bumped for you. He goes, yeah. <laughs> He goes up and crushes. <laughs> He's so funny. He's very funny. That's hilarious. Hello, Instagram Hello, friend. Hello, Instagram friend. <laughs> That's very I go, you funny. You bump me, Jimmy? Yeah. I go, well, I mean, yeah, do whatever the fuck you want, man. Yeah. He, yeah. Well, he deserves a, a certain position in comedy. But all, yeah. all those people that, like, that bump and don't deserve it, they, they haven't earned that. And It's like, it's a tricky thing among comics. I never did it. I, I'm not a bumper. I would just call in. Nor should you be. Yeah, you shouldn't be. You, a but, 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 but even at the highest Schedules. level, you would, yeah. like you're talking about now how you've never done it. Kevin Hart doesn't really bump. Kevin Hart doesn't do it. But yeah. even at the highest level, Dave Chappelle, my first time ever headlining at the Comedy Store, I couldn't I couldn't figure out why they asked me to headline at the Belly Room. I'm like, really? I'm only two years. In, what? And Emily goes, Yeah, you know, if you want to do Belly Room Wednesday night, 8 p.m. I'm like, Yeah, say less. Fuck yeah, I'll do it. So I'm all excited to get down there. I'm like, I, the whole time, I'm like, I wonder why they're asking me to do it. There's so many comics. Well, it was game, at the time, it was game six of the World Series and the, of the Dodgers. So there's nobody around, dude. And so I'm back there, and there's like, I don't know, fucking seven tickets sold. I felt like I was such a loser. And I'm in the back, and Dave Chappelle walks in. 
And uh, Dave walks in and goes, hey, man, you, you mind if I go on? And I was like, what? He goes, you mind if I go on? I go, whatever you want to do, man. And he was getting ready for some special at the time. And, uh, so seven people? I would, uh, uh, no shit, Joe, not even exactly. Maybe, f- let's say 14. It's the game six of the World Series and the Dodgers are in it. Nobody's around. Dave goes up there. And I go, whatever you want to do, man. Uh, do you mind if I go first, though? And he goes, what, whatever, man, whatever. So I go up, you know, do my thing, and then he goes up. He does an hour and, I don't know, hour and a half for these 14 people. And wow, annihilated. Like it was Mass Square Garden. <laughs> annihilated. <laughs> Yeah, I, 14 people 14 people that's amazing and then comes back and i was a you know i talked to him i don't know probably fucking 45 minutes just me and him you know the, but what bummed me out and you know it's not his fault but he wanted to talk about fighting oh mm-hmm. yeah he, well, he probably wanted to relate to you yeah and i you know i wanted to talk to him about comedy so right. it's triggering for both right like, <laughs> <laughs> it's because he he's probably like dude i don't want to talk about it. all anybody talks about is comedy i'd like to right. talk about fighting all i want to talk about is comedy he wants to talk about fighting so we have this back and forth and he was vaping he goes my doctor said these uh he smoked cigarettes he goes my right. doctor said these are actually better for you I go, they're not he goes how do you know I go, fucking google it dude they're not he was really i know he fucking threw in the trash yeah. really yeah he was great though, man. He was so nice to, again, nice to me, man. He's a great guy. He goes guy. so long, dude. Dave's a sweetheart of a guy. He's just uh he's a real artist, you know. He's like he listens to the same Nina Simone song. He listened to the same Nina Simone song like six, seven times in a row once before uh, we did a show at Stubbs in Austin. He just kept playing it on YouTube. And so he had like the, the video of Nina Simone singing it and he would play it just over the Bluetooth speaker sometimes. Yeah. He just like this one song he be, became obsessed with. And yeah. it was uh, having these shows with him. It's like seeing what he is. He's an artist. You know, he's a, this is his his canvas. His canvas is talking shit. One of the know? best to ever do it, man. And for me, there's like these 100%. milestones. Like that, you know, 14 people, I'm bummed the fuck out, and then Chappelle rolls in. You know, it's like... You know, you're going to fucking masters and, you know, stand up watching from this guy and you're watching. He's giving you tips and stuff mm-hmm. like that, even though I had to give him some fight information. You know, I, to, <laughs> I think at the time I had to break down Connor versus fucking Eddie Alvarez or some shit. Dude, like I got to pee so bad. Let's, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I outlasted I drank, you on the piss game? I drank too much game? water this morning. We're this gonna, is a first, brother. First. Yeah. Come back. We'll be right back. And we're back. <sighs> That's a first, dude. Yeah. I tap out every now and then. The thing is, man, if, uh, if I work out or if I get in a sauna in particular, I, I tend to overdrink after the sauna. It's a real problem. Really? Oh, yeah. like water. So yeah. Yeah. Not only alcohol. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can. No, but uh, after the sauna, you know, you, you fucking sweat your ass off for 25 minutes and you want to drink as much water as possible. But yes, then it, it's like hour and a half after that. Since I got into stand up, dude, I just drink these days. Yeah. Yeah. I only love drinking. It. But you look thin. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Just keep Keep your body optimized. Oh, dude, I'm at, I'm at everything working. Dude, best shape I've been in I don't know how long. Like, even if you if you watch the special, which uh, dropped today, uh, uh, hashtag the Gringo Poppy on YouTube, Thick Boy YouTube. The Gringo Poppy. The Gringo Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> I just light my Latin family up for 30 minutes. Oh, boy. Yeah. My girl saw it, though. She's fine with it. But uh, if you watch that special, I was not on uh, Carnivore. Oh. And I'm the definition of thick. And I like, I, you know, I hate this part. You know this. You, you're the same. You you know you got to go through the edits and cut this, yeah. and I'm like, fuck, dude, yeah. how did I not go on a diet for this fucking sh- special? 
what was I thinking? You don't see yourself the way other people see you. Yeah, and then I see, I'm like, oh my God. But then it's like, all right, well, at least I was thick. My brand's thick, boy. So <laughs> I keep getting skinny. I'm <laughs> fucked, dude. There's a fine line. Right. But I, I do those. But also, what got me into carnivore was talking to you, doing it, and how great you felt. I'm like, really? And I, you know, I'm always down for something. I've done every, you name it, I've done it. Vegan, keto, right. your boy's done it. But I started doing those tough mutters. And I was like, I need to lose some, if I'm going to run, you know, a 15K marathon with all this shit, I need to lose some weight. So I started doing carnivore, I dropped a bunch of weight, and I figured once I get done with the tough mutter, I'll just eat all the carbs and, you know, fuck the diet. I felt so good, I got done with the the tough mutter and was like, I'm just going to keep going. Mm. Let's see how long I can go. And then, you know, here we are. And then I've done two tough mutters since then. They call them thick mutters now. People sign up, do the thick mutters with me. It's me and all these fucking thickies. Some people, dude, some people get there. I'm like, really? Really? You think you're going to do this? And they do. Really? Mitch Rohn did the last one with me. Did he really? Dude. So I flew, <laughs> I flew in for the fight companion. And he goes, you're doing a tough mutter tomorrow? I go, yeah, man. It's the thick mutter. If you want to sign up, let me know. I go, you know, I'm leaving at nine if you want to ride. He goes, fuck yeah, I'll do it. This be fun. I go, right, right. Uh, you know, it's 15K, though, dude. So it's like right around nine miles. He goes, oh, it, but it's like obstacles and shit. I'm like, yeah, it's like mud. You get electrocuted. You got to climb shit. Like, it's pretty tough, man. He goes, no, I'll do it with you. I go, yeah, sure. Um, have you been running, though? He goes, oh, fuck, dude. I haven't ran like eight years. Go, <laughs> right, right. Um, it's going to be tough, dude. He goes, no, nah, it'd be fun. I go, yeah, it'd be fun. We start going. <laughs> dude, shout out to Mitchell for even trying it. But 30 minutes? And then I turn around, I'm like, where the fuck's Matt? And some of the guys running with me at the Thick Mudder are like, oh, he, he, he told me to tell you that he'll see you at the, at the finish line. And he's like, dude, I just can't. My legs were giving out. You can't do a, yeah. a fucking nine-mile tough mudder if you don't Zero work out 100, at all. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. They're so fun, man. Yeah? Oh, they're fun. Now, when you do that, how long does it take to do nine miles? Uh, with the courses and everything. Dude, the electrocution sucks. <laughs> I know Tough Mudder likes it, you know, but I fucking hate it. Why man. do they like it? I, I don't know. I it, I guess it's good for, like, Instagram, social media, but I fucking, uh, Tough Mudder, I can't explain this enough. I hate it, dude. And when do you get electrocuted? Uh, there's different parts. So there's one part where, you know, you're running and then you stop for the fucking obstacle course. And then it's a, just a, a, a fucking dugout hole of mud, water. Mm. And then hanging up above you is, like tentacles like wires if you touch them you get electrocuted so you gotta be smart and navigate your way through it what let me see this that's it those are electrocuted yes they hurt so bad oh my god that dude just dove through yeah that dude is me oh look at you i and can't I, even tell dude, your face you're dude, also covered in mud i can't even recognize you that's hilarious bro <laughs> bro. bro i blew up <laughs> both hamstrings Oh no! Did yeah, you yeah. really? Yeah, I ran. That Chappelle did. It. Chappelle, my brother, did it, and they finished in five hours, which is dead wow. last. But they finished. Is the point? They finished five hours. So now, because people want to run them with me, I think the next one's in July or August. Bro, in Chicago. that that we we just saw. Show that again. What we just saw of going up that ramp. Oh, we got to jump. Yeah. That is fucking Gnarly. dangerous. Oh, some dude blew his kneecap, shattered his kneecap doing that. Yeah. It's so fun, though, dude. I'm telling you, it's more about, it's not like, you know, you don't have to be fucking, I tell people this all the time, you don't have to be Lance Armstrong and do this. It's more about, like, doing it together. It's a team thing. It's not about, 
why don't you, you guys know. just fuck? Just get together. All and the fuck. guys, I'd be down right? for that. In I mean, the mud. Doesn't that seem like what's happening here? Let, let's kill each other and get eaten by vultures. <laughs> <laughs> this is like an, the ultimate bro bonding. Oh, dude, that's tear gas. This one's tear gas. You got to go through it, hold your breath and eyes, and rush through with How tear long gas. before women uh, infiltrate your organization and start entering into these games? Oh, they're in. Uh, women have girls? done it. How many girls? Uh, Maybe five, but there's wow. one girl. Some of the girls are badasses, that's dude. That's amazing. Yeah. This stuff I, I crush. The, where you got to climb and stuff, you know, right. I have good grip. But right. the, oh, Jesus. the electrical shit, that's Mark Harley. He ate shit on that. Yeah, I saw that's that. freezing cold water. It's so fun, though, dude. So who organizes this? Who puts it together? The first one I did... Um, like just who, who builds the fucking holes? And Tough Mudder. Tough Mudder does it all. So they, they, they do them you, all over the all over the world, dude. So you had a conversation with them and said, "I'd like to do one." No, not at all. I just I've always wanted to do it since I, my goal is to do an Ironman. That's all, all this starts. With, I want to do an Ironman. Yeah, yeah. That's Talk my goal. to Felder. Yeah, I know. You see what he's doing? Yeah, he's a monster. That motherfucker. He's like changed his body. Yep, I love him. So I, I just signed up for one, and then I uh, asked my crew who wants to do it. And, you know, Mark Harley and some other guys want to do it. And then I'm there, and I'm taking pictures with everybody. Like, I'm trying to get this, the finish line. I'm, I'm just bombarding pictures, which is a good thing. And then somebody um, from the Tough Mudder is like, hey, who are you? And I'm like, I, you know, I do stand-up, and I used to fight, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, cool. And then I was like, uh, hey, I'm going to do another one. Because after I got done, I'm like, this is one of my best things I've ever done. I was like, uh, it'd be cool to have, like, my fans run with me. I'll announce on the show, and we'll call it The Thick Mudder. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And then now we're just doing thick mutters. So when it's a thick mutter, it's only your fans that enter? Yeah. So how many people are allowed to enter? Uh, it's unlimited, but last time 500 people ran with me. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Crazy. But the different heats. That's a heats. lot of people. And then there's a 15K and 5K. So who won it? There's no winning. It's, who it's, got it the fastest? There's some pros there. I don't know. There's some pros that... So you just do it. We just do it. It's such a good time. So dude. it's like a participation trophy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> just finishing is the win. Just getting finished and <clears throat> being electrocuted is the win. Wow. Yeah, it's so much fun, dude. God damn. I fucking love them, man. And they do them all... There's, they do them in Austin, San Antonio, Chicago, fucking all over, dude. Wow. There's 24-hour ones. 24-hour. That's not for me. So you can run them like all throughout the night. Yeah, it's called the world's toughest mutter. Look at this shit. Twenty-four hour obstacle course. World's toughest mutter. Jesus Christ. Twenty-four hours. How many people lose use of their legs at the end of this? I'd say all of them. <laughs> I feel like Cam Haynes would dominate this. <clears throat> but my goal well, is to do eventually an Ironman. That's why there's there's so many levels to this thing. Oh my like, god. They're 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 talking. You know, they do uh, the Moab two forty. That's two hundred thirty-eight miles. That's like. One of the longest ones. I'm too they're, big for that. They're trying to think of doing a 500 mile one. Yeah, this is just too much. I'm not into that. This is a good time after three hours. Even if you go slow, three hours, good time. Three you know, hours is a long fucking time. It's a man. long time, dude. It's a long time. To I, I'll tell you cardio. where I fucked up. This is where I fucked up. I did it in Lake Elsinore, which is like right outside Temecula. So I did it there, and then that night I was gonna do pop up shows uh, and surprise the fans for Chris D'Elia's show in the Laugh Factory San Diego. So I do that tough mutter and I was like, I'll be fine. I do that tough, and I'm exhausted, dude. I get, <laughs> I get, I drive to L.A. and I'm bare, my brother goes, you want me to drive? Like, no, I'm good. I'm falling asleep at the wheel. Finally, I wake up. I have all this caffeine. I get to the shows and Chris goes, you look like shit. He goes, you sure you're good? I'm like, I'm good, dude. I'm good, <laughs> dude. There's, you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't you're do exhausted. a tough mutter and do. Thank God, I only did whatever twenty minutes. 
If it was like two two hour shows and oh meet and greets, your boy had been fucked. Yeah, you only have so much energy in your body. You know, what I think about all the time when I do meet and greets is when you used to, <laughs> when you used to do meet and greets with everybody. Yeah. After your like Chicago giant theater. theaters, yeah. and just sit there for hours meeting people. Yep. I think about it all the time. Whenever you know, I'll do what we'll cap it at two hundred meet and greets. And I go through two hundred. I get another show. It, and I, I'm feeling sorry for myself. I'm like, oh my god, what am I? Because it's a lot of energy. It's good, but it's a lot of energy. Every time, like fucking Joe used to do this for free and just fucking hours after the show, dude. Yep, gangster. Yeah, it just got too weird after a while. It got, it got, <clears throat> it reached like a, a threshold of uh, fame that was like unmanageable. So you can't just meet everybody. Can you imagine doing it now? No, that's, the, that's the problem. Yeah, no, there's and no, there was no, a point no. where I knew I had to stop doing it. And when, when did you know? Like, what, know. what was it? Just the, the engagement with the fans? It was too much. It got a little too frantic, a little too crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, we weren't doing it with security. We are just using the local security at the, the, the venue. And, and they're dicey. Oftentimes, they weren't paying attention at all. Dude, I had a, I had a set in Kentucky, and these two guys in the front row, head, head to toe thick boy gear. Thick boy bike club hat, the fucking thick boy shirt, the pant, head Would, to toe. Wouldn't stop talking. No, I'm, they're in the fucking, they paid VIP. They're in the front row, dude. Right. And I have this uh, uh, gay bit about being locked down with dudes, how much better it'd be if I was locked down with my friends and we fucked each other. Right. And I start doing a gay bit in the <laughs> middle of Kentucky. Dude, these boys were not having it. And he goes, now stop with the gay shit, man. I'm like, whoa, 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 dude, dude. And he keeps chirping, and we go, hold up, dude. So I have to stop at this point. Now they both stand up. Like they're gonna this fight. is before Will Smith got sla you know, slapped Chris Rock. This is way before. This, this is fucking eight months ago. And uh, David Lucas is there, and my brother. And But there's no security, dude. Right. So in my head, I'm like, what the fuck am I? And they're just talking shit to me, and I'm lighting them up, making fun of them. And they have your clothes on. Dude, when I say clothes, I'm talking full I'm gear, full B shop fans, like thick boys, but they were skinny, so it didn't make sense. They must have done drugs in the car, or whatever. So uh, they're walking out, and the crowd's booing them. And as they're walking, they're, they want them out. They're clapping. And I go real quick, fellas. You know how I know you're gay? They're like what? They turn around, and I fucking light them up. I'm like, who's who's sucking whose dick when you get back to your Dodge Neon back there? And for whatever reason, that triggered him, and he starts walking the stage. And I went, dude. I'm telling you, Bubba, you don't want to step on the stage. I'm telling you, there's nobody up here. I will fuck you up, dude. I'm telling you, dude, come up here, see what happens. Whatever drug he's on, you know, he's like, all right, leaves. <laughs> I get done with the show, I'm, I'm so pissed. I get, I'm like, where the, f I get to the back of my crew, my brother, who's my road manager, and David, I'm like, where the fuck were you guys? And they're like, we had no idea. I, I go, where's security? I go to the manager, where the fuck security? What are we going to do? And the lady goes, sweetheart, I'm security. I've been here 30 years. Oh, my God. I go, You're security? She goes, yeah. I went, oh, fuck, dude. She goes, I'm sorry, baby. I thought you handled it up there. I go, what if you would have gone on stage? She goes, hopefully you can handle yourself. I'm like, that's the security? Hopefully you can handle yeah. yourself. That's but that was just Kentucky. Usually they're on it. But you know I get all the time? Almost at every club drives me nuts. Man, we don't have to work tonight. You got this. We, the boy, the security uh, can relax. I'm security like, guys, like, relax. Yeah, I'm like, what? No, work harder, yeah, no, stupid. No, dude. But that that kind of situation is dangerous. If you got some guy who's like walking towards the stage, like you really never know why he's that confident to do that. Like, what's going on with him? These boys were on meth or something, man. They were, they were mad because they thought that you were homophobic. They just hated us talking about gays. Yeah, hated. But you, were, it was 
see, that's the thing. It's I like, was highlighting it, right? But making fun of it in that way, like I, I wish I could like just be hanging out with my friends, and then <laughs> you know, like it's but like the, the bit is they yeah. they get in on it because I go, <laughs> I go, I go, man, if they lock us back, down, you know how much more fun it'd be if we were with the bros? You know how much more fun <laughs> lockdown would be with the bros? <laughs> and then I go, and this is where I fucked up. I go, fellas, think about it, and they're all in on the joke. I think about it, dude, we'd like work out, right? Oh like, yeah. Like we play video games all yeah. I'm like, and at night we'd fuck each other. And dude, that was just when they're like, What the fuck? I was like, um, whoa, whoa, so, dude, but it's a joke. Are they mad because they don't like gay people? That might be what it is. Well, I think it's Or is it because they're gay and they want to pretend they don't like people there you that go. are gay? And that's what I and then when I said I go, Oh, you know how I know you're gay? Because that offended you. That triggered right. you. I go, look at the rest of the crowd. Everybody's having a good time. Right. Except for you two gays. <laughs> Bro, I fucked up when I said that. These boys are not having it. <laughs> These Kentucky fucking bluegrass boys were not having it. Well, I hope they fucked each other extra hard that night. Me too. Really hope they fucking brought it home, man. Brought that it Dodge home Neon for shop. In, in the thick boy gear. The, the fact they bought all your stuff too. And they that were was mad. so weird, dude. I had one girl in Atlanta just fucking popping off and I lit her up, dude. And I could feel the crowd turn. You know, we, you can feel it, dude. We're right. lion tamers. I could yeah. feel the crowd. And she would, she had, uh, <laughs> she had, she was, it was in Atlanta. So it was yeah. like an urban crowd. And there was a white girl by herself. And the, she, you know, she got drunk and she had a really bad dye job. And, uh -huh. uh, and, and, you know, the, the one thing, you know, the hecklers say, you know, I'll stop talking when you tell a funny joke. I'm like, all right, sweetie. And I go, I'll tell you what, I'll tell a funny joke when you fix your roots. You know, just whatever. And she, her root hair's all fucked up because you can tell it fucking hurt her internally. And then the, she would say something, the crowd start chanting, roots, roots, roots. And I could feel them like they were going to fucking pick this girl apart. So I go, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. I can feel it. And right. I go, hold on. I go, are you done? Have you had, I can do this all day, sweetie. I promise you. I can do this all fucking night. I have a mic. This isn't going to end well for you. I go, are we good? Can we shake on it? Are you going to shut up? And she goes, yes. I go, everyone be nice to her. We're good. Shake hands. She's good for the rest of the show. Buy six hoodies, dude. Fucking. She bought six bought hoodies? Bought six hoodies. She's probably a fan. So, yeah, it's so weird. Because they don't know what to do. It's like uh, if a girl, like, knows a guy, but she doesn't know him, like, she knows of him, and he's yeah. right there, like, maybe she'll say something insulting to get his attention. <sighs> and that's what she was doing. Yeah, it's a terrible it's like, idea, dude. They, they think they're living in a movie. It's like, you know, I do a show with Theo Vaughn and Chris where all we do is make fun of each other. Yeah, but they think they're living in a movie. Yeah, it's like, what do you think I'm going to do to you? You have a flat ass living in Atlanta. Oh, boy. What do you think is going to happen here? You know, it's like, this is a bad idea. Can a, a flat ass be truly cured? Yeah, especially it, now. But how much of it is genetics? Oh, all genetics, right? Like, the, I mean, there's some white girls who do like deadlifts and shit to build it up, but in general, it's genetics. But like, I would like to see where, what's the greatest anyone's gotten? To from starting from flat. I bet there's just some dumpers out there. Right, but not fake. I'm no, not I'm talking real fake, shit. Me neither. Like real build up, like deadlift squats, you know, really build up your buns. I know, can, can you build up your buns? Because kind of like guys with calves, right? Like if you look at uh, like uh, the Olympia, like the knock on like. Look like a John Jones. Jones. Yeah, you have those tiny little calves. Yeah, it's just his well, just, genetics. You can't, there's not shit you can do. If your calves are small, there's nothing. Is that the same with asses? I don't know. Can you build up your arms, your chest? You for sure can make it better, but like, how much time does it take to go from having a flat butt to having an extraordinary badonkadonk? I mean, if she's eating like fucking sweet potatoes and just putting the work, the deep squats, lunges, deadlift. That's one thing about Instagram that it's really showed people is how many women are out there just dedicated to having a hot ass. 
God bless them. God bless them. But also a lot of, in the real work. Yeah, the real work. Really son. setting a standard that a lot of those hoes don't like. <laughs> they get mad when you follow one of these fucking super dedicated fitness gals with ridiculous legs and ass, and you're like, "What the hell?" She's putting work, work, son. work. Or you know, somebody that might be Anavar or whatever. You know, a lot of those chicks are doing Anavar. And there's also filters. There's mm. there's some account this girl purposely shows like she'll take a picture of her ass with like with a certain pose and filter uh-huh. and then show the real one uh-huh. and you're like jesus christ man it's all smoke and mirrors there is some smoke and mirrors but there's, there's some angles. real asses oh there's some there's some real asses dumpers dude yeah real athletic asses that this is uh if you wanted to look at it like a graph if they had like a like if they were showing a chart of like when the increase in insane asses came I think a lot of it coincides with social media. Social media and the Kardashians. The Karda- Kim Kardashian. For sure. Because like back in the day, asses weren't a big... Like Jennifer when I was Lopez was first. Of course, uh, you know, Baby Sh- Got Back. Shakira. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. not like a fat ass. Like Kim made it like, you know, change the game where asses were cool. Like she used to get shit, she says, in high school for having a big dumper. Right. Now it's pretty cool. Well, it's like there's that kind, but then there's the kind of the athlete kind. The yeah, athlete kind different of different. That's a different kind of ass. On guys that's, and gals. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> 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 why those Kentucky guys want to fight me, you know? Yeah, but with girls it's crazy too because then they wear these shoes that accentuates it, right? So they're standing on their tippy toes walking around with their butt poking out. With very little clothes on. Like the difference between what women are allowed to wear versus what men are, all, are allowed to wear is really extraordinary. Oh, extraordinary. It's funny. Can you imagine if I wore like the cutoff jean shorts like Meg the Stallion wore? Like Baroni wore back in the day? Yes! <laughs> Shout out to Baroni. Shout out to Phil Baroni. Classic. One of the fun, most fun times I ever had doing commentary was doing commentary with, with Phil Baroni. Legend. We had a good time. Like if I walked in here with those Phil Baroni, Meg the Stallion cutoff jean shorts. You can't wear shorts, those. Well, imagine if. Imagine if I went on stage last night at the Vulcan with those fucking cut-off jeans shorts. Maybe that's your move. That's my thing. That's my gimmick. Maybe that's your move. Just go all the way. <laughs> Just Just wear like Timberlands <laughs> with no socks. <laughs> and fucking cut-off jean shorts. Just a bad bitch on stage. And a, and a white t-shirt on, tank top. <laughs> yeah, that's your move. Just a bad bitch. That's bi- your move. The bad bitch tour yeah. 2022. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Dude, I would get booed off the fucking stage. Maybe. Guys can't do it, But dude. what if you had strong jokes? Can oh, they better be hit good. Hit them out of the box with fucking banger after banger. Dude, it'd be so distracting. But isn't it possible? It's, you, you, if you had the material, like yeah. Mark Norman could do. He's such a good joke yeah. writer. i go up there with fucking- Imagine if they use you as a project. <laughs> they say, they say, this, is, this is our idea, Brendan. We love you. We think you're really good, but you're, you're missing something. <laughs> and we think it's a gimmick. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to put you in a couple of... We're going to put you in Daisy Dukes. <laughs> Timberlands. I, I quit. I fucking quit, man. Timberlands, I, no socks. We're going to put... No socks. Tank top. And uh, maybe like wooden beads around your wrist. We're going to call it the bad bitch tour. Yeah, Are you cool bad for that, man? Tour. No, a bunch of old school like scarves. Remember when dudes used to wear scarves around their wrists? Yeah, you mean Johnny Depp mm. or Chris Angel? Yeah, there you go. Magicians and actors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, when we were in Atlanta, we went to this mall, and they, <laughs> David's from there, so he's like, hey, man, be, be careful of that mall. 
I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, like they have shootings all the time, dude. It's the best mall. They have like fire kicks. I'm a sneakerhead. He's like, but dude, I'm telling you, it's dangerous there. We looked it up, and there's all these shootings every week. But we go, <laughs> but we, you know, whatever it takes to get the sneakers. So me and the squad, the Thick Boy Squad, go there, and uh, I'm there's like gangsters in there. There's metal detectors everywhere. There's fucking what kind of fucking mall is this, bro? Lit. I wish I could remember the name. This mall was nutsos. The security dude. Everybody has fucking AR-15s, like nuts. What, dude? At a mall? At a mall. I go up to the the guy. He was a fan, and he, he was like, "Oh, what's up, B Shop? What you doing here, man? I go, what's up, man? I go, Why do you guys have AR-15s?" He goes, "Oh, dude, last week they were cutting throats in the bathroom." I go, "What?" He goes, "They're cutting throats in the bathroom." I go. The fuck is oh dude every week there's something popping here. It usually happens right outside Nordstrom, so don't go out Nordstrom. It's like holy fuck. So they have a you neighborhood. The they Fives? have a neighborhood in the mall that's the bad neighborhood. Yeah, Nordstrom's is the bad neighborhood in the mall. The mall is. Don't go by Nordstrom's. They're cutting the throat. They're cutting throats in the bathroom. Your boy still in the bathroom. Jesus. Dude. Yeah. But so I couldn't, there was like, it's, it's tough out there. It's different than LA. Like, I, you know, I look different. I'm a bigger dude. I'm not fucking Shaquille O'Neal, but I look different. I'm wearing what I'm wearing now. I'm walking through with some dope sneakers. And these like gangsters out there are staring at me. And I'm like, oh man, we gotta get the fuck out of here. These guys are eyeballing me. And my buddy, uh, Justin Elliott, who's from Atlanta, he's been there a ton of times. He goes, no, no, dude, this is the gay area. They don't want to fight you. They want to Fuck you. There's a gay area of the mall? Yeah. Well, no. That mall attract like a lot of gay uh, Does the dudes. mall have a gay neighborhood as well as a bad neighborhood? Probably. Dude, it's the Wild West out there, man. Really? Yeah. Dirty South, dude. Is that crazy? This mall is nuts. So they thought you were down to well, fuck. Uh, well, that's my thing. I'm like, I'm like, dude, these guys keep- they, Look like, at him with his fashion sense. Dude, they were- His manicured beard. Yeah, I was like, dude, these guys keep looking at me. They want to fight. He goes, no, no, no. They want to fuck you. I'm yeah. Like, oh, well. Okay. <laughs> well, that's better. It's safer. Better than killing me, yeah. Safer. Yeah. 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 Everybody had an ass out there. Atlanta don't fuck around, man. Atlanta's a fun place. Yeah, so much fun. It's um, it's one of those cities that uh, had one of the best comedy clubs ever in the punchline. That's where I performed. The, well, the old one is gone. It doesn't exist anymore. I haven't been to the new one. Oh, man. No, that, that, that club now, it's next to a cafe. It's, it's old as fuck, dude. Super. The Punchline Atlanta? Yeah. It's well, been, this one's been there forever. It's next to the, it's a, literally next to a diner. Mm. Small club. Like When you say been there forever, what does that mean? How many years? Fuck, dude. This place is old. But the old one I thought went under. I don't know, dude. But this is the same Punchline that Jeff Foxworthy lives, I don't know, 20 minutes away from. Mm. So he'll go there. It's, it's basically his comedy store. Mm. He'll go there and just do sets. Ron Wyatt will do sets there. Mm. Yeah, they had all these pictures of Jeff Foxworthy and Ron White on the wall in the green room. I worked at the other one. I worked at the Punchline for a while. That's Landmark it. Landmark Diner yep. Punchline that's Comedy. It. Interesting. Yeah, that's it, man. Small little stage right next to a diner that's open 24-7. Okay. Well, this is definitely different. Is that different, Yeah, Joe? it's definitely different. When, well, I mean, you've been doing fucking theaters for how long? How, um, how, how long ago did you go? I want to say the early 2000s. Weird. Check how long it's been open, Jamie. I'm telling you, Jeff Foxworthy goes, just pops up, runs his shit. Mm. He's right there. Yeah. It's, it's such a cool club, man. 
know what I'm awesome. saying? It's like small, intimate. Mm-hmm. And you go to the diner afterwards. It's so much fun. That mm-hmm. mall, you better have your head on a swivel. You're going to get your throat cut or your dick sucked. You got to be careful. Whoa. Yeah, dude. Or both. Especially the way I dress. Yeah. You be careful out you gotta there. You got to be careful of the order. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't know. Here's the other thing. There's a steakhouse called the Alley Steakhouse. One of the best, you know, I got to eat carnivore, so I look for steakhouses. Right. We go there. Chappelle Lacey, which is frowned upon in my world, will wear sweats wherever. Sweats and fucking vans. a nice restaurant. Yeah. We go to get in, and the guy goes, "Uh uh-uh, not happening. What do you mean? He goes, didn't you read the dress code out front? What the fuck are you talking about? The guy goes, you guys can't eat here. And, you know, Chappelle's a black guy. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? He goes, you can't eat here, man. Look at the fucking dress code. He goes, it's right up front before he walked in. I go, he goes, I'll show you. He comes out. I'm looking at it, it says, like, no baggy clothes, no backwards hat, no fucking jerseys. And I go, dude, why don't you say no black people? And the guy's like, don't be like that, man. We can't have that shit in here. We don't have that riffraff in here. I'm like, dude, we just want a fucking steak, dude. And one of the security guards goes, no, I know him. He's good, man. So they let, let us eat in the bar. But he goes, I'm telling you, if you guys want to come here, how long are you here? I go, three days, man. He goes, yeah, he can't wear sweats, man. All right, dude, when we're sweats, I'm heated. She feels like, dude, it's cool, man. But then it's right across the street from that mall where they're slitting throats. So then I was like, oh, they don't want that going on here. It's not a racist thing because the owner was black. They don't want that shit coming over here. That's what he was doing. Mm. Super strict. The sweatpants thing's a weird thing, though, right? Because, like, girls can basically wear vagina curtains and dudes can't wear sweatpants. Like, what is it? You don't like the kind of cloth? What if I wear MC Hammer pants? Does that count as sweatpants? Remember those? <sighs> Can't touch this. Do, 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 Here's my manager. Remember Cavaricis? Dude, here's my manager was in the UFC. Mm. MC Hammer. How was that? He was cool. Had some power. Is Dana, he still Dana doing that? Him. I don't think so. He, 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 made, he invested in uh, Uber and Facebook like when it wow. jumped. He's stupid rich. That's nice. Yeah, he's a great guy. That's a good story because the story was always that MC Hammer spent all his rap money. So I talked to him about that. Yeah. He goes, there's a difference. There's MC Hammer bankrupt, and then there's normal bankrupt. He's like, I, dude, I wasn't broke. He's like, I was rich as shit. Right. But there are certain businesses, like Donald Trump, like, remember when he's running for president? I think oh, Donald, Donald Trump, Trump made, uh, he got ba- was bankrupt more than Finally found this. Okay. Moved uh, in 2015, I think. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's in Buckhead. That's where that mall is okay. at, dude. Type in uh, Buckhead Mall, and you're gonna see, it's going to pop up. It's that- notoriously known for... Mm. Gangster shit. Mm, that sounds like I probably won't be visiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't go there. Yeah, don't go there. I'm such yeah, a sneaker The old head. place was awesome, though. The old the old punchline was the shit. I think, like, something happened, like the land got sold or some shit. Oh, there's, dude, that, that's the thing about doing stand-up. Like, I'm all over, dude. I get to experience mm-hmm. such cool shit, man. That's why I'm excited about opening the club. It's because I used to tell comics all the time, hey, man, you got to be nice to the club owners. I go, don't think they're the enemy. You need them. You need them. You don't want to do that job. You don't want to be a no. club owner. Fuck no. It's they a, don't want to be comics. Restaurant business. Some of them actually did want to be comics. That's where it gets dicey. That gets dicey. If they put themselves but on most your show. of them are comedy fans, and they they realize a way to work with comics. They go work with each other. I go, you know, a lot of times like a bad relationship back or forth could be both people's problems, and it could be mitigated by either person's effort. You know, and then now opening a club of my own i'm like wow I'm like i never thought i would ever even want to do that but when i got here i was like well that seems like the right thing to do it seems like the thing to do is to like uh, establish a real home base is it is it more of a take on than you thought no no 
No. You good? Yeah, because the the real problem is always um, talented people, which we have. Oh, you get and that. And the other problem is, uh, I mean, also talented people to run the club and 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 design the club. But then the other problem is financial. So it's it's like it seems like I had to do it. It's a rare opportunity to be able to do something like that. As someone who loves comedy as much as I do, agree. Why wouldn't I do that? So I just, it was one of the rare moments in my life where I felt like the decision was made for me by the circumstances and just by, by fate, just by uh, legacy, just laying it down. That the decision was made for me. Before yeah, it was I, easy for you. It was easy. It wasn't like I debated it. I never thought maybe I shouldn't open a club out here. It was like I'm a hundred percent can open up. A Seems club natural. Here. Yeah, and it's like, what else would you want to do? Do you want to? It's the same thing we're we're talking about, you know, the whole thing about whether you would do your special on uh, a network, and be subject to their ability to distribute, their their whims as far as like what your material is yeah. or anything else. Well, that's kind of the same thing with a comedy club. I mean, if you could run your own comedy club and do it optimally, and then. It, you you would realize like I don't need anybody else to do this, but plus you've been you came up in comedy clubs, so you yeah. have the experience. You know what works, what doesn't. So there could yeah. be a better person. And when to I do it. But when I say I don't need anybody, I don't mean like the workers. You definitely need those. I mean like another business person. Correct. I don't need a like a partner. Like we could just like get together with all the other people that you need to run a club, like great bar managers and great managers and all talent coordinators, and just. Figure it out. Let's figure it out together. Yeah, and your staff, you know, who I know very well, like you've you've surrounded yourself with guys who they don't miss, man. They know what yeah. exactly what the fuck they're doing. They know what they're doing, and they know that I know what I'm doing, and that I'm committed to this. Correct. And then we're gonna have some fun. Correct. And it's a rare it's a rare opportunity to be able to Agreed. build something completely from scratch. What nuts? Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, I think it'd be you know, I love Austin. I have nothing against Austin. You know, you'd be successful if you opened this up in fucking Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah, but I like it here. Yeah, I'm just saying, I like it here too. Yeah, I like it here too. I I feel I felt compelled to come here. Yeah, I think as weird as that sounds. No, I get it. I get it 100. percent I I think when I was thinking about moving out here, I just. it's just not my time. It didn't feel like you know you felt compelled. For me, I knew I had more work to do in L.A. Like you know, you've been in L.A. thirty years. How long? Yeah, you know in L.A. is great, man. There's nothing wrong with staying. There's nothing wrong with being in fucking Detroit. Just do the work, put in the work. Just for me and for guys like Tony and Dylan and and Segura, we were like, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. I mean, and Dylan moved back, but yeah. Well, Tim's here. He's got a house here. Tim, yeah. Tim, Tim Dillon has a beautiful house that he just finished, and for sure, Tim has a house outside. here, New he's York, just, and LA. He, but he's crushing. He's, it. he's got so, several houses out here. For sure, he's crushing it. He, well, he's smart. He actually used to sell houses for a living. Yeah. Like, he knows the, yeah. like, there's a real investment opportunity out here. But he's here out, out out here all the time. But the point is, it's like when we have a club out here and we have a legitimate home base, and we can attract people to come and hang and make it like a fun place and. Make it something that everybody looks forward to, and you actually like look forward to showing everyone your new shit when you come into town, and and have it that kind of environment that it's that good. Oh, it's gonna be great, man. Yeah. But but also again to these L.A. comics who are like, oh Austin or Austin is oh L.A. Dude, the more the merrier, man. It's the more the merrier. Like, yeah. This can be a hub. Are you kidding me? There's yeah. another place we can go. Next who place is Hawaii. Fuck? Next place we start a comedy community in Hawaii. Hundred percent, dude. <laughs> Hundred percent. There's the blue oyster out there, in the, if, if, or you can do the arena. But yeah, Hawaii'd be fucking lit. 
You'd have to do it in, in Honolulu because Honolulu has a million people. Yeah, but you could pull it off in Honolulu. You could pull it off there. That's some, if somebody great. went really gangster, like if BJ Penn was a stand-up comic. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and what it did open up his own club in Honolulu. Joe he, Coy crushes it, it out there. There's certain oh, comics where they Joe just Coy crushes crush it, it at a lot of places. Everywhere, man. Joe Coy, Joe Coy is crushing it at a lot of places. Yeah, it's he, a good time for comedy. If you turn, if it, if you just look at the amount of guys that are crushing it right now, it's a really good time. It's a good time, but it's also never been more competitive. When you think about it, like when you're coming up, like th if you're on the road, let's say you're in, you know, where, where was I? I? Was in Phoenix. Well, fucking also in Phoenix was another comic. Like there's there's a lot of competition, man. Or the week before was Chris Stefano. You can think about it that way, but there's no way you're ever going to tap into the sheer numbers of people that are out there available and looking for entertainment on a regular night in a city. Agree. If you look at a regular city. You know, like this is a small city. Austin has a million people, and there's only a million people outside of Austin in the general area. That's that's two million people, and you can see different people every night of the week in this town. You could see Gary Clark Jr. if he's in town. You could see Suzanne Santo. You could see all these artists, Ellis Bullard. There's all these like really cool musicians. There's comedy shows all over the place. There's plenty of people. There's plenty of people. A regular comedy club only seats like a big one's 500 people. There's fucking thousands of people. They're all looking for shit to do. It's not hard to have two, three shows run at the same time. Agree. You just got to have good stuff. Got to have good so stuff. So when you say it's competition, it kind of is. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, though, Joe. No. I think that's a positive thing. It's, uh, there's a, it's a creative environment, and it's always had it with music here. You know, Austin has for always sure. been like an amazing music. amazing yeah. place for live music and still is. So but now I think comedy slots right into that and it makes sense. And it makes sense that we're detached from the hub of Hollywood now. Like we don't have to be a part of that. Like what 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 comics are learning from promoting things on the internet, whether it's Schultz when he did his special online or all these Norman did, Shane Gillis released his on YouTube. All these guys doing them just releasing them online. They're realizing like you don't have to do it the way that everybody else used to do it, where you're thinking about, like, you know, oh, I don't want to say this because then I won't get a show. Or, oh, I want to build up until the point that I can sell my sitcom. Like, that's all gone, guys. It's gone. And the smart guys, like, we have a close friend, I won't say who it is, who... Say it. Nope. He, no, I won't do that to him. It's his story to tell. Okay. I mean, I wish I could. Don't get me wrong. Well, people are going to guess. Yeah, that's fine. But he, he got offered a Marvel movie. And he's like, dude... And when he told me, I'm like, you turned out a Marvel movie? He's like, do you know what shit I talk? Oh, yeah. He goes, and I get that's, on there? That's my homie. Yeah, yeah, it's our homie. Yeah, he can't, uh, he can't be doing a Marvel no. movie. <laughs> 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 He's smart. But, I mean, the, the beautiful thing is he doesn't have to either. He can turn down stuff, you know? Bro. It's, and it's important, to, yes. it's important to turn down stuff. It's important to know like what you actually want to do and how much time you actually have in a day. But then there is some guy, you know, like you look at Burt Kreischer, which I went to his house last week to do his pod. Dude, you know, usually because I, I, I text him, not even a flex. I'm not even trying to brag here. I go, hey, man, because where he used to live was dicey. I mean, yeah. hey, hey, man, I'm coming from the studio. I'm in my Ferrari. You know, can I pull into your driveway because you closed the gate? You know, they're right. used. And he goes, oh, dude. You're good. I got a new house. I'm like, all right, dude. You sure? He goes, I promise you're good. I'm like, all right. Let's not blow up his house. Dude, no, I, I'm not I, going to. I have to piss again. What? I drank so much water. Dude, this is a milestone for me. <sighs> I always brag how I have to take pisses during the show. I can't lie. I just, I have to hold, I'm holding it in. I'm like, I can barely concentrate this on this This is story. a mental win for, this is piss you, warfare. Yeah, dude. I'm, yes! I'm tapping twice in a three yes! minute round. I got to piss. I'll be right back.
And we're back. Yes. <sighs> Do a couple piss breaks for you. It's good. It feels good. It, it's, it gets to that point where I'm like, there's no concentrating Painful. anymore. I'm just, all I'm doing is squeezing my dick muscles. Just so, Which is rare yeah. for you. Because when, when we're doing yeah. the Calabas fighting pain, and I have to pee, I'll go, I'll, right away I go, I'm not Joe Rogan. I gotta take a yeah. piss. I'm not a fucking weird fucking hairless fuck camel. I gotta take a piss. <laughs> it's most of the time I plan it correctly. But the the problem for me is sauna and then rehydration. Is that, that and that's yeah. what you did this yeah, morning? That's my thing. You did the sauna? It's uh d- basically daily routine. I did a little uh hotel workout, man. I, you know, I get when you drop a special yeah, the anxiety really bad. Right. Uh, as I'm getting older, I have anxiety. I know because you just poured more alcohol into a half full glass. No, but the the <laughs> ice, you know, the ice, I'm with the flavor, dude. I'm all about flavor, bro. The flavor. The flavor, bro. That's the flavor. Damn, we're about to finish that bottle, son. Yeah. Finished two bottles last night. You guys thought it was gonna be bullshit. And then everyone starts drinking. I'm like, no, I didn't think, think it was going to be bullshit. I hoped it wasn't going to be bullshit. But it's I the was worst when your friend is instantly bullshit. surprised. Yeah, and and happy that it was good. It's it's a very good whiskey. It's an interesting whiskey. Like I would definitely buy that. Yeah, yeah. And for me, what's big? You know, you can get in Texas. You can get that Specs. That's the big thing. Specs out here. You can what get it at Specs. Oh, Specs is like the local liquor, liquor store. store. Mm. So we're in Specs in Texas. But then ju- we just got online. With uh, Bourbon Outfitters, just took us online. So now people- Is it called Bourbon Outfitters? Bourbon, uh, bourbon Outfitters. Yeah, shout out to Bourbon Outfitters. <laughs> that seems like a robbery. Yeah, isn't it great? Does yeah, they like took it. your boy on. <laughs> shout out to Bourbon Outfitters. That's that's like, that's so weird. Isn't it weird? Yeah, it's but- It's like if you open up like a fucking <laughs> shoe store called Bleevi's. Yeah, there's Urban Outfitters, right? Yeah. But this is Bourbon Outfitters. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you can get it at thickboy.com, and then you just click on the link for the Tiger Whiskey. Yeah. There it is. But why for, Tiger? Why'd you come up with Tiger? My son's name's Tiger. Oh, yeah. I see. and Thick's my brand, right? It's mm. for him, man. I like the eyes. Yeah. There's something about tigers too. Add Tiger to anything, it's cool. Yeah. Even Tiger Mom, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I didn't think uh, Tiger was gonna make a comeback, you know? And tiger then now, Woods? yeah, now he's, he's fucking back popular, you know? So like, oh, you did it after Tiger Woods? I'm like, no, I don't fucking care about golf. I just want something different. I don't. There's too many Marys, Daves, and fucking Bobs in this world, man. I want well, to put some pressure on them. Yeah, but that's a good name to name. If you, if it's someone's going to be connected to something like that, that's a good name. Tiger, yeah, Tiger Woods. Yeah, I love bad Tiger. Motherfucker. Yeah, super bad. I can't believe you haven't had him on what here. What does his leg look like? He's back. He's wrapped in something. He's fish. I saw a video right before we started. Jamie's balls deep in this. Yeah, Jamie no, he, was chomping at the bit for this. Jamie has uh, bested his personal record on the speed of his drive. Ball speed. Ball speed. Ball speed. Big deal, dude. One eighty. Hey, is that really good? What's that like? It's not bad. It's not bad. It, it, what's Tiger Woods like? Three hundred something. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's five thousand. <laughs> I think that I don't think uh, at the moment Tiger could probably he probably would he would say like it would hurt him to try to even to hit that hard crank it up. Yeah. Have you have you seen his son who swings just like him? It's fucking crazy. He said it would hurt him to shoot to one eighty to swing that hard because it's about swinging hard. He oh, cool. like, swing hard. Though. Yeah. Is that because of his his leg? Yeah. His back. His back. Yeah. He had a really bad back problem before his leg got fucked up yep. so he st- and he still has the back problem so he can't t- t- like all the torques gonna fuck his back up i can't say this enough for people you know there's a lot of people that develop bad backs and develop back problems there are a lot of exercises to strengthen your back and if you don't have a back problem right now i urge you to take care of your back i urge you if you have access to uh, a reverse hyper machine 
Use it. If you have access to a hyperextension machine, you, great. use that. Even deadlift helps you yeah, with your back. But, so there's his leg. It's oh, still I see. wrapped up, so I, he probably, I'm sure it's got scars. And, and do we know why he crashed? Was he on some medication? He just passed out and crashed on the fucking side of the road? I don't think there's an official explanation. Yeah, I don't think they said. Or he, yeah. The oh. word, you know, if you have bad backs... People are always suspicious that you're taking something for your bad back. Well, he's been no right. He got busted right. before on yeah. you know, name a drug. If you, and yeah, there was a, that one time that he got pulled over and he was blitzkrieged. Yeah, they yeah. they say that with him where it went kind of south is he got uh, became best friends with Jordan and Charles Barkley, mm -hmm. and then they were just like, dude, this is what we do. And they like, take pills. I, I I guess just as far as the women, what are you shit saying? Goes, oh. You know, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, the women thing. Yeah, he got all yeah. crazy about it. Well, that doesn't lead to pills always, but pain does. Back sure. pain, back pain is that I think you know if, if something's squirrely with driving, and you know there was that one time that he did get pulled over. It was uh, there was a video of it, right? But uh, yeah, there's a video of it, and he's blitz in Florida. There's video of him before the injury of like or pictures. I should send video. Where he but just falls to his ground. Like his pain. back was hurt so bad, like he he would take a swing and he would just drop to the ground. Wow. I mean, you would still continue, and that's like the way he's playing now. People are like, you should go you get a cart so you can be out there and play. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. But, Jamie, well. did you did you hear this? So, you know, he's always trying to show how tough he was to his dad. His dad was in the military. Did you hear about him training with Navy SEALs? Like straight up Navy SEALs and like doing all the shit they did and it fucked his knees and back up? Have you heard about this? Well, it certainly could. Yeah. If, if you're he's not doing prepared, like proper training. If you're not prepared and you don't have the uh, musculature to protect your spine and you start doing wild shit like log lifts and stuff, and you could definitely hurt yourself bad. You can herniate a disc bad. Knock on wood. I'm fortunate, man. I don't have any. You're fit. You're yeah. fit and you're strong. I mean, yeah. there's, there's a thing that, you know, like you also have a big background in not just football, but then in wrestling, jujitsu, and MMA, all these things are requiring you to move your body and keep it strong. And then, I, I mean, I've seen the workouts and shit you're doing online. For you sure. keep everything strong. The problem with people when it comes to backs is they don't treat the back like it's a specific thing that needs to be, like, exercised through needs a range attention. of motion. Yeah. Yep. You have to, like, you... Like when I feel good, one of the things that I love to do is I like to I like to smoke a little weed and then stretch. Okay. Because when I when I'm when I'm a little high and I stretch, it's like Go I feel extra. where everything's tense. Yeah. And I feel it. I more feel relaxed. Like, well, it's I don't know, man. I just I feel like I have more Jeffrey. communication with my tissue. From like the I weed. feel like yeah, I feel like I can relax and stretch out more. It's like when I'm high and I do yoga, it's like the greatest yoga workouts I'd ever have. Yeah, it does sound fantastic. I did uh during the pandemic there's nothing to do. I was touring still and I've had every fucking variant you can imagine. But um I I got really into deadlifting, like heavy lifting, like with Bradley, Bradley with Martin. Brad at Zoo Culture, Bradley Martin, then my boy Mark Harley was training me in Chappelle. And I was like, yeah, let's see how fucking big I can get, dude. There's nothing else to do. Mm -hmm. We're locked the fuck down. It's the only gym open. So I just started getting fucking meathead with it. I did 425 on the bench. I did 225 32 times. And then I was like, let's see how much I can deadlift. Like, that was always my thing in college. At least. And uh, we did 550, which is pretty easy. Now I go, put 600 on. Let's go 600. Dude, I did 600. And, you know, Luke Thomas is like a, a deadlift a, a aficionado. And even when I posted, he's like, bro, be careful, man. And everyone watching was like, I mean, you did that. No grip, no no ties, no chalk, just fucking gorilla style. 
That's just me why fucking around. telling you to be careful that you don't fuck up your back? Yeah, there's no need to do it. So I did 600. That's not 600. That's bullshit. Right. But uh, I did 600. I could feel my back just every fiber go. Tighten up. Bro. I After I did it, you know, I did it for the gram, whatever, 600, all good. Man. I'm telling you, I, I was in my GT2, which is a fucking race car. I was driving home. My back seized up. I had to pull over, get out, and Ooh. stretch. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, what are you doing, dumbass? Right. Hurt for, yourself for, for no reason. For what, dude? You know Robert Why are you doing Oberst? 600? You, you know? know Robert Oberst, the strong uh, man? Uh-uh. Yeah, he's been on my podcast before. He's a giant, like a literal giant. He tells people don't do Is that do the gay guy? No, no, no. That, okay, that's sorry. Rob Kearney. Oh, yeah. Um, that's world's strongest gay. Shout out to my man. Yeah. Um, Stay gay. When, uh, <laughs> when <laughs> Oberst was on, he was telling people, like, don't lift heavy with deadlifts. And he qualified recently. He sent me a message. Um, What's heavy like, to him, though? He, well, he, look at the size of him, man. Robert Oberst. Oh, is, yeah. I like that guy. He's gigantic. But he, he basically said, like, you could actually strengthen your back by doing, like, low weights and higher reps. But it's like. Real heavy deadlifting. Real heavy deadlifting is dangerous. I'll never do it. I'm, t- I'm telling you. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, dude, now, like me, Mark Harley, and Chappelle, we lift, you know, basically four times a week together when we're all in LA mm-hmm. every morning at Zoo Culture. Now we'll do time sets of 315, set the 20, mm. 315. We don't go higher than 315. And I'm the most lean, strong I've ever been, dude. Even when I was fighting, I feel great. I'm That's in awesome. better shape now than ever, dude. Ever. That's awesome. And really, it's all that. Di- to be honest, like, I'm not doing a fraction of cardio I did when I was fighting. Not even fucking close. I'm in better mm. shape. Just because I'm taking better care of my body, my diet's on point. Also, just older. Probably you're doing it for the right reasons, too. You're ju- doing it just to be healthy versus to get ready for a fight. Correct. Yeah, like, it's like a better. I'm also not overdoing commitment. it. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? When I was fighting, I way overtrained, just like I do everything. I don't do anything heavy at all anymore. Everything I do is with kettlebells, almost everything. Every now and then I'll pick up pick up like a hex bar and I'll do some hex bar deadlifts and some I'll do uh, some some other shit. But almost everything I do, the heaviest weight I lift is seventy pounds. The only thing I'll go heavy on now is is bench. And remember, I know you talk about bench and hurting your shoulder, dude. I've been lifting. I think this is why I stay injury free. Knock on wood. Is because you know since fourth grade I've been in those fucking gyms, man. Mm-hmm. I've been in gym since fourth grade and doing. Yeah, bench. you built a base. And yeah, then you kept it strong. So I'm good. I've yeah. never taken time off for it. So I'll, I'll jump on. Like I'll look at the combine numbers, see what they're doing, and as tight ends or linebackers, I'll go. What, what's the highest? And then you know I'll see where I'm at. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll knock out two twenty five easily, easily yeah. twenty five thirty easily now. That's awesome. As long as you don't get injured, that's the whole key. It's like. But the thing about like that whole powerlifting, weightlifting world is it's gonna get you. It's gonna get you if if your technique's not on point. Right. And there's a lot that goes into it, you know, especially with deadlift. But most people, it gets you for sure. Most people, especially if you're being a knucklehead. That's why so many people get hurt doing CrossFit. What I really like about kettlebells, though, is it doesn't seem like it gets you very often. Like I can get a really good workout with with the heaviest weight I'm lifting is seventy pounds. Yeah, but I'm doing like seventy pound windmills and and gorilla cleans. That's your and shit. I'm, I'm doing all these different things. Dude, I told you this when we took a piss before I stared at your dick. You <laughs> looked, <laughs> you had a dick on you, dude. Congrats, man. Congrats. I was trying to see Alex Alex Jones last night, but he fucking shut the door. Anyways, uh, you're in fucking shape, dude. No, we're working out a lot. You look yeah. shredded, man. Keep me with 
fucking cut off jean shorts. What do you got on? Athletic no, shorts? They're, they're short, though, they're right? Shorts. They're short for you, though. No, they're not. A little short, dude. Bro, these are regular shorts. You have some quads on you, How daddy. How dare you? These are regular shorts. <laughs> Don't lie. There's nothing short Wearing about Nikes shorts. now and shit? You, see, you didn't wear a Nike? You've changed, man. I've gone to Hollywood. <laughs> what have I got? I don't know. I, I, told, I told David Lucas shoes. last night, he was like, what do you think? I was like, that's fucking great. I was like, Joe's basically fucking Biden. Like, there's fucking security. There's black fucking SUVs. He's a politician. It's like hanging out with a politician, dude. Yeah, it gets sketchy. Your life has changed, man. Well, if you get to a certain level of popularity, things do get sketchy. They get weird. Yeah, thank God you have the talent to back it up. Can well, you, you imagine if you were like a hack, like you couldn't, like your hour shit, yeah, and then you're doing would, these huge arenas? That would be a problem. You got to be your same self too, though, man. Like you got to be able to be yourself no matter how many people are watching. That's what's weird. That's when it gets uncomfortable because everybody imagines how you would do it if you were that famous, but nobody really knows. You don't know until you get there because it's a unique kind of pressure that unless you've experienced it, you're just guessing. Yeah, I, but I, you know, I, I'm not just saying this because you're one of my closest friends, but you were built for this, man. There couldn't be a better guy for the gig. Like, good luck. You, pressure? Good luck. I know him, dude. Good luck, man. Like, you are built for this, dude. Well, like, there couldn't be a better guy to do this with all this shit. Anytime there's pressure, it's a unique opportunity for you to be able to express yourself uh, in a, a different light. You can, you can people can see how you respond and like what your real feelings are to all kinds of things. And also, you get to look at your accusers too. Meaning, it, like if you know who a person is, and then you know that someone is misrepresenting them intentionally. Yeah. In the media, like yeah. with CNN or whatever it is, you you look at them and you go, "What are they really like? Like, who are these people that are running this? What, what kind of weird, petty, woke people? Yeah. Why are, are they doing the scenes this? They're doing this. Yeah. And what kind of delusional? perspective on reality do they have where they think this is going to work because it does the opposite of work correct yeah especially with your situation i, I woke up this and i don't know I, I used to get older and you know run a business and be careful what you ask for with thick boy studios you have employees and you have boss you know i'm, yeah. I'm a boss now like there's a lot that goes into it dude yeah like, i'm a bot what yeah, I, know. Like, I gotta run this fucking thing so it's like you're putting out a million fires and then I, you know, I, just did, I guess because I'm older, I have kids, like, my anxiety's through the roof, man. Like, I woke up really? this morning because my special, you know. Even with the tough mutters and everything? Mm-hmm. And anxiety's through the roof. You don't believe it, dude. Well, you're doing something difficult, you know, when, when things are difficult and there's a lot of unknown. A lot of unknowns factor in when you're doing things that are difficult. And that is, you know, especially when you're a father and you're a provider and you have a career and it's kind of a crazy career that you patch together. Yeah. Once you are already a professional athlete and then all of a sudden you're doing this podcasting thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's natural to have anxiety. But, I, you know, meditation is probably a good option for you. Like find some time during the day and sit alone and just think about your breathing. That's what and I it, did this morning before I came here. I, you it's know, good. Yeah. It's one of, the, one of the things I love the most about yoga is that yoga forces you to just think about your own bullshit while mm -hmm. you're going through all these crazy poses and trying to Especially hold them Especially hot yoga. It's fucking tough, yoga. dude. It's so yeah. challenging. And yeah. if you can just fight that you know, mm -hmm. inner demons, like, dude, let's get the fuck out of it. It's 120 degrees. You're yep. on this stupid pose. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. It's, um, it's uniquely challenging. It really is. But it's also, like, uniquely ancient, right? Like, people figured out a long time ago that that's really good for you. Oh, long fucking, fucking time ago. ago. Yeah. And no pun intended. I don't like to advocate drugs for everything. But for 
for yoga, marijuana and yoga are like long lost lovers. Like don't, they don't even know. They don't even know. Well, that's like whiskey. When you and get them to get, yeah, but if you get marijuana and yoga together, I'm telling you, it's like they don't. They're like, oh my god, it's a tango, dude. Together, together we're one. Yeah, peanut butter and jelly, daddy. Marijuana, like when I was talking about how I like stretching when I'm uh, when I'm high. When that's that's just like static, you know. It's not. It's just static. You're just pulling tissue apart and you're getting a feel for things. But when you're actually going through poses and holding poses and concentrating on breathing and just concentrating on your balance, you're dripping sweat. There's something about marijuana that makes that magical. It makes it like getting high and going to yoga is one of the most transcendent, transcendent experiences a person can have in a normal city without like completely yeah. losing their fucking mind. Instead you can fucking... change your perspective. And if you do it a lot, if you do it on a regular basis, you can change the way you think about everything. Have Have you gotten to shrooms at all? Oh yes, micro micro dosing shrooms. I was doing a lot of shrooms when I got canceled. When I got canceled, like from the time I got why all that because I wanted to see. Let's see what happens. Let's throw some mushrooms at it. Uh, and did it yeah. make it better? Yeah, I was I was so much more relaxed. And how much when all the <laughs> cancel also being canceled hilarious, but yeah. you know, no one's canceling you, but. When all that shitstorm was coming, I mean, I would talk to you. Yeah, you were fine. You just yeah, didn't, you just, you just, you just didn't pay attention to it. Yeah, just don't. How'd you deal with it? Deal with yourself. Um, do other things that are also difficult. With me, a lot of it is always my workouts are always crazy difficult. Yes, and then sauna sessions and cold plunge sessions and all this different shit that I always do anyway. And then you know, let it pass over. Yeah, I, th I think I woke up this morning with anxiety, and I, I did a workout, and then uh, drank some whiskey, and then did my nicotine, and I did. <laughs> Dude, I'm on so many, so much shit. That stuff is so nasty. I don't know why the you nicotine? keep that in your mouth, bro. Yeah. What are you talking about? Jamie and I bailed. No, you guys are bitches. How long did you keep it in your mouth for? Ten seconds before you. Ten, Ten seconds. seconds That's not. No, no, no. Just before him. I mean, so come on. What are we doing though. here? So, do how long do you, you still have it in there? Oh, of course. I'll go through a can a day, dude. I'm obsessed with it. And this is berry. The mango and the lemon, fire. The cinnamon. Let me try one more time. Yeah, one there more we time. go. That's the spirit, dude. Let me try one more Yeah, time. but I woke up this morning with fucking anxiety. I popped. <sighs> I'm going to prepare myself. I did four. I do I do four at a time. I did four rogues at a time. A little whiskey. Four at a time? Yep. Is it insane? Yep. That's insane. Yep, that's I'm doing one. It's yeah. foul. Yeah. All right, here we go. Yeah, let's do this. It doesn't dog. taste bad. It's, the, it's like strong. Yeah. What are we doing, dude? If the, you're gonna do the, it, the, do it. The tingle. Yeah, if you're gonna do it, do it. What are we doing? Oh. Yeah, dude. That's... You do these on stage, don't you? No, I take them out for stage. I don't want to be a distraction. Don't want to be a I do it right now. before, but yeah, dude, mm. I struggle with English as it is. Right. I don't need that to fucking mm, mm, liability. Mm, 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 Delicious. Mm. Now you 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 might leave here and try some others. Yeah. There's nothing as tasty as this. That's why I fuck with these. What is it? What's the rogue? Is it rogue, dude? Guaranteed, you never find anything better. You're gonna do all these other ones. And I was good for about 45 seconds earlier. This product mm -hmm. contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. They're, <clears> not, <throat> they're not lying, because your boy goes through a can a day. I like cigars. I'm a fan of the cigars. Yeah, but I woke up this morning, and maybe it adds my uh, anxiety. I do four of those at a time. I do That's seven insane. seven shots of espresso. That's okay? not good either. So yeah, just hear me out of here. Seven shots of espresso. <laughs> that. Had what, some whiskey. What kind of lumberyard shit are you taking? 
after, after that many of these rogues and seven shots of espresso, you must be like one of those fucking trucks that trips over into a river and just unloads logs. You want to hear my process? Yeah. Hey, kids, logs you want to hear river? my process of stand-up? Yeah. So I do that, and then I only eat red meat. My cholesterol and blood pressure through the roof. But, uh... And then I did a workout. I did a workout, and then I was like, uh, and again, I think it's through my years of sports and at a high level. And I was just like, "You've done your best, man. Now just there's nothing I can do. You've right. done your very best. This is the best I have, dude. We've done everything we can. The promotion, the marketing side of it. Now it's not on me. And I, I just felt like this freedom a little bit. Mm. But now the anxiety's back. But for a hot second. The, the anxiety was gone. You just got to get through it, and then this is going to be an awesome little uh, milestone for you to show how much better you got from the first yeah, one. Man. Show that you're That's working. That's all I want to show, yeah. And I, one thing is, is really important to note is that anytime you watch anyone do stand-up on a video, that is maybe, at its best, 60 to 70% of what it's like to experience that live. Correct. Live is Different so animal. much better for stand-up. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, if you think about like uh, "Bring the Pain," <clears throat> excuse me, "Bring the Pain" or "Bigger and Blacker," two of Chris Rock's earlier masterpieces. Can you imagine what it would be like to be there in that audience <sighs> live while he was filming that and just slaying? Or bro, you remember when Martin Lawrence was Martin Lawrence? I used to have to follow him. <sighs> I've told oh. I've told you about that. He, I used to have to follow him in the '90s. I used to eat dick when after he was dick. Martin Lawrence yes, bro. when he was wearing leather jumpsuits. Bro, I used to have to follow him, sweating I, his ass off, and I wasn't that good. I mean, I just was not ready to be following him. It wasn't. It was just one of those Mitzi Shore things. Mitzi Shore knew how to test you as a comic, mm -hmm. and with me, it's like if anyone big from out of town, any major headliner, any movie star, and they're doing stand up, I'm going on after them. I think every that's. Time. I think it's the athlete in us. I think that's the competitive athlete advantage we have is doing stand up. I'm the exact same way. But We're, Mitzi made me do it. Sure. I'm telling you, even if she didn't make you do it, I bet you would do it. Knowing you, I bet you would, your DNA, you would rise to the occasion. Whether it went good or bad, you'd want that for yourself. Because you know, from with training partners, when I was going through camp, whether it's Krokop, Gonzaga, Mitrione, LeVar Johnson, whoever the fuck it is, Ben Rothwell, I would... I wouldn't shy away from the toughest challenge because I knew that would make me better. Right. So with stand-up, it's like, yeah, let me go after Rogan or Delia or Theo or Joey Diaz. I know, like, yeah, it might not go great for me, but I know it's- That's how you're going to grow. That's how I'm going to yeah. grow as a comic. Same thing the other night with Louis C.K. You look at the lineup and David Lucas followed him. Yeah. And David, David, David Lucas, love him to fucking death. He's the best. But, you know, he's always on his phone. He didn't realize he was following Louis C.K., and he's back, you know, all the comics are watching him. He's still on his phone, you know, whatever the fuck he does. And he goes, oh, shit, I'm next. It hit him like five minutes before he had to go on. He goes, oh, shit, I'm next. I go, yeah, dude, by design. Because you're going to, you, Louis dark and dirty. You're dark and dirty. But you fucking, you're a machine gun, dude. So if you just fire off the, from the jump, that's what you're going to do. He's going to warm him up, crush. You're going to follow that, dude. And he had just such a, like a, a breakthrough. I'm mm. telling you, man, I, and me and David have never hugged before. Ah. He came in the back of the green room. We embraced like he won the fucking Super Bowl, dude. That's awesome. I grabbed his big ass, and he's lost weight too, man. Has you he? Know? Yeah, yeah. He talked about that last night, about uh, that, that set, how, how big of a set it was. For a young comic to have to follow a guy like Louie, that's a big deal. you Bre know. Breakthrough. 
Yeah, and it's also like the Louis that you're experiencing now is like the Louis that had everything taken away from him and now he's back to what he really is, which is just a really funny, really talented comic. Like all of his craziness in the past is, you know, put it aside. Like what you're getting when you watch him on stage is a really, really talented stand-up who's only focused on that. He's not doing other stuff. There's only three guys, uh, four. I'd say five, who knows. But As far as like just at, at... as the craft, you know, if you're watching football, it's Tom Brady. You're watching basketball, it's fucking LeBron or you know whoever. In stand up, it's like yeah, you, you want to see a guy. Like yeah, him. it's like you, Louis, Joey, Diaz, and uh, you know uh, Chris Rock's brother. What's his name? Tony. Tony. Tony Rock's a murderer, bro. Murderer, dude. I know a lot of people give him his credit. I've never seen anybody crush harder in the main room. Let me That's tell a you comedy something. store. Tony Rock. Tony Rock, dude, is the guy that has the opposite. Uh, think there's a whole a whole thing where if you say that oh you're Chris Rock's brother oh you got uh-uh. an easy road into uh-uh. comedy it's uh-uh. the opposite bro C- Tony Rock should be way more famous than he is I think one of the things that held Tony Rock back is that he's Chris Rock's brother correct when your brother's one of the greatest of all time tough follow people don't realize how good he is as Tony far as Rock's a writer goes top of the food chain dude top of the food chain stand up. A monster. Yeah, monster. Dude, I'm t- in the Murderer. main room. I stood yeah. back. And I, I went on right before him. I got off. I watched from the back. I'm like, oh, I want to see Chris. I, I, I'm, uh, I apologize for this. I was like, oh, I want to see Chris Rock's brother. I'll see what he has. You know, hopefully he's good. It's Chris Rock's fucking brother. Yeah. Dude, I've never, you know, I've been around the comic store as a fucking fan, as a comic. I've seen some sets, man. I've never seen anybody, including Joey Diaz, who brings a house down. I've never seen anybody than Tony Rock. Uh, it was, Kill I think, harder. It was a, a Sarah Mello show on a fucking Tuesday night. Crush harder in my life. There's levels, man. There's like there's a certain level that you can't achieve. Like you can't get past. Like a certain there's a certain level. Yeah, of you got a you got a ceiling, dude. Yeah. And I watched that. And went holy fuck. There's certain guys. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I watch Neil Brennan the way he writes. Brittany Schmidt the way that she writes. You know, you you look at it and you're like holy. fuck. Fuck, dude. Well, that's the beauty of being surrounded by talented people. So you do get to see all these different ways of doing it. I just really think that it's important that we respect this thing as an art form because it's kind of like loosely connected to any structure. Everybody's just running around, doing their own thing, doing shows. And one of the things that I was thinking about with this club is that I just want everybody to know that there's something value about the valuable about looking at this as an art form and looking at this as like this should be studied and there's 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 an, a lot of information that we could pass on to each other and there's a lot of information that we could pass on to people in the future because it's not as documented in terms of like the way it's loved it's not nearly as documented as a lot of the other art forms that are loved it's Agree. not and it's because it's more complicated to achieve success at there's maybe maybe a thousand comedians on earth worth a fuck. I think even a thousand. I'd no, I don't. But maybe. Let's yeah. just get crazy and say maybe there's a bunch of people it's that I don't stretch. know about. Yeah. How many authors are there? Oh, I know. There's a lot more. Musicians? How many musicians? How many doctors? How many Actors? lawyers? Yeah, there's a lot more. It is a weird, strange road and one of the most difficult roads in all of show business to achieve success through. It's a strange road. And I don't think it's been documented enough. I don't think we've spent enough time talking about it, like amongst each other, and in a way that is like like where a young person coming up can watch like a whole series of conversations that just pertain to 
the development of your act, the life of your career, how things emerged, how it started, where you went wrong, where you went right, what changed things for the better. But now the material's out there, man. It's all documented. Like someone could put it together. <laughs> You've had enough. Are you tapping out? I tapped out. How long did I have it in there? Four deep. Ten minutes? Daddy, four deep. Shout out to Rogue. I got to eat the fuck out of here. Let's run this down. Right, um, my brother, I love you. Congratulations on so your special. Man. Thank you, man. Um, tell everybody it's on YouTube, Thick Boy. Uh, Thick Boy YouTube is where it's at. It's the Gringo Poppy. If you use the hashtag, the Gringo Poppy, um, and you post, you know, whatever, you're watching it, we're going to blast that out. And then uh, our favorite uh, viewing party picture on Instagram using the hashtag the gringo poppy you get a signed bottle of tiger thick and a signed poster of the gringo poppy the official poster and when is it out it's out today today Beautiful. Thursday morning 9am it dropped there on it YouTube is. thick boy YouTube there Ta-da. it is dude we're at 70,000 five hours so we're doing the goddamn Whoa. thing dude Beautiful. not bad Fantastic. shot in Dallas if you want the whiskey go to thickboy.com you'll see it there shout out to bourbon outfitters they're the one who are supplying it, but I love you, man. I love I'll you be too. in Charlotte next Charlotte. week, May fifth through the seventh. Where's the comedy, the, the comedy dates? What's your best uh, website uh, to go thickboy.com to? Thickboy.com or f a t f a t k z dot com, and right. everything's on Thickboy. Food Beautiful. truck diaries, shop Beautiful. show, Beautiful. King Sting in the wing. Theo Keep hustling. Yep. Keep hustling, Brendan Shaw. I love it. Can't stop, right. won't stop. Love Bye, you, man. everybody. The love Gringo you Poppy. Bye.